My name is Josh Alvarez. And I'm Liam O'Donnell. And you are listening to episode 100 of Cinepunk. 100! I don't even believe we made it this far. I'm totally not even lying. I didn't think we were going to make it to 100 episodes. 100 When episodes. we started, I was like, there's no fucking way we're making it to number 100. Now, we're going to be done now after look, 20. Now look, I understand that in the realm of podcasting, right, when there are people who've been doing it for a decade right. and they have like 500 episodes. Like, I get it. 100 doesn't seem like a big deal. But for us, considering our first few episodes... We just had a recorder between us Dude. on a table. Yeah, and we were just with talking Bluetooth into the microphones. Ether. Yeah, yeah, or with a uh, with those the very snowballs. first no, the very first one we didn't even have a microphone. Oh no, we just had the the, <laughs> the recorder was just sitting between free. us. Oh, like an 1980s FBI movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, it's literally true. yes. Tumbleweeds were rolling by. Be, it was crazy. I'll be we're honest. On Dickinson Street. When Liam yeah. moved to Easton and then had a child, I didn't think he'd make it to 100 episodes. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I can't yeah. even watch. I can't even watch like a movie by myself at home with a kid. I don't know how the fuck you guys still do recording. Hey, man, I'm not a breeder, so you we know. do what we got to do. Helps. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm too busy fanning myself with disposable income and free time. <laughs> <laughs> this is. Oh, I feel I feel like I'm too loud. This is this is what I say all the time because Josh will be like, "Yo, dog." I'm just totally broke right now. And I'm like, for fucking what? <laughs> what are you broke for? You, also, A, you make more money than I've ever made. And that's just your money, not counting your spouse's money. B, what are you spending it on? How Stop many, buying so many t-shirts. Yeah, buy your t-shirts. That's well, many, that's true. How many rare vinyl records did you buy last I week? I don't have any. I've, I've stopped collecting all things except t-shirts. What's that and like? It's pretty. It's pretty dope, man. I'll never, I'll buy, never know. You also don't buy drugs, so no. that's not where your money goes. No, definitely not. I feel like craft beer. I'm gonna be honest. Stuff. Do you no. get craft beer? No beer. That's expensive. I haven't Wait, had no beer, beer since February. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm keeping it real. Son. Craft vodka, nary a thing. I'm gonna yeah. keep it a hundred. I feel like I would have more money if I did drugs and didn't collect records. I agree. Like yeah. straight up hundreds. Nah, it's not how it works. I don't know. Yeah, here's the thing, man. I, I don't know. Uh, me and Melani live an experiential life. Good. We do a lot nice. of things. Case in point, instead of being uh, on the show today, my wife is in New York City watching To Kill a Mockingbird with Jeff Daniels in the role of Atticus Finch. <laughs> is he there, like in front yeah, of Yeah, no, he's playing. It's a play. It's on uh, Broadway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, the dude. No, she didn't go with Jeff Daniels. I'm not throwing any shade. I'm just Jeff saying, Daniels isn't her date. We live, we live a life that, that has a lot of stuff that happens. You know what I'm saying? And, you nice, know. nice, nice. But... Oh, yeah. I'm not here to judge on your spending habits. <laughs> Regardless. Come on in. Uh, I'm not here to make you feel bad for how you spend money. I all don't I'm feel saying bad. is, all I'm saying is, yeah. there'll be numerous times where I'm like, yo, we're going to do this thing. And I'm yo, like, yo, and you'll be like, it's a no, payday. I don't dog. got no money. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> weirdly, I have money to spend on this thing, and I'm making $10 an hour at a library <laughs> working two fucking days a week. Hey, man, you know, life of a rock star comes at a cost. Even when the That's school year comes up, let me tell y'all something. Yeah, tell us something this about fucking, this school year. This fucking dream I had. Are you doing uh-huh. substitute teaching? Where again? substitute teaching is going to pay some bills. Right. $100 a day. Substitute teachers should be getting 200 fucking dollars a day. That's what at I think. At least. At least. And I'm not just saying that because it's me. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, it's just, it's not an easy job. Uh-huh. And by having it pay so little, we're literally being like, yeah, whatever. Kids aren't important. You know, like, <laughs> I mean, I get it. It's, it's the entire <laughs> American education system at this point, though, isn't it? Well, and that's the deal. The teachers are making so little. They couldn't, if a teacher found out you were making 
what you should be making. Yeah. That would suck because they're not making what they should be making. Why the fuck Damn are you it. getting money? You're right. You're right. I mean, anyway. how, how much money should you be getting for just putting a movie in and then sitting down? Never. This is the thing. <laughs> this is the thing. Before I became a sub, I talked to this motherfucker. Yeah. Josh, for yeah. listeners at home. I'm pointing at my co-host here. Yep. And this lying piece of shit told me that it was easy, that he just read books all the time, that he didn't have to do shit. None of that is true. Wow. Subs, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's easier than being a teacher. Easily. Teachers should be making real money. It's easier than the teacher in the first year. Every year after that for a teacher is fucking easy as fuck. I don't... Without <laughs> behavioral issues. I don't think that's true. Behavioral I think issues not I think, I think being a teacher is always hard. Respect the teachers. I respect Unlike teachers, Josh, that's who is a secret s- fascist and doesn't support <laughs> education. Uh, yeah, I went to school to be a teacher. I don't know. Hey, Evan's on the show, too. Evan hey, we should, show. we should introduce... So <laughs> here's, the, here's, to, the, here's the plan, guys, for episode 100. And you should know... If you're listening to this, this is probably like a week later or something. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, we set this up so all day we got people coming through. We're gonna be talking to them. We and got you will snacks. Not, you will not be surprised at all that we're already running late. Totally because, running late. Because the plan already. was yeah. guests come wait, at wait, one. Wait, wait. We are totally operating oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. on Filipino time right the now. The plan yeah, was yeah. we would be set up by one when guests would show up. Yeah, I and live a three minute walk away from here. I didn't get here till after. And I was o'clock. still here before. You. Yeah, yeah. Josh yeah. walked in with <laughs> Sean. <laughs> That he, and and then we started setting up well past one. Yeah, o'clock. well, pla- oh yeah, 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 yeah. So we're running late, but so that's the cinema. You know that we're true to form, though. That's the thing. Yeah, but I, I really loved. So this whole thing was random. We put a call out. We asked friends and fam and everyone to come and be on the show. And I love that two of our sort of oldest guests. Yeah, two were not only interested in coming on again, but it was like you you guys were both like. I need to get on right away. Like one would be good, and I'm like, sick. We're starting off with the old yeah, heads. Yeah, man. With dude, t-shirt designer Evan yeah. Valella. Yeah, I know. Fucking dude, well, responsible for some of the most iconic. It's true. Apparel. To be he, fair, with our most popular flyers and our second least popular t-shirt. Yeah, number I mean, two, baby. Yeah, Which you're one? not the worst. Number two ain't t-shirt. <laughs> to be oh the uh, the uh, band in 46 countries. Yeah. Wait, that's the okay, okay. the number two least popular? Yeah. yeah, number one was the Justin Gray comic book one. Yeah, Justin podcast. Gray, yeah, fucking the- acknowledged international artist. Yeah. When I tell people he made a shirt for us, they go, wait, <laughs> Justin Gray, like the Adventure Zone guy? I'm like, yeah, yeah Justin guy. Gray. Yeah. Which one no one make? wanted his fucking shirt. Yeah, no one He's wanted. way more of an artist than I ever will be. I know. Which shirt did he make? The he superhero the, shirt. The greatest oh, podcast. Yeah, people yeah, people, yeah, people do not like that shirt. No, they don't like Liam as Wolverine and Joey Baby as the goon. First of all, but, you know, almost no one has identified you as the goon. Yeah, I know. It's great. It's They're like, all like, Josh look like he was a stripey shirt on Zeus Sailor. Literally, <laughs> every, everyone I've ever showed the shirt to goes, why did you put the Hulk in a shirt? <laughs> <laughs> it's not the Hulk. It's a goon. Yeah. It's hey, man, you know, it would have worked out better if in this world the actual goon movie got made. But it didn't. <sighs> so it did. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, hey, man, alternate so, realities. Talk to Dr. Strange about it. So you talking about the hockey goon? No, no, man. No. <laughs> Dipshit. Evan is very good at getting your gun. Oh, oh man. Who shit. brought this Every guy time. on the show? God Every time. So oh, good. I don't know. It wasn't oh. me. So part, of the, part, of the, the part of the plan today was hoping that y'all would bring something to talk about. Yeah. And if you didn't, I wrote 
76 questions on note cards. That's what I want to <laughs> do. Yeah, that's what I want to do. Do you want to do? All right, yeah. let's do the bag. Right, hold on. I'm we'll lazy be, as fuck. We'll I got some, we're the oldest, laziest guest you have. It's true. Uh, you're, you're, I don't think you're the oldest. I mean, I'm no. definitely not the laziest because I brought not notes every time I was on it and you guys made fun of me. Not so. oldest I wasn't trying to make fun of you, but... You straight up laughed at me when it I pulled funny. out my fucking list of notes. Funny. It was a f- little funny. Oh, no, I remember. Yeah. yeah. So for those of you who don't know, uh, as we said, Evan is basically our in-house designer. Um, and Sean is like one of my oldest friends from college. Yeah. And really, me and Sean kind of got into movies like the same time, I feel like. Like we both yeah, went yeah. into college like, I like movies. And by the <laughs> yeah, end of, yeah. by the end of college we were like, I don't know, I kinda prefer Lucio Fulci. <laughs> it was just like because we could have done our schoolwork, but fuck, fuck that. Fuck, fuck that. Fuck you gotta why. watch zombie again. Yeah, I get yeah. it, man. I get it. So all right. I have the deck of cards. Oh, I thought you were gonna put them in the bag. I didn't put them in the bag because then they're gonna flip over and then people are gonna see. So No, you just reach in and you can't you gotta split matter. the deck and then make them go all right, everywhere. All right, tell know. me when to stop, Sean. Stop. Okay, and your question is, do you like musicals? What's your favorite or least favorite? I mean, I think we all have to answer the question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. Um, I typically am not that much into musicals. I'm trying to think of any that I like because sometimes, you know, like categorization is a little gray. Uh Uh-huh. Um, if you were to think of uh, like okay, well then why don't we? I'll give you. I'm wait, trying wait, to think wait, of like wait. Hedwig and the Edingriich mm. would be okay. The, that's yeah. actually a musical. That's that, not even yeah. like a pretend musical. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no, no. I'm like trying to think of like a real musical. musical. Yeah, 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 like yeah, South yeah. Park because I'm bullshit like that. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I think South Park is a legit music. I think that South Park movie is a legit musical. I think that's okay. for real. Legit. Uh, I've never seen it, so you know, it's it has its moments. It's so funny because I think that overall South Park is not great, but that is one of the few times where I go. You guys did it. <laughs> you <laughs> you did, did it thing. there. You really did it real good. <laughs> oh my god, it's Saddam Hussein. Yeah, it's very it's very cool. Evan. E- Evan, what's up? Favorite musical. I honestly Or can't do you even, hate musicals? I don't I have no agenda with musicals. I got no beef. <laughs> wow. But I have no you, agenda. How many musicals have you actually forced yourself to sit through? Honestly, maybe less than two. Less okay. than two. That yeah, would be maybe well, I, one. Less yeah. So two. I lived with Clint for what, like five years? Right. And Music, like anything remotely musical related gave him just like severe anxiety for a reason <laughs> that he would never explain to me and I never really felt like pushing. Right. So like anytime something mm. close to it would come on, he would freak the fuck out and that was off. Wow. So like I just never really went for it and anytime after that, I just don't give a shit. So like, I don't know. I got talk, no... Talk into your microphone more. Sorry. <laughs> I don't okay. know. I, got, I, got, I wouldn't be able to pick one out if I had to. Right. Oh my gosh, yeah, Josh! I know you're. St- you are stoked on musicals. Oh my god! Yeah. Are you kidding let me? me? My life me, is a musical. Let me answer this first thing because I ahead. feel like you can really get into it. Yeah. Um, in general, I don't like musicals. That's Typically sort of what I say. Not. Don't like music. Don't like musicals. Don't like musicals. I'm not really in the musicals. Why do you gotta go Italian when you do that? <laughs> because I hate them. <laughs> musicals are Italians. <laughs> yes. One hundred percent. No. Um, <coughs> but. In a way, that's not really true, right? Because right. if I really think about it, Hedwig and the Angry Itch, it's fucking Inch, wonderful. Yeah. I like it. Uh, I actually like Les Mis. Oh my I'm goodness! I'm a fan yeah. of Les Mis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've only ever seen the Liam Neeson Les Mis. Not great. 
That's mostly my memory as well, yes. Is, is it, that the wait, one that I think the Les Mis, no, no, no. Is Claire Danes in that, I think? The Liam Neeson Les Mis is not Les Mis. It's, it's Les Miserables. It's the book. Yeah, it's it's the not book. the it's musical. It's not the musical. Les Mis, the musical, stars Hugh Jackman and... Right. Look, yeah, yeah. To be fair, shrug emoji. To be fair, <laughs> to be fair, the movie. If you're only familiar with Les Mis, is that movie the Hugh Jackman movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That movie's bad. Yeah, no. Only, only the what's her name? Who's the uh, Anne Hathaway? Is Anne, Anne Hathaway. I know that much. The Anne Hathaway performance is literally the only good performance in the She's entire awesome film. In it, period. Though. Yeah. Everything else is bad. Even uh, the thing weird thing about Hugh Jackman in that movie, Hugh Jackman can sing. Yeah, he it's is. like he you got him. Musical it's like you got him on set, and he was like, oh, "I don't know what I'm doing." Like I it did, was very. I weird. saw a production of Oklahoma where he played Jeb. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah yeah. It was pretty wild. This is when I was in college. But and then I, and then famously, I've yeah. talked about this a lot. I'm a big Jesus Christ superstar fan. Surprising. Not at all surprised. <laughs> really? <laughs> it makes perfect sense to me, yeah. Why does it make perfect sense to you? I don't know. You, you're down with the king, so, you know. <laughs> you love Black Moses, So this too. is this is, this is is what's really weird. Can, I, can we talk about this for a second? How yeah. many of y'all have actually seen Jesus Christ Superstar? I've seen it like a thousand times, I feel like. I've, I've seen never it. seen it. When it, uh, It's weird how, over time, Christians got stoked on Jesus Christ Superstar. Yeah. Because when it first came out, everyone's like, like a heresy! Yeah, yeah, heresy! Yeah. And everyone's like, I don't know, it's pretty good. It's pretty let's cool. Use, let's use know. some of the songs in worship. Yeah, like, what? Do you like it more than, uh, what's the coat one? The, the Technicolor Dreamcoat? Oh. Dream yeah. yeah. That's a, that's oh. a, that's a, that's a, a religious there. one, right? Uh, yeah, I guess so. Joseph no, and the Technicolor Dreamcoat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. A, Joseph, yeah, he gets yeah. the nice coat. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't get ever even heard of that shit. Yeah. The, or uh, what's the other one that Godspell in the 70s? People were stoked on that. <laughs> oh. It's so corny. Talking about hair? No, Godspell, Jesus is a clown. He's a clown. Oh, you know what? The the church that my mom made me go to when I was a kid, they would have like... People in the church would like dress up like clowns for like no. certain events, and I, I mean, never fucking here, understood. Here's the thing: like Christians on acid or something. No, here's the thing about it: <laughs> it's weird because it seems to me to be pretty. So, Jesus Christ Superstar is written by not Christians right. about Jesus. Godspell seems to be pretty traditionalist Christian, but like, so for example, you know the SCTV people? Yeah, their first big production in Toronto, Godspell. Wow. Godspell came through and was like, we need local actors. And Eugene uh, Levy, Eugene Levy yeah. Martin Short, Gilda Radner, all those original Second City people, some of which went to SNL, some of which stayed in Canada, they were all in that production of Godspell. Wow. Why was Godspell so the fucking questions. thing? People, no, it made, it made all the money in the world, and it's literally Jesus as a clown. Right. And not in like a fun, we're clowning Jesus way. I mean, like, <laughs> no, like in a, uh, it's like a compelling story of the gospel and Jesus is like doing hand tricks and shit. So it's like that fucking Holocaust movie with the clown? No, uh, but no. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, oh, yes. Yes. Dean Martin? I almost said Jerry, Jerry Lewis. Lewis. Jerry Lewis. It's yeah. just Jerry Lewis. Ju- yeah. not, not Jerry Lee Lewis. No, he just uh, no, has sex with clown. children. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, he yeah. married yeah. one, didn't he? Yes. Yeah. Winona Ryder. The killer. But All anyway. Right. Josh, this yeah. is going to be hard for you. You have to pick one I, musical. I would have to say West Side Story. That's easily my okay. favorite musical. Right. I mean, I love Hedwig. Don't get it twisted. I still play Hedwig songs when I go out and play, song, play shows sometimes. But West Side Story to me, I mean, it means so much to my family. It means so much to me personally. I just love it so much. So I do have to lift up just briefly musical adjacent. So it's not a real musical, but it's similar to a musical. Right. Phantom of the Paradise. Phantom of the Paradise yeah. is wonderful. I don't know it's if not that a, counts, it's but not a real musical. Only because when you bring up musicals, someone always brings up 
uh, Rocky Horror. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I and feel I, like Rocky Horror is more a musical. Yeah. I know, but I like Phantom of the Paradise better. Phantom doesn't count, though, because the music isn't, like, the narrative isn't moved forward by the music in the movie, whereas... But like, it kind of is. It kind of is, but it's not, right. like, the actual okay. dialogue. No, you're right. I'm right. But, yeah. again, tomato, tomato. I potato, haven't seen Phantom of the potato. Paradise. It's you great. what? Huh? I haven't seen it. I would totally be like, you have to borrow it, but I think you still have my possession. Fuck, I do, and I meant to bring it today. And your <laughs> look who's and, fucking uh, talking, Mister. I'm gonna take your copy of oh, Europa uh, and not tell oh, you. Okay, no, let's Totoro. Let's, Totoro let's, well. let's be clear. I've only had we're your, devolving. Let's be clear. I've only had Europa for six months. <laughs> I've more than that. For like Way more years. than that. Sean has had possession for three years. Well, that's uh, yours. Wait, have now. you lost it at least? No. Have you watched it? Yes. Okay. I mean, it's very good. Legally, okay. I believe oh, no, that's amazing. To be I love that movie. your copy of Possession. Then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If this were like a common law marriage, I mean, that's what now. I'm waiting for. With Ramona is really, I mean, really honestly, happy I might as well just Totoro. buy the Blu-ray I on wa- sale. No, I'm 100 going to watch it when I get home. You haven't even watched it. <laughs> it's no. so good. The God only damn. experience I've ever had with Europa is when Film Society played it and they didn't have the subtitles. And when I brought it up, yeah. they're like, "Ah, sorry." Yeah, it's like this thing is this motherfucker was in the house. I wasn't even there, and he just took it. And I, I like got home and I was just like, oh, that's weird. I, I think I'm missing something. It's and weird. I thought brothers. I, I thought bro- I thought brothers shared things in common. Wow. Weird. I mean, it's weird of me to think just, that. You could have just asked. It would have been fine. <laughs> I mean, you weren't there to ask. Yeah, you could have texted me. I talked it's to totally your cat. Your fault. And yeah. The cat said it was okay. Yeah, way to go, Evan. Way to fuck it up for don't, yourself. Don't bring Herman into this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, let's do another question. All right, Evan. Good. Tell me when. And then we're not gonna we're not gonna kick anyone out. Stop. But. Wang Chi versus Jack Burton. Who is the main character of Big Trouble in Little China? Jack and Burton. why? Okay, but you've got to make a case. Why is Jack Burton the main character? I mean, character? the narrative is Jack Burton. It follows him through the movie. Is it, though? Movie. I think is so. It? I don't know. See, the narrative what is, is what, actually about what Wang Chi getting uh, his girl I was going to say, back. what's at stake for Jack Burton in the film? I mean, nothing, really. But okay. he gets it all. <laughs> I mean, he gets his truck back. If, yeah. yeah. Well, if, he, he gets his truck back. He gets the girl, kind of. He Does saves he the day. Doesn't even I get mean, the girl. He leaves. It's open ended. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a choose your own adventure. So I only wrote this question down because, as a matter of record, I would like to say that part of my expendable income went to purchasing a photo pass to take a picture with James Hong in yeah. full low pan regalia. I mean, why and the fuck I'm trying you? to decide if I should dress up like Jack Burton or Wang Shi when I take my picture with him, <laughs> because that's an important question in my life. And here's the other thing. I have a Jack Burton wig in the tank top. I think you should do Jack Burton. <laughs> I think it seems like a reasonable thing to do, but also it's Wang Chi. What am I going to not dress like Wang? Like he's yeah. the dude. But you got to have so, like the boot yeah. knife and everything, you know? Yeah. Well, I just have to make it down to the waist, baby, because that's so, all that matters. So I have to say, I have not rewatched Big Trouble in Little China before I heard of this sort of like Wang Chi is actually the main character. Because yeah. Jack Burton gets the most screen time, which yeah. I think is the easiest yeah, way to defend sure. Jack Burton as the main character. But that said, yeah. But when I thought about it, it was like he's very clearly just in somebody else's story. It's like every Mad Max movie, but Mad Max. He's just in somebody else's movie. Yes. I mean, but gets the screen time. Look, 100... Oh, fuck, Lord, what are you doing? Shit. I love you, Justin Lord. <laughs> Listeners, I mean, Justin Lord just showed up with an armful of beverages, and it's nice. amazing. It's like seeing Santa in the middle of the summer. I mean, here's the deal. 
100%, I think this narrative as to who is the main character is meant as a defense of the movie. Because if Jack Burton is the main character, the movie just feels that much more kind of racist. Right, right. Okay, but if Wang, I'll give you that. But if Wang Chi, Wang, Wang Chi. Wang yeah. Chi is, the, is the main character, then it's like Jack Burton's just a goofy dude who is our into the world. We get right. into the world through Jack Burton. But that therefore, it's less like an appropriation movie and more like Jack Burton is just like an this outsider. Outsider, but he's brought into this world. bubbling through yeah. this world. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 This still yeah. doesn't answer my question as to who I should dress as when I take my picture with James. Oh, Wang Chi. <laughs> I'm going Jack Burton just because I like Kurt Russell more. I mean, I would say Jack Burton because you the already thing. Had If I dress like Wang Chi, I would just have to wear a flight suit and have a sword. Yeah. No, you, I mean, which is a different. First, wait, 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 wait. Are you getting the dragon? Wait, 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 wait. Pause the game. Do you have a sword? Yes. Then go as Wang Chi. Yeah. What you just described is cooler than Jack Burton. Oh, right. just much have, cooler, I would just have to cooler. dress like the coolest guy ever. Oh, what a shame! What a what a painful thing for you to endure. <laughs> yeah, being yeah. actually awesome for a, for a moment, <laughs> for only a moment, a brief moment. I mean, he, here's here's the deal: it doesn't matter that Wang Chi is actually the the protagonist of the story. No, because the comedic relief that is Jack Burton is our into that world. Okay, he's still the highlight. So if if you wanted to dress as him, I think it would make sense. Plus, it's technically a subversion because you're an Asian dude dressing like the white interloper. Ah, also good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Plus, you can't grow good. hair, so that'll be no. interesting. Yeah, the wig is what's, what's the funniest part of the whole thing. I mean, that's <laughs> really. what I'm in for. I want to see you in the wig. <laughs> um, I like these questions. These yeah. are good. Here's, yeah, yeah, yeah. here's what I'm going to say. Does one of y'all want to jump on the mic for a little bit? Ladies and gentlemen, Liam is stepping away from the microphone to get his car. His is not his car. He's, he's, car. he's worried about his car in this bad neighborhood. Right, right, right. I, I mean, you know, I'm saying five years ago that should be gone. But anyway, yo, you know what's fucked up too? When I was pulling up here, I was waiting to see O'Reilly's, and it's a yeah. food co-op now. It's no longer there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah. area is way too I white. Know. It's just it's funny crazy. though. We saw, you know. Bands there and stuff, and yeah. Remember, yeah. were you were you there when the Casualties played there? I was. I was there for. Um, I mean, I, I suppose you should bleep that name out because they're Red City Radio was there. That was a fun time. Mm-hmm. I don't know. All right, what movies have you watched because of Cinepunks? Oh wow, this one's easy for Laura. I imagine you've seen a bunch of them because of that. But are there any movies that have been discussed on the show that you're like, you know what, these dudes are way into or not into this? I should watch this fucking movie. Table's hmm. open for discussion. What was the Christmas movie we watched when I was on? Was that Rare Exports? The Rare Exports, yeah. yeah. That was a fun oh, one, right? One. Yeah. That was a good I one. I had seen that before that. Yeah. I didn't watch that because of the Cinebunks. I just watched it. I mean, I guess <laughs> There it was an episode where I don't remember who was defending the cannibal movies. Oh, man. Possibly you, Justin. No, no. You were pushing back against Yeah, I do not like like, those movies at all. It was lame. I'm like, I'm so on Josh's side, but you know, I've never seen any of these. Yeah. And then luckily the feeling passed and I didn't watch the bullshit. I mean, here's the thing. You're allowed... It's not like anyone's going to judge you. It's just that you got to know the beast to know the enemy. Son. Yeah, you got to know that Rogerio Dondario actually killed people instead yeah. of uh, Cannibal Holocaust. He got away with it. <laughs> but what do you, how do you feel about Cannibal Ferox, though? Uh, that one's that one's like less fucked up. That's the Umberto Lenzi film, right? Yeah, it's so, yeah. still fucked up. Though. I mean, it's still you know. I mean, here's the thing. These it's movies, like listening to Early Screwdriver and not late. No, 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 no. To stick with your screwdriver analogy, <laughs> mm. sort of there are better. 
less racist from Bertie <laughs> Lindsay films. <laughs> <laughs> like, night, just watch Nightmare City. Yeah. Nightmare City is amazing. And you get sure. you get so yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Wait, Nightmare City is the one with the, like the intelligent the zombies, zombies that plan. Yeah, that Hugo Yo, no, that movie Hugo was fucking awesome. Yeah, you get way more Hugo like Stiggles on that. their faces. Yeah. Yeah. I was driving in 90 degree weather. That's when you think about ice. Yeah. You don't have AC in your car. Back to the discussion at hand. I didn't yeah, realize that let's Louis talk about screwdrivers some more. I'm yeah. just saying, here's the thing. These movies exist to remind you that you are not so bad of a person. That's the thing. Unless you watch them and you're like, yo, these movies are dope. Then yeah, you're Actually, a no. fucking piece I of put trash. To you, I put to yeah. you that these movies exist. Well, I gotta go. Because <laughs> the, these movies exist to justify all the horrible things that, you know, we, quote unquote, have done to... Uh, indigenous people like yeah if it weren't for us like they'd still be out there fucking eating each other and give it wow. half a chance they would eat us okay yeah sure i could see that it's but a, here, it's, it's i mean are we tasty <laughs> i don't know i don't i don't eat people i'm a vegan so <laughs> let, me, let me ask you another question that's like a somewhat vegan. in this wheelhouse in Go the ahead. wheelhouse so those movies are fucked up but they're they prove a point how do you feel about like the just like strip like giallo movies that's just like people getting raped and murdered and shit those movies aren't pushing a colonial uh, No, they're narrative. not pushing a colonial yeah. narrative, but they're still pushing a... They're a fucked up. ...kind I mean, of gross they're, agenda. Yeah, they're, 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 uh, I mean, some of them are definitely problematic because they, they're, 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 uh, they're commodifying. Uh, yeah, I'll say it. Commodifying sexual assault and violence towards women as something that's m- m- like just a plot device. Mm-hmm. And it's just something that's supposed to, to, to shock and, you know, look how lurid this is. Yeah. And it's fucked up. Um... But I think like the, the the cannibal films, it's like that's an actual uh, phenomenon that people are still kind of cool with. Like giallo films, like we've addressed that giallo films and violence towards women in, in horror films is somewhat problematic. But Eli Roth is still making movies. Yeah, yeah. You know, know what I mean? He's still sure, making. He, he just made Green Inferno five years ago. And people were like, Ugh. "Was it really that long ago?" It's something. Not I mean, long enough. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, time. So that movie came out, and everyone was just like, the the thing that people weren't talking about was how not only did it, you know, set horror cinema back forty years, <laughs> but it also made fun of uh, like social justice and activism. So that's the I I, I think it, it's just my hatred of Campbell films probably stems from was probably solidified by that movie, just because it's such a dickhead bro move to be like, yeah, I'll make a fucking Campbell film and. 2015. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> fuck SJWs. It's just dumb. It's the same thing that they did 30, 40 years ago, except, as I said, to the best of my knowledge, Eli Roth didn't kill anyone on the set of Fair enough. Green, Allegedly. Green, Allegedly. Yeah. If Eli Roth. I mean, John me Landis today, wasn't there. John Landis <laughs> killed two people and fucking walked away. From, walked, he got away with it. Yeah, you know what the if fucked up thing is? That's the third time that that's come up this week. Wow. All right, so shall we do our next question? Or, do or you did you come? We remember, did you have any questions or anything that you wanted to say? You're totally welcome to. I do, but no, do it. Quick. Now's the time. Let's do. Let's do yeah. your thing, and then we can do a question from the thing if it doesn't okay. take that long. The first question was not like prepared from the list. Right, Josh. Why did you not bring your dog? Because George is an asshole. And he's on oh. so many shows anyway that like nobody <laughs> wants to hear his yapping. <laughs> in what did say? Also true. Also true. Because his full name is George A. Romero. Did you know that? I did know it that. It says that on his collar. Yeah, it's best dog ever. <laughs> okay. And my second question, you've probably answered before on the show dozens of times, but I'm going to ask you one more time. Probably not, actually. Yeah. 
when you started the podcast, what did you have in mind for what you wanted to see in the future, and have you reached it yet? Oh, that's actually a really good this question. This is actually a really bad question. Why is it bad? <laughs> because my only thing that I wanted to do was not pay for movies, and now I don't. Fuck. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, congratulations. <laughs> We're being totally honest with each other. I just didn't want to pay for movies anymore. When, <laughs> whenever anyone says, whenever anyone refers to Cinepunks as my project, I say, no. Josh is my co-visionary. <laughs> we shared this. We shared this dream together. It's really me and Josh, our dream, and then we invited people in to participate. And now I'm like, Nah, man. I took Josh's desire to get it to be a cheapskate, and I yep. turned it into a thing people care about. It's true. You it's true. Fuck. Listen, look, you're the engine that drives the machine, baby. <laughs> that's for sure. I'm just the hood ornament that's like doing the. So let me give you the less embarrassing question uh, answer than Josh, and okay. I can do this both with what we've said in the past, but then also add in sort of new insights. So, um, yes, it is true, I think, that we thought it would be cool to get into stuff for free. Yeah. But that wasn't our primary motivation because we were already at the time getting into movies for free. You're right, because we were in the film society at the time. When we first started, we were in the film society. Yeah. We were the only tattooed young people in the film society at the time. And the feeling really was like, we aren't welcome here. And I mean, our dollars were welcome. Yeah. Sure. And I think and I think some of the staff were stoked we were there because they were tired of all the uptight old people. But as far as any co-members welcoming yeah. us, no. Mm, no, it was no. very much like the hegemony type set, like, you know, old white dudes that are rich kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. And uh, did, I, did you ever hear the story about how we were at that screening for Amore? No. So during, uh, in, if you're at a certain level of membership in the film society, during Oscar season, they invite you to a screening room where you can watch these movies, and they do like 12 seats for okay. all the Oscar Best Picture contenders. So one of the movies that we saw was Amore. Have you seen this movie? Yes. So you know it's not exactly a crowd-cheering, kind of fist-pumping endeavor. So at the end of the movie, after all the old people were dying and everything and killing each other, we were walking out, and it was like somber, right? And this dude's like, so what do you think? Like, you know? And I was like, well, it was no Dumb and Dumber. It was pretty good. And then he was like... What's Dumb and Dumber? It's like, you're so elevated, you've never seen Dumb and Dumber? How about you go fuck yourself? And that was when I was like, we need to do something. This is no good. I, I, <laughs> I, I, think, that's, I think that story is ridiculous, but I appreciate it's it. It's totally the truth, unfortunately. It totally happened, just like that. Do you think that he just said that to make himself look cool and he actually really likes Dumb and Dumber? But that's the question. To that's who? That's possible. That's yeah, who possible. is he trying to look cool for? The other 11 people there, they're like, oh, Mike, I've never seen Dumb and Dumber. How cool is that, dude? <laughs> yeah. Let's have the driver so, bring the car around front of the screening room so we can go home to Rittenhouse. So when it comes to goals, I think one of our goals was uh, to build kind of like a wide, diverse audience. I think we've kind of done that. I think the numbers are not quite where we'd like it to be. But then again, I think that's true of most podcasts. Right. Or when, most endeavors, really. Like True. But I think in the, in the podcast world, there's this idea that like uh, that someone's going around making all the money. And in reality, the first podcast, there's a few that do pretty well. And then there's a bunch of podcasts that are started by people already in media. Those do well because you just bring your audience. Yeah, and you already have an audience. But as far as like indie podcasts, 99.9%, you get like a thousand people to care. And that's great if you can even manage that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So um, I think for us, we're kind of at where we thought we would be. But where we thought we would be is not necessarily... I mean, I think we're a little bigger than we thought we would be, but but that's not where we wanted to be. We wanted to surpass our expectations. Our expectation was no one's going to fucking care. 
Yeah. The reality is more people care than we thought would. But our hope was not our expectation. Our hope was we're going to surprise ourselves. We're going to fucking dominate the podcasting world <laughs> because we're unique and interesting. And we're going to blow the whole wide shit open. Um, and that hasn't quite happened yet. No, 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 no. But I do think... I'd like it, to say that one of the things that I really wanted to have happen with Cinepunks when we started was that the dialogue got to be broadened in terms of actually talking about movies. Right. That there wasn't so much a barrier between like, oh, these are art house movies and I, I just don't watch those. You know what I mean? Like, I still have to remind myself sometimes that part of our goal, we had a bunch of names for Cinepunks. Yeah. To be fair, once we hit Cinepunks, that was fucking it. Yeah. That's, that's what we're doing. But before Did I come that, up with that or did you come up with that? I think you came up with it. Fuck. It's you the came, only thing I've ever named. No, ever. no, you came up with some of our other names too, but they were a bit obscure. Like they were really sure. bad. One was the hard cast. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> fucking terrible. The oh, yeah. hard cast. That was my idea for like a like maybe three minutes. <laughs> Yo, buddies. Yo, dude. So um but uh but part of what we were talking about was this idea that our inclination is that in punk broadly construed, yeah, there is a squishing together of art and not art. So like if you look at um, a lot of this early sort of genesis, there's like art school students and there's also like actual degenerate monsters <laughs> and they're together sort of making something, you know? And so uh, thematically for us, that was part of our thing is like, why do I have to say, well, I really love, uh, uh, you know, for example, Umberto Lenzi, <laughs> uh, but then uh, Bergman can can eat shit. Like, why? Yeah. Why would? Why you can't I go? I like Persona, and after yeah. we're done watching Persona, I would like to put in uh, BMX Bandits. Yeah, you know, like it, it's this idea that um, art appreciation means picking sides, which is not universal. I think there are other people we've learned that are in the same page as us. Right, right. But right. our decision to do that came from the other part of this thing, which was that all the people who were at the events we were at were um, like bougie, like normals who judged us. Yeah. Now I have no problem with bougie normals if they're nice people, right, but these right, people right. were not nice people. And no, so it no, made no. us, it made us kind of revert to that attitude of like, you're not one of us. Right. So we kind of don't want to associate with you. And so that was sort of our thing. I think what, part of our expectation was is that we would have this big impact on the community that a bunch of us here share. Like right now, everyone in this room is into some form of the music, you know, that whether that's the, the same thing or whatever. I actually saw you guys like yeah. set up so, at a festival. So we thought oh. we would destroy that world. We would bring all this movie conversation to that world. And in reality, that's not the case. No, in reality, that, the world, they were there. Right, 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 right. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah. I think also like a lot of our audience are people who don't give a shit about our music taste. <laughs> that yeah, actually yeah. they just they're like, I wanted another movie conversation and I don't find you all annoying. And that's not just us. That's now as we've expanded the family, that's horror business too. That the horror fans who like horror business were like they like the conversation. They weren't like, I really like that Justin likes Earth Crisis. Yeah, like, I really that wonder what's in motivating. Justin's C D no. wallet. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> I really like that Justin hasn't learned to hate Morrissey yet. Yeah, I really like that Justin loves course of disapproval. Thank you. Oh, that's You're good. That's You're good welcome. One. You're welcome. That was nice. Yeah. But that's the point is not that though. The point is that that isn't what drew, drew people. It occasionally does. I think a chunk of our audience are people who found us because for uh, sure. of a band. Yeah. Or, like for example, uh, we're we're supposed to do an interview with a guy from a band. 
We won't say what band yet. Name some names. <laughs> name names. I don't even uh, remember. Uh, his name rhymes with Steve Vai. Steve no. Oh. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> but and so that dude that dude found us because of music. But yeah. the majority of people, there's there's already an online community of movie fans, some of who are into punk, some of who are not, who like that we have a diverse taste and that we bring critical thought in a way that's like very colloquial, you know, like and very that, approachable. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I mean, someone described horror business as failed academics. Whoa. They were like they're <laughs> He's no, sitting online, at the table, someone, Liam. someone was like, so someone online caught us that. They were like, not quite leftists. <laughs> that was the other thing. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, uh, in other words, I think we are moving towards a lot of the goals that we have, but we're also learning new goals. Like, yeah. when we started, because we're two brown people, true, and it was just us, it wasn't a team yet. Diversity wasn't a goal because it, we weren't thinking about it. Yeah. We're like, we're the diversity. We're cool. Yeah, we and, made it. Yeah. And now that we are growing and we have more opportunities, we're like, huh. Why are we, we should, still the only two brown people Yeah, in this we room? should yeah. invite more <laughs> not white people to be involved. <laughs> we should invore, involve more not straight people or right. not cis yeah, people. Not we should not Yeah. And, and, and that, it's not that we were against doing that, but we didn't think it mattered. I think part we of didn't think that the platform was big enough for us to have to make these like yeah, who cares you know, what we like think. we're just like, who gives a fuck? We're just doing it. And we're still not, it's not that we're even that big, but we've had people come to us and want to be a part of it who are like, well, I'm not getting the opportunity other places and I yeah. like what you yeah. do. And it's like, yeah, that should be something we're about, especially because I certainly judge other platforms for it. Yeah. Like, people sure. who pay money. Why are you only <laughs> paying white people? You know, <laughs> now we don't pay any money. So whenever anyone hits us up and wants that opportunity, I'm always like, if you can get paid, go somewhere else. Yeah. But if you can't get paid, yeah, I'll take your work. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Why the fuck not? <laughs> At know? this point, like sort of tying in with that, who would you most like to reach that you haven't yet? I think oh, that's a good man. question. Yeah, I, that's a great question. I would say a surprising number of people who listen to Cinepunks are people who are not big podcast people. <clears throat> Me. <laughs> and so I think there's a whole huge community of people who already listen to a lot of podcasts and they talk to people about like there's a podcast fan. Sure. I don't need our audience to be all podcast fans, mm. but if we had more podcast fans, they'd be posting about us on Reddit. They would be other podcast forums. podcast forums being like, yo dogs, I heard this podcast is so cool. And that's like almost none of our audience. <laughs> <laughs> and so like part of me wants to be a little bit proud about that. Like, yeah, we're like the outside of podcast. And then part I don't of me, even know what Reddit is. Yeah, no, that's good. <laughs> but then part of me is like, that's stupid. Like I just want as many people to hear about it. Uh, not that we're like ever going to make money money, Wait. but I would like it to be so many different kinds of people care about what we're doing. You know, Is you that mean? your so question? Not really. No, I <laughs> thought the question was who, who would we want as a guest that we haven't gotten yet? Yeah. Oh, like, I'm sorry. I misheard what you said. <laughs> sort of. I mean, well, I said who would you most like to reach and that could be someone that would like to be a guest. Yeah, re oh, reach oh, to I thought me, you meant like no, reach, is reach like to a, me means well, new audience. For you, who would you most like to be a guest? Robert Smith. Yeah. He's so cool. I think so. So you're like just talking dream guests? Yeah. Oh, shit. Fuck. Justin Lord. What would you ask him? Like, what would be one of your I, questions? I don't know. I'd have to stop crying first. And then after oh, that, geez. I don't even know what I, what I would even <laughs> be able to say. Justin Lord, who's your dream guest? The Human Furnace. Whoa. Yeah, bro, bro, that's within reach. We could get the you Human definitely Furnace. definitely could. Did you ever hear the story about when Clint was taking a shit at This Is Hardcore and Human Furnace walked in on him? No. Do you remember when it used to be at Starlight Ballroom? Yeah. Yes. And there was the men's bathroom, and the first stall didn't have a door. Yes. And it was always the cleanest stall. 
Clint, of course, because he has no shame, went right for it. And right before Ringworm was playing, Human Furnace walked in to like wet his hair in the sink. And he like dipped his head down and then like threw his hair back and locked eyes with Clint in the mirror. <laughs> and Clint was just sitting there and he was just like, hey, Human Furnace. And he just like looked at the dude and then walked out. Didn't even say anything. That is amazing. Love, love, love me some human. My favorite Human Furnace story is the one he told me at This Is Hardcore 2015. Yeah. Something played there. Yeah. Um, their merch guy was wearing a popcorn shirt. And I was like, oh, yeah, popcorn. It's the movie. Movie sucks so bad. Tur- turning point or, yeah, turning point. And then, like, the human furnace comes up behind me. He's like, hey, how you doing today? Because he <laughs> sounds like a benevolent Frank Oz. I'm like, oh, dude, what's going on? Uh, I'm in a horror business. Like, we, he emailed you about possibly being on the show, which I think we did we, or we were going to do an interview with him or something like that. We were going to try to interview yeah, yeah. him at the fest. So I'm like, oh, yeah, popcorn. That's a cool show. He's like, yeah. One time I was at a horror convention in Cleveland and met D. Wallace at a bar and I decided to take a swing and nothing happened. I was like, wow, Human Furnace almost fucked D. Wallace. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. I, I think I think for me, uh, it's, it's a hard question because um, I, I'm not convinced that my goal is, the best goal is, just somebody famous, per yeah. se. Um, but I don't know. I, I know, like, in general, I'd like us to have, we've actually talked about this, I'd like us to have uh, more people who are involved in films. Yeah, more them. directors. I mean, we've been really fortunate with the directors that we've yeah. gotten. But like, I think we could I think we could do more if we got out there more. It's just hard to do that. Do that you think you resources. could do John Waters? Oh, my God. I've actually talked to him at the last time he did the signing about doing it, and he I'm said we... I'm surprised that's... Not someone you mentioned. Well, but that's the thing. He said that we had to go through like the channels of like you know agents and all this other stuff. And uh, I mean, we could do that, but it's yeah. also like I don't really know how to. That's a weird navigating in the, well, in a world but, that's like. But also, I think being in punk and hardcore, there's probably band dudes that like movies that yeah. are much more accessible than John Waters. Well, yeah. I would also we love just to talk tried. to like like Billy Bragg. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. he talks a lot about watching Truffaut movies and stuff. Like if I could talk to Billy Bragg about movies, I would fucking throw up right on the spot like that would be the craziest thing you know so i don't know these kinds of things i think about but in reality who who would we want to reach well like i said i think more i think uh, up and coming directors would come on that yeah would that sick. would be cool people who have like actual movies coming out or like short films that they've done that they're proud of that they're trying to do press for and i kind of want uh, me and josh had a discussion about this and maybe this is even a different podcast but i want to talk to more like um people who are doing things in the world so that they can support what they're doing, but then they talk about something fun. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Like I've listened to so many podcasts with these like people who are doing really important work and that's all they talk about, which is fine. They're, that's what they're there for. Sure. But clearly they have other lives and I just think that's really interesting. I'd like to be like, so what move, you know, what makes you, what gives you joy when you're trying to be down with these causes and yeah, 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 and yeah. Like what, what, what's fun for you? Yeah. Um, the same way that like I love when I'm, I mean, maybe people hate this, but when I hear artists talk about what they care about, that's not their art. You know, like what makes them passionate. Mm-hmm. I fucking love that. So I, like, why can't why not go the other direction? Like, I know you're out here fighting for whatever, whatever. What do you watch when you're trying to have fun? You know. Uh, but I think with all these things, the difficulty for us is a. It has to be like a significant conversation. Yeah. Like I don't want to have a five minute with someone. Yeah, we're talking like a two hour commitment at least. Sure. Probably. Yeah. And then two, um, not everyone is a good talker. That so is that's true. Despite how friendly and fun that they are and how much we love them, there's definitely been 
times when we've talked to people and it's like, oh. Did you ever have a guest that was like, because you're sort of a, a big talker, a big personality. I, can't I think stop. it. I think it works well for you though. Um, She's talking to Liam, listeners. She's talking to Liam. Go on. No one's talking to Liam. Yeah, one hundred percent. Everyone knows this. Yeah, I I can't shut the fuck up. We all know. It's not an insult, really. But did you ever have a guest that was like, you talk too much, and I didn't get to say what I wanted to say, or you felt uh, like they did have a lot to say, but maybe it was hard for them to come out. Think so. Pretty much every time we have a guest on, we make them the complete focus of the conversation. I mean, there are plenty. Despite of some people's best efforts, Stop. but um, you know, I mean, okay. There's a difference between what I think actually happened when I listened back and right. what happened while I was doing it. So, like, um, I think there are plenty of times we've had guests where I feel like I talk too much. Sure, <laughs> but I always feel that way. Has there been one yet where I listened back later and thought? Oh God, that was horrifying. Not yet. Um, no. Do I think we could get there? Yes. Oh yeah. Because sure. I'm, yeah. I'm a chatty Kathy, <laughs> and so you know. But I think the person who helps with that is Josh. Which is, this is part of the thing. Like, it's part of the dynamic, though, isn't it? Yeah. That, like Josh asks good questions, and me and Liam have like we've got it worked where I think that I make people feel comfortable. Sure. For them to say whatever they want to say, and then like you know, it's it's a team effort. I think that's like our dynamic. Though. Yeah, and then I get to make them feel like shit. Yeah, so you yeah, ask yeah, them a yeah. good so question. So I'm just like, yo, come here, say and you're like, and here's like, the middle yo, finger. That's fucking stupid, <laughs> fucking idiot. Um, uh, I do think the dynamic for me though is uh, if we are going to have a more uh, diverse group of guests, then part of the question for me is how do I how do we make sure those guests feel comfortable? Mm. And not every person who has something good to say is an extrovert the way I right. like. Yeah, yeah. Part yeah, of yeah. the reason I talk so much is. When I'm talking, I'm thinking. Sure. <laughs> and that's a, not how a lot of people think. A lot of people are like, let me think, and then I will talk. Yeah. That's not... That's not how we do. We definitely no, no. are just like, blah. I, well, need to, I need to talk to think. There's a spontaneity that happens in our conversations. I think you well, have to have that a lot, or there would be a lot of silence and pauses, and that doesn't really make it very interesting for someone that's listening. Let's say it is two hours, you don't want to listen, and it's like, big pause. <laughs> oh, what should we talk about? I like, mean, I guess that could make it more fun for our editor. You though. definitely hear a lot of burping. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely just tried to burp really loud into the microphone. It did not yeah, work. That, yeah. fake. that was awesome. Fake, okay. That was really, really good. All right. I wanna I wanna make time for our next people, but I wanna make sure is there another question? Is there anything that or anything else we should talk about that isn't about us? I didn't realize how these questions about us were going to make me feel uncomfortable, but I feel a little. Oh, well, dude, there, you should see some of the ones I've written makes down. Feel I know, right? No, it's good. I'm. That's not a complaint, but I'm just saying, like, wow, I didn't. I thought I'd feel cool and narcissistic talking about myself, <laughs> and instead of over here, like, I don't know, we're doing okay. Well, oh my God. Initially, I was going to come in. I was going to let you pick from this deck or whatever, but then I was like, what if I have no answer for this? I've never been on here before. No. Frankly, I was kind of surprised that you guys asked me. You've asked yeah. me for something in the past, and I was just like, why are you asking me? Like, I, I just didn't know. I mean, here's the thing, right, is that the goal was not just... So we could have done only past guests. We could have done only fellow podcasters. Yeah. We could have done people that we're super close friends with. Mm. We could have done people who, like, we like who also like the show. Right. You are one of the few people that fits into the category of friend who I know likes what we do. Mm-hmm. A lot of our friends don't give a fuck about what we <laughs> do. Don't listen to the show. They come on and they're... And uh, lots of know. people who like what we do are not friends. Now, right. they can be friends. Also if you're true. listening and you want to be my friend, don't be a creeper. 
but yeah, be, let's be let's, ha- let's hang out. Yeah, let's yeah. do the thing. Yeah. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, totally. But but <laughs> the the people who are actual friends, so like for example, shout out to uh my friend Dana Bellatieri who yeah. I, Did you meet Dana? I know her you from back in the day. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, met yeah, her. Yeah. We made her watch half of Project Metal Beast with us. Whoa. We did make her watch Project Metal Beast That's for too which bad. we wow. apologize. It's like not a friend thing. Yeah. We apologize. But she's <laughs> one of the few people who fits in the category of like super close friend who actually listens to every episode of my dumb podcast. <laughs> that, that not everyone fits into that. You know what I mean? Lots of people who I love and I have respect for are like, yeah, I know you do that thing. <laughs> yeah, have you checked it out? No, I'm not going to. That's not, I'm not going to do that. Even you know? when I didn't know you that well, I feel like every time someone would just maybe bring up your name and be like, hey, do you know Liam? I'd be like, yeah, did you know he was a podcast? You should listen to his podcast. Shit, I Man, agent so in the field. Good that work. That makes me so happy. I'm just, that's just my thing. If you've got a thing, I'll talk about it to whoever. Yes, we really appreciate that, and we, we really wanna, appreciate. We I wanna really lift. appreciate that you are awesome, and I love that. Like my expectation from meeting you today is like exactly how I thought it would be when I just talked to you on social media. I think you're really cool. Awesome, thanks. Thank you for coming on the show. Oh man, that was a really good. I, we got to end there because that was so really good. Uh, no, we can keep talking. I'm just saying. Well, I want you know Mike and Joey are here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't leave though. Don't okay. leave. Drink some of the water. And co- there's cookies now. There were always cookies. Oh, man. I brought Dude. cookies and chips. So cool. Because I'm into health. <laughs> also, shout out the fucking Kutztown University. The fucking Whoa. Trinity Ring. Yeah, Look at that. Look at that. He didn't hear when I was busting on it earlier. Because <laughs> no. she, when, when she was like, I, I went to Temple. The and fuck Evan was saying? She said, I, I transferred to Temple. And Evan's like, I should have done that. And I'm like, yeah, only assholes come out of Kutztown. And I looked directly at you, but you weren't listening. And you were like, what? I was like, nothing, <laughs> never mind. Oh, man. Hey, thank you for being on. Ayo, Ayo, so we're joined right now. I mean, first of all, all the other jerk-offs are still in the room, but uh, (laughs) we're also joined right now by the star host, two-thirds of the hit wine and cheese podcast, (laughs) Joey Breeding and Mike Paulshock. Now, let me just say this. Can I just say this? The reason me and Joey are friends is because of a flotation center on Gerard Avenue. You mean Mike. No. Oh yeah, Mike. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, the, the, I got no. it, Joey. Me, me, and Mike. When did we met, like in earnest, because of a friend of the show, Stephen Dyer. Yeah, yeah. But then I saw you at that flotation, John. And I was like, yeah. Oh snap! This Not very long after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were, you're, I was like, this, this guy's down with isolation tanks. <laughs> Yo, should we pretend to be each other? Yeah. For this? <laughs> I'm Joey. <laughs> I'm Mike. Uh, I like the Grateful Dead. I just okay. Yeah, we love both of you guys so much. We're so happy you guys are on the network. I just can't believe that we got two thirds, the most interesting two thirds. (laughs) Of the Uh, of the hit the hit hit wine and cheese podcast. The runaway hit wine and cheese podcast. Upwards of thirty. Tyler, you've never listened, so you don't know there's a third guy. There's a third there's a third host. A lot has changed. (laughs) He's He's there sometimes. He's in Europe sometimes. He's like um, in like, Europe. Yeah. No one, I mean, no one listens for Tyler. Come on. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm not listening for you guys. We all listen for you guys. That's for sure. Well, thank you. Very Man, that was so mean. Tyler, if for some strange reason you started listening to the podcast, <laughs> <laughs> I apologize for dissing you. No uh, one tell him. Don't tell him. We won't tell I him. Might. We'll okay. tell him to skip this part. <laughs> Get the part where we're on. Yeah, tell them this is a so, real spoilery part right here. here. Here's a question I have for you. What is the response? Have you guys gotten, like, we get stuff to Cinebunks, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But what's the response you guys have gotten? Are people ever, A, like, offended by the show? Are people stoked on the show? Like, what is the response you're getting about the show? One of the dudes from the Ataris, like, liked one of the episodes or something. Yeah, like the guitar player, but he only has, like, 
300 followers. <laughs> so so he's question. got like less than me, you know? <laughs> no, I feel you. <laughs> no, but like, I think that like people are always really uh, at least interested in the idea of it when we explain it to them. Or like sure. when I explain it to friends or someone, like, it's called this because we do this and this. And people are like, oh, that's really fun. <laughs> like yesterday I was getting tattooed. And somehow it came up, and yeah. then the artist was like, you mean you "Oh, so do you guys talk about like bands like Envy or yeah. like whatever?" I was like, "Yeah, we do all corners. <laughs> Sometimes we do cover it all." Is, even is, wait, yeah, true. Is there anything that y'all have wanted to talk about but you couldn't agree on? Like, is there something someone has brought up and you're like, "No, like, no, we we're not a, touching that." We have a whole massive spreadsheet of stuff yeah. we have either haven't had a pairing for or like. You guys have a spreadsheet, oh, dude, and it's got <laughs> like, and it's got like, it's Don't got like five pages start. within the spreadsheet. Yeah. Wow. It's got different tabs. Like, Man. Hey, what's it like to uh, produce something with responsible humans? How's that? <laughs> what's that <laughs> like? You know, it's really tough, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, um, Our gear keeps breaking. Yeah, that's the worst part. Yeah. So yeah. we're kind of in like a weird... We can only do two people right now. <laughs> this is actually the ad part of the episode. Uh, this yeah. is why you should support Patreon. Uh, <laughs> if we get a little more Patreon money, we can buy these dudes some gear. That'd be really great. Yeah, some some food, gear. food and water. Totally blankets good gear. get through the winter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They basically blankets. they basically yeah. live in a camp. It's really yeah. It's we can good. only afford one dollar mai tais at Applebee's, which is what we did before we came here. <laughs> and mozzarella sticks. <laughs> I like that you guys got loose before you came. <laughs> hey, true Josh Alvarez style. Got to got to fuel the machine, baby. I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that at all. All right. So what did you guys? Did you guys come ready to talk about something? Did you have a you topic in mind, or did you, you want to do? Or did you want to do the question pile? I've got a pretty specific question, but I feel like it doesn't concern you as much because I don't know that you're much of a Fast and Furious guy. Do it. Go, ahead. Have, Go you ahead. Seen, have you seen Hobbs Do and it. Shaw yet? I have not yet, but... Oh, you're so early on all the other movies. I know, but here's the thing. Iron Maiden was playing the night of the mm. press screener, and uh, I'm not missing the Best of the Beast tour to see a movie that I will eventually see multiple times. That's kind of sure. like Hobbs and Shaw set to music. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There was definitely Iron a whole Maiden. bunch of swords and airplanes Same happening. Same idea. So. so wait, are you guys, you're endorsing this thing? I am, at least. Dude, I, saw it, yeah. I saw it yesterday. Without a doubt. I haven't seen it yet, but Mike <laughs> said it's the best movie he's ever seen. The best movie you've ever seen. <laughs> Yo, back. You know what? I'll just dive in. Here's yeah, the thing, I'll, though. I'll, he said it's the best of the franchise. Oh, I'll lean into it. The best of the franchise. No, it's, it's, I don't think it's the best of the franchise, but because there are fewer characters and like less plot, it's yeah. like easier to see who the good versus the bad. It's like it's way more direct in that you are only following three characters instead of like six hundred on all right, of their right, different right. journeys. So it's a little more of like. So a how was Idris Elba in the movie? Was he awesome? Great. Yeah. Now he's here's awesome. my question. Yes. Now that there are super powered humans in the Fast and the Furious universe, how ridiculous would it be now for the gang to go to space? It's hap- I mean, it's definitely happening. Wait, they got, yes! They got, uh, they got two more movies. That's and what I'm waiting for. Yeah, Is somebody sure. fucking oh, right? Yeah. Hell yes. Oh my God. Idris Elba. He's like a super soldier? Yeah. I thought he was like, just he's like, black like Superman. Man. Black super. He's black fucking Superman. Trailers? Yeah. Come on. I can't yeah. wait to see this. I'm seeing <laughs> yes. it Saturday night. Hell yes. I can't wait to see it. My friend Nick got me into it. Okay. I watched all of them this year for the first time. Good I, for you, Sean. Good for you. Sean, this is such a fucking disappointment. This is the fucking greatest thing you've ever said on The first one's okay. I don't like the second one or the third one. The fourth one. Is that the one with the Brazil shit? That's when we just hit the... When they decide to just make video game movies? No, 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 no. Four's the worst one. The fourth one is the worst one. I can't remember if it's four or five that like got me super into it. Oh, five? 
five. is where it takes I don't off. remember yeah. which one. It might five, be five. Five is the height of four the Four is kind of like the first one, just not as good. Four is I, like right. the one where we're just, okay. the, we're just ready to see the great wonders that yeah. we're about five to Five is the one where they drive the safe through Rio yes. de Janeiro or yeah. some crazy Dude, ass shit like that. But that yeah, no, that's yeah. when the series takes off. You can ignore all the movies before five. And then after that, there's like Submarines and Charlie's Theron. I love six. And it's amazing. I think five didn't have any like, it didn't have much heart. There was no like connection to the family anymore. It was all for, mm. for like money or it was for the introduction of the rock it was yeah i, yeah, I think so, five super yes. entertaining but for me it was like one of the like less one of the i had a marathon where i watched the first seven before the eighth came out so yes. i watched all okay. seven in a okay. day and objectively five was one that was like okay it's like insane but yeah, <laughs> I yeah. Don't know, it, it didn't hit as hard as some of them yeah i just feel it, like five six and seven are the only tolerable movies in tolerable the they're certainly the I mean, best like, of the group yeah I feel like the family thing might have hit me hard if anyone in the movie could act. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I'm but Vin Diesel saying okay, family over but, and over okay, again but this does is not why, make this a family is, This is work. my question to you because controversially, okay. the Hobbs and Shaw film had this weird requirement where various stars had a limit on the number of times they could get hit or look bad. Oh yeah, there's did, like. Did th- that affect your viewing of the film? Not really. I think that they're just so good at like cranking these things out now that I think they had a pretty solid story and pretty solid plot that you can kind of look past a lot of that like stuff. I don't. The action sequences are really, really intense and stuff. So I, mm. I don't think you're really like they can never lose. Are you talking about how it's like written into their contracts for the last three movies where they can't ever lose in a fight or something? Like no one can. Ever and it just yeah. Yeah. not only yeah. that for yeah. this one, it was even stricter rules about oh, wow. how many times they can get hit. Okay. Isn't it just Vin and Dwayne? It's no, and Jason also it's Jason Statham. Statham, yeah, yeah. That's Jason what I'm saying. Like no one gets beat. No, I, I like a hero. I like a hero who can take a hit. I'm just putting that out there. Okay, I mean, I mean, if there's nothing hey, in wrist, then really, look, how? No. Hey. Yeah, I'm sure Schwarzenegger had something similar, and we yeah. all heard the stories oh, yeah. about Stallone. Yeah, yeah, but I don't. But like, <laughs> I here's the thing. The first trailer, I was like, yeah. I'm s- I was like, I'm in. I've gotten over my thing with this franchise. I thought eight was kind of bad, but. Wait, which one was eight? Eight was the the one that came out last summer. The submarines one, yeah, Yeah. Yeah. and and not quite as good as three before. To be fair, there was some ice. I'm on. I had this weird feeling about it. Like, I, on one hand, I don't know how they can go forward very well without Paul Walker. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, you know, Paul Walker was a child fucker, so I'm trying to like balance those two things out. You know. Um, but yeah, Paul Walker, yeah. Uh, his last four girlfriends were all underage. Just yeah. no. Uh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah not problematic, like fourteen-year-old, like yeah, like no good. Yeah, yeah. Jesus. Yeah, no, he sucks. Mm. Yeah, or yeah. sucked. Sorry, my bad. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> but uh, that hurts worse. I think. <laughs> Burn. <laughs> Sounds like that Lolita Express <laughs> we derailed. Got, we got people standing up in the room. <laughs> I know. I know. I you know apologies to his family. <laughs> uh, we definitely did. We definitely <laughs> yeah, there's a lot the of dead, dead people yet. that deserve to be spoken. Yeah. About. So, but here's the thing: th- putting aside his horrible sex life, the reality is that the movies worked better, I think, with him. Okay. So I'm a little like not sure if, how much I'm on board. But so many people I know who love this. Se- you're literally only the second person I've talked to who loves this series who liked this movie. A lot of people I know who love this series were like. This is too far. It's gotten I stupid. Mean, it's not fun. Yo, how about the fact that Shaw killed Han? <laughs> yo, that's what, what the fuck. I was about man? to say before we talk about Fast and Furious the whole time. 
Uh, that's like, how are they so forgiving? I know. Him? They're just like, yeah, we're boys. Well, they just announced too that the, in the next one they're going to introduce another Asian character. Thank they're literally like, fucking God. You guys no, miss Han, but right? They're, but they're literally like, okay, guys, we know Han's dead, but we found another Asian guy. Yeah, so yeah, it's okay. No, no, it's going to be Sun <laughs> Kang okay. again. Unless it's going to be he, him. He's like, call me by my brother's name. Oh, that'd be pretty good. <laughs> Unless he eats chips in every scene. Oh, I don't care. Man. I guess for me, I went into it being like, it's a spin-off of the series. Sure. I had a pretty low sure. bar. It's just like mostly entertainment. Vanessa Kirby was like actually really good in it, I thought. I thought she was really good. I almost cried at one point. <laughs> I was getting pretty choked. Listen, I, was, I was right at happen. I was, right there, I was right there with you. Then you talked about crying during Hobbit Shaw. <laughs> That's all I'm saying to you, man. <laughs> yeah. Let it happen. Hey, all we have is down. who we are, baby. We've all got our flaws. <laughs> <laughs> all right. What else did, do we want to talk about? That's all we had. <laughs> Yo, let's do the question. Yeah, we again. would actually really love to do this. All right. Cool. So tell me when to stop. Stop. Okay, and your question is, should Josh get the word Cinepunks tattooed across his yeah, knuckles? Yeah, absolutely. Next question. Okay, yeah, next that question. was that was easy. What a waste I of a question. I literally was sitting in my house like I'm running out of questions to ask. All right, go ahead. Tell me to stop. Stop. Okay. We're trying to go through all these, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your favorite Batman and why? Uh, that's it, a good one. This is a is good Clooney because the bat nipples. It's Val. <laughs> it's definitely Val. No, uh, <laughs> Val Kilmer was great. I don't know. I'm just I don't saying. Know. Who we, okay, so let's run down who we got. We, we got, got Michael Keaton. We got Keaton. We got yeah. Val. We got Clooney. We got Bale. We yeah. got West. Yeah, Adam West. Yeah. Are we, yeah. Who else are we counting? Uh, uh, Affleck. Ben Affleck. Ben, a- ben uh, Affleck. Oh, yeah. The longest running Batman. Ben Affleck. No. <laughs> the, guy, the guy who's been doing the voice since Batman the Animated oh, Series. Oh, Frank something. Who still does the voice now on Justice League Action and Young Justice. Bar. I seriously do <laughs> Is the Optimus Prime guy? Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Out of those? Yeah. You have to defend your, your like, answer. You got you to gotta tell me why, too. I kind of want to say Keaton almost. Only because he has a knack for playing like bird guys. Okay, <laughs> I'll give you that. Which, I'll like, a, ba- a bat is pretty related. So, like, fuck okay, you. here's a better Literally question. Literally, fuck your face. Here's a better question. Uh, FMK, bat- Keaton as Batman, Keaton as Vulture, or Birdman? Wow. Not even Keaton as Birdman. Just Birdman. Kill, just kill, kill, kill Keaton as Birdman. Easily kill Birdman. Whoa. Whoa. Done. Easily? Yeah. Easily. Fuck that movie. Okay. Whoa. <laughs> well, then, we'll come back to that. Dude, <laughs> hot take. I'm going to say marry Vulture. Because if anything, he's a good father. And he's a, a family provider. man. He's a family yeah. man. Thank no, that's what I was, I was about to say. Clearly, clearly you fuck right Batman right because Bruce Wayne is hot. Yeah. Even if it's Michael Keaton, <laughs> Bruce Wayne is hot, period. And then you marry Vulture. Yeah, he's a yeah, good dude. He passed. I think with my love. Birdman is like, he's too unhinged. You got to get him out of there. I don't like the movie and I don't like the character and I don't know why people are stoked on you the movie. Like mo- What's your beef no, with the love movie? love the movie. I, I think I, it was like, very good. Okay. Yeah, but for you to say fuck Birdman is like really stronger than I Oh, I'm like way <laughs> exaggerating my okay. I actually just think Birdman was kind of boring and okay. Okay. I just don't I'm I'm very much tired of this is something we can talk about. You're tired of I like think it's related to movies. a movie that people are very upset about right now. I'm tired of the angst of old white men. Okay. Aren't we so, that? <laughs> so uh I think one of the reasons that a movie that I actually have mixed feelings on, but I think I mostly liked. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. In a way, it's sort of being viewed. I don't know that this is true. Me and Justin were talking about how we think it's being misinterpreted. But one of the reasons it's getting so much pushback is it's viewed as like a swan song for obsolete white men. 
Mm -hmm. here are these two dudes who have like at the end of their career, they're not useful to anyone, they're out of the place, but here's one last time for them to be important. Right. Which I actually, and everyone's like, yeah, of course Tarantino would do that. What a fucking asshole. Mm -hmm. And then me and Justin are of the opinion, I don't know if other people saw the opinion, that's not what it is at all, that they're still, even with the ending, which I won't ruin for people in case you haven't seen it, Mm -hmm. um, they're still pathetic losers. Yeah. That like actually they haven't redeemed themselves. Right. There's no redemption. No. And everyone reading the movie is like Tarantino's defending them. It's like, no, that's actually, not that's is. not yeah. really it's what it's actually about. Actually, an examination of a star in descent. So, like I okay. think yeah. And oh, there's some man. Charles Manson stuff too. Something like that in there. Yeah, I mean yeah. I mean, uh shout out to one of my favorite critics, Ingu Kang, who makes the argument you could have this whole movie with no Charles Manson. Does like it, you right. literally could have put anyone else in the movie and the movie would have worked. The movie Charles Manson is really only in the movie for like forty-five seconds. But even even the whole—I mean, even the whole Manson's in there. Yeah, but well, and that's what I'm saying. Like, you could have even—I don't think it needed to be what it was per se. I'm fine that it was. I'm not like deeply offended like some people seem to be. Yeah, but I do think this idea that like so. I don't want to derail us because I want to get back to what you guys were talking about. (laughs) But we were talking about this, and I want to get y'all's read on it. I just have one more question about the movie. Okay, but you can do your thing. Okay, so one of the things people are talking about a lot, right, is this is the Manson aspect, and so uh, a couple people were like, "Look, the way that the how has anyone not seen it yet? Oh, you guys still haven't seen it. Go to see it. He's seen it tonight. It has a brutal ending. Yeah, let's just say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so there's a lot of conversation about whether the brutal ending was justified, not justified, whatever, whatever. Mm -hmm. So in response to that conversation, a number of people have like gone crazy on Twitter talking about the horror and abject evil of the Mansons and how whatever happens is more than justified because they're the worst things in history. Which, like, uh, let me cite modern Halloween movie, the, the, the Halloween in which someone points out, what's the big deal about Michael Myers? Like, lots of people have done way worse than that guy did. The reality is, like, yes, I get it that the Mansons changed history, but this idea that, like, they're also the worst humans who've ever existed. Right, that one evil outdoes another evil. Oh, yeah. And, and that, therefore, everything is like, well, that the bloodthirstiness of it is what bummed me out. I didn't even feel that bummed out by it. When I saw the movie, I thought, that's a bit excessive. But <laughs> I think that there's something else going on here. And it's a, I think it's a deliberate choice by the director. Then I read all this shit on Twitter of his fucking fan people, and they're all like, yeah, those, those, I mean, they literally might as well be like, oh, those women got everything they deserved. And this isn't just men, this is women who are making this argument because, again, it's, well, the crimes were so brutal. And I'm like, yo, is that where we're at right now? That we just want to how it's portrayed in the movie, too, it sounds like. Yeah, that would make people feel that way. I mean, is I want you. Is it true that Margot Robbie doesn't speak in the entire movie? No, no. she talks. In the movie. She talks, yeah, and it's it's sure. it's, I it's amazing. Yeah. I thought she yeah. was really good. She in the was movie, actually. I thought I, I thought really her performance her. was stellar. Yeah. 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 Let me let me just say about the the way Manson is portrayed in this and how he's almost a non-figure. I I think that Manson and specifically um, his cult, so to speak, was the perfect representation of what. Tarantino was trying to say with this is like you have a guy like Rick Dalton and Cliff Booth, these like uber masculine 50s guys yep. who peaked in the 50s. What's their worst nightmare? These fucking hippies with their fucking goddamn <laughs> yeah. loud cars. Fuck Get the weirdos. fuck out of here. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. their drugs and their fucking long hair. Rock and roll that's, music. Yeah, the ro- that's their worst fucking nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not it's not Charles Manson that they're terrified of. It's these 
women that are hitchhiking and, you know, yeah, I'm going to see my old friend George Spawn and his yeah, been Spawn sedu- Ranch, yeah. being seduced by a goddamn Ben Jesuit witch. And it's like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's the idea of like, it's though it's when you look at the white masculine dudes from the 50s, what is their worst nightmare? The yeah. 1960s. And that's what... Right. Like the changing of the guard. The changing almost. of guard, yeah. yeah. Even yeah. though even though people have argu- arguably said that the, the Tate-LaBianca murders were the death of the 60s, this is still like their last gasp and they're like, what's the worst thing I can imagine? Oh, some dirty fucking hippies coming into my rich neighborhood and doing all this horrible shit. Right. Which like, is, I mean, that's that. That's what it's... It's Charles Manson, like I said, is in the movie for... 45 seconds. If that, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. He, yeah, but it, it's more about, there's the more horrific scenes, I think, are at the Spawn Ranch, which mm-hmm. is like the, yeah. at the end of the fucking birds, Ugh. when he's like walking to his car and like, you got like Squeaky Fromm and fucking Tex Avery standing there like looking at him and it's like, that is more horrific yeah. to me than anything else that actually happens in the movie is when you have this moment of like, what are they going to do to, what are they going to do to this guy? And yeah. it's like, I'm sure there were like, Old white men, which I saw in a theater, is like I saw my mom and I, and it was a theater full of like people that are like you know boomers, like my mom, and I'm sure a lot of those guys were like, "What are those evil women gonna do to that poor man?" You know what I mean? Because they've yeah. already got like George Spawn like under their fucking spell. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I just, I just think like it's, it's if if you if you think you're seeing a movie about Charles Manson and what he did, it's it's more about what I guess keep saying this. Old white men in the 1960s were afraid of. Right, seeing it from, yeah. from their perspective. Their exactly. Experience. Yeah, that's that's. I mean, truly, the Manson family was evil, but it's this cartoonish level of like, like Squeaky Fromm. These people, these were fucking nitwit kids. They weren't these like masters of sinister. Well, and and to be fair too, the one criticism that could be made made of the movie, but I don't think the movie is trying to be historical, is that the Manson family is kind of portrayed in the movie as like a matriarchal thing. And in reality, these women were mostly sex slaves, you know, and they were mostly abused and drugged up and used. And so like, uh, if you're going to interpret this film for some stupid reason as, as like his, a factual historically thing. accurate, yeah, 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 then yeah. yeah, you could say like, well, the, it wasn't really like that. But I don't think that's what I don't think he ever claims this movie is no. a historical document. I like, also I like, also objectively think that uh, the one great thing Tarantino did with this movie is like every time I see these fucking serial killer true crime fanboys. I always see the quote, the fucking, I'm the devil and I'm here to do the devil's work. Uh, the only person who's allowed to say that is Bill Mosley in Devil's Rejects. <laughs> Tex Avery can actually get fucked yeah. and they make him look like such an asshole in this movie. When he goes to deliver that line, they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, what? I'm sorry. Yeah, but what's your name? Like, they, they, he's just like such, he's such a fucking nitwit and I truly appreciate how fucking dumb and how many pegs that Tarantino knocked that guy's legacy. The Manson family's legacy as a whole in the eyes of like, Culture, like hey, pop culture. I see you guys lining up to make points right now. We're 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 eating up we're eating up Mike and Joey's time. I have one yes. more question about uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Does it get to the part where Charles Manson removes his ribs so he can s his own d? That was that was that was Steven Spielberg, and he sucked ET's dick. <laughs> Uh, also, Christian Bale's my wow. favorite Batman. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering what your answer was. Thank you. Thank you. So okay, You're so. Welcome. Uh, what was your favorite Batman? You said Michael Keaton. I said Keaton. You said I said uh, Christian Bale. Christian Bale. Adam West. Adam West. I knew is you were going to say. I knew Sorry. you were going to say Adam West. Yeah. Uh, I brought it up for a reason. My favorite Batman is the voice actor dude from the <laughs> original Batman uh-huh. anime series. Through a, he's been doing it the longest. Okay. B, he consistently has figured it out. And what I noticed about these shows, uh, I've now watched all these iterations of these fucking shows because I have a little kid and I want to watch stuff that with her that like. 
I don't hate. So she's kind of into superheroes now, you know, so we watch the superheroes. And uh, my man has figured out how to be a comedic figure on the show without ever ruining Batman. So, like, he's figured out how to stay Batman. So he's not and then people make or jokes about him, like jokes about him, but he doesn't like, he's never like, hey guys, I'm Batman. He's yeah. always yeah, like, yeah. he is Bruce Wayne who couldn't tell a joke yeah. if you paid him fucking a million dollars. But, but, but it's funny. It's, he's but funny. does he talk like this? <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> I think uh, my favorite thing from any of the Batman movies is just the headline that says, Drunken Billionaire Burns Down Home in Batman Begins. <laughs> <laughs> yep. yep. So good. So good. So good. I also have to say, if anyone hasn't watched Young Justice, it's you, a show. You support it. You back it. Oh, it's a show that started for kids, and then they were like, clearly kids don't watch the show, so let's just make it more serious. And it's like... So good. It's so good. Young Justice. <laughs> Young ju- It's so <laughs> You're only you- looking at me. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're currently in a plot line right now where uh, the head of the UN is Lex Luthor. Okay. And so, like, the Justice League has their arms tied. They can't, like, do anything. So they have a secret covert force that's, like, doing all the actual stuff because they're not welcome in all these other countries. And... Uh, the PR battle is so intense that now Batman is like staging fake events to make them look good. And there's this whole ethical like, well, is that okay? Like, what are you doing? You're crazy. <laughs> wow. Batman's like, anything's okay in the war against Luther. He doesn't <laughs> actually talk like that. But, <laughs> but he should. Yeah. All right. <laughs> what else we got, Mike? We took up so much of your now time. Now that That's Liam right. said don't take up their time and launch into the entire plot of Young Justice. <laughs> That's uh, <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Do you want to do one more question and then we'll... Or do you have something you want to talk about? Yeah, do you have anything you want to bring up? Or do you up? have any emo questions? Did you have any questions that you, you've just been dying to ask me and well, Liam that you haven't yet? What's either a band or movie or both that you guys would like us to cover? Oh, yeah, I, like that. Wow, I like that. Good one. What do you think? In the um, meantime, if you need to stall for time, I was going to ask, how did you guys like sync up to start Cinepunks? Like, what's the origin story of Cinepunks? Oh, we told uh, it a few times, yeah. but I'll do uh, it real quick. You think about what you're going to do for the answer to the question. Yeah. Of what I would like it to do. It doesn't even necessarily have to be a pair. If you're like, hey, yeah, why have you talked about this yet? Why have you talked about this yet? Uh, I know you want to do a lot of exploitation movies, and we haven't do. done any I do. of them, really. Yeah, Let me just give, give you the quick thing, and people have heard this before, so I'm going to do the, the shorter version. But sure. basically, me and Josh knew each other from shows, but we weren't like strict buds. We just like. we were like pit buds. Yeah, like champion. what up what up dudes and then yeah. like in the pit crew. Yeah, NASCAR. Yeah, yeah. That kind and of And then thing. when I Changing moved to wheels. when I moved to Philly, I joined the Philadelphia Film Society. True. Josh did as well, and then we started seeing each other at events and it was like we were the only people sort of our age yeah, with tattoos who were like, like into music. Word. Everyone there were these like uptight bougie jerk-offs. No tattoos. Well, if <laughs> they we're, did, they we were wondering earlier if Liam had tattoos, and now I see one on his arm here. Yeah, we yeah. stopped to get ice. We're gonna get temporary tattoos for everyone. Nice. Yeah, we I should like, get them. Wait, on my does face. Liam have tattoos? <laughs> I do actually, but they're not. I mean, to be fair, we're gonna do an episode where I get my first chest piece. That'll Ooh. be yeah, yeah. It's gonna be Josh's face. Is. So, Josh, what do you sick. want them to cover? And I'll say like wine guys, and cheese underneath. I got it. I, I know what I want. I want you guys to do the Kira Kurosawa movie Dreams. Okay. Okay. And the band Boris. The record mm. feedbacker. Okay. Okay. You got it. Let's Ugh. do it. I don't. <laughs> that shit it, is what's hard. So, what's so crazy <laughs> yeah. about what so is crazy about this is that the show is whiny records, mostly emo, 
and cheesy movies. So yeah, you chose neither. a heavy <laughs> record. Yeah, and a heavy and fucking a movie, movie that is not cheesy. Yeah, because you know I think outside of the box, Liam. I don't know about you. Maybe that'll special. Maybe that'll be like your <laughs> April like Fool's Day episode or yeah, something. It could be a Patreon. <laughs> could be anything. We've hey, done, man. We've done the Killers. We've done the Bouncing Souls. We did the Crow. Like none of these things really fit. No, the Crow is pretty the cheesy. <laughs> the Crow is super cheesy. Um, yeah, I mean, I think uh, on the movie side, I don't have a lot of great examples, but like. Things that are cheesy, not just in a '90s sense. Yeah, I think I would yeah. like to get into more action movies too. Oh, yeah, like you okay, could do if you're Wild gonna do Zero and any Guitar Wolf record, that's true. If you're gonna do '90s movies, bust into that '90s action. There's yeah, like the man. biggest like time for straight movie. to video action was the '90s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So cover some of that stuff. Dude, but I would Lionheart. also say like, mm. since you guys tend to do like goofy, funny stuff, like there's all those like weirdo '80s comedies that are kind of like. A little bit fucked up, like yeah. that would be kind of fun to cover. <laughs> yeah, there really are. And then <laughs> musically, like I, there's a whole bunch of emo that we all know and love. Right. That I'd love to hear, like you know, well, not all of us because Evan hates emo, but uh, <laughs> but like Promise Ring stuff, stuff yeah. like that, whatever. But I'd also like to hear about stuff that I don't know that much about. So like Josh knows, like uh, like Tree Records, like records like Alshon Mia bands like that. Yeah, or, um, like the the. Screamo as not the mall scene. Right? Yeah, sure. I like, don't know that well. I right. know a few things, but I yeah. don't know that well. So like, the oh, idea, man. I feel like the '90s were like such a hotbed for that. Yeah. I know it's yeah. pretty surface level as far as that goes, but I've been really wanting to do like Indian Summer, for oh, a while. Yeah. but I just can't think awesome. of anything to go yeah. with it. Let's do it. I yeah. Do whitewater rafting. I mean, do here's the thing. I, I 100. The only thing I will say as the website dude is. <laughs> There we go. You don't, this is our performance review now. <laughs> <laughs> they, you don't need a strong connection. Yeah. I think fair. I think the connections you do are always funny and great. Yeah. But if you were like, these things don't really relate, but we wanted to do them together, no one would be up. We've had a couple moments like, like Yo, that. I don't know if these things are thematically compatible. Right. Yeah. And I feel yeah. like people have like, you're asking if people have like reached out with feedback or whatever. I feel like we have gotten some feedback and we're just like, ah, those don't really make sense together. So yeah. why do we care so much? We shouldn't. Yeah, true. Yeah. True. Okay. I love you guys. Don't leave because we'll probably have you on again because yeah. I don't know everyone's going to Can we do one up. more question? Yeah. yeah, yeah, do. yeah Let's yeah. do one more. Rapid All right, fire. One more Quick question. One. Let's go. Stop. Go. Okay. Uh, Ari Aster. What's up with that guy? Oh. <laughs> 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 He's been through some shit. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, you want to take the lead on this one, Mike? <laughs> What's up with him? Uh, Are you a fan? Did you like Midsummer? Or I, liked, I didn't love it. I liked, no. yeah. I liked Hereditary much more than Midsummer, and I, and I liked Midsummer, but... Uh, yeah, the the intro scene fucked me up. I think I liked Midsummer more than I initially. Like when I got out of the theater, I was like, it was okay. But I kept thinking about it, which means I probably liked it more than I led on to believe. But it's I don't know, man. One, man. It's like, like Mike was saying, the beginning is so it hits you so hard that the rest kind of doesn't really compare to that. Right. You know, For like sure. some to me the most horrifying image is that beginning scene. Yeah, yeah. dude. It's and and it doesn't. And in a movie that's so visual. It never even comes close to that. And I feel like a lot of it is kind of like expected. Like the things that happen play out kind of as I was like, that's, yeah, that seems like that's what's going to happen. And it, yeah. you know, yeah. yeah. Didn't shock you. you were it just didn't. It so shocked I think me a little bit visually like, oh my God, that was pretty graphic. But like not yeah. in terms of the theme of the movie. Like I, I kind of knew what was happening for everybody. Yeah. When I We've talked Liam. about it so yeah, much yeah, yeah. I don't even want to get into <laughs> that's it. That's okay. We can talk I about it. As soon as, we, as, soon as it finished, I, I leaned in on Liam and I was like, yo. White people, right? <laughs> and then I saw it white the, people. The, the yeah. And then I saw it again with Melani a second time. And as soon as the movie was over, I leaned in Melani and was like, "Yeah, 
white people, right? <laughs> I almost funny, funny the second joke time. time. Funny the second time. How Still was, good. How was the movie on the second street? Because like I'm not in a hurry. I haven't rewatched yeah. Hereditary since. I I'm not in a hurry to rewatch Midsummer again. It is. Yeah, it did. Yeah, for me, yeah. Okay. it changed it for me okay. too. Yeah, because like there are things in the movie that you see that you don't really pay attention to the first watch through that sure. they come back in. Like before they get there in those in in the second viewing, and you're yeah. like, oh wait a minute, yeah, cool. I, I almost loved it. I almost made my letterbox review Wes Anderson's The Holy Mountain. Oh <laughs> man, that's so good. That's well, not an insult. That's yeah. <laughs> Wes Anderson's If you the Holy literally, Mountain. if you literally were like Liam, I've got a million dollars. We're gonna make Wes Anderson's The Holy Mountain. I would yeah. say I'm in. Yeah, yeah, and <laughs> we're gonna get three people to do all the clothing. Okay, let's get Andrew. <laughs> let's on. get some we, fresh. We, we gotta get. We gotta yeah. get. Well, he's just we're been waiting. And I he feel bad. Donuts, that's my man right there. But we that means we have an extra mic. So uh does someone want to get on the extra mic? Yeah, someone else hop on. I love that once we got into uh the Tarantino discussion, there was like a literal line like, yo, let me get on that extra mic. I got shit to say. Let's talk about it. I had absolutely nothing. The problem for me, guys, about getting into it is just that the, our main conversation partners haven't seen it. Yeah. So it felt weird to be like, guys, let me tell you about the movie you're about let to see. Let me spoil this the movie. Thing about it see is right this. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, listening public, we are now joined with one of my very best buds and bandmates, Mr. Andrew Wilbur. How you doing? This is your first time on the show. It is. It's fucking cool. I'm so happy you're here today. I'm glad to be here. You've you've written for us before. I did once. So that's like a thing. You've been part of the team. You're also um, both a legal and rock star, which is rare. (laughs) (laughs) Not typical that we find both those in the same person. Known for both his legal and rocking work. (laughs) trying to think of some other comparison to that, but I don't think it exists. You might be right. (laughs) I don't know. Do any of y'all know anyone who is both a rocking star and, and legal expert? And... Oh, I oh, do. I uh, do actually. Tom from Indecision. I do actually have one for you. My my former intern, Rogers Stevens of the band Blind Melon. Oh, yeah. Jesus! Yeah, 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 yeah. He, he is now an associate Fuck. at a big law firm in uh, <laughs> Philadelphia. Did you ask him about the B girl? I could not not ask. Him. No, but we very awkwardly watched a drug trial about like her, how heroin was packaged, and I yeah. kind of leaned over to explain something to him, and he gave him this look like, "No shit." Wow. <laughs> Dude. Like he's, I've, uh, trust me, buddy. There's no yeah, information. Been we've been, we've been, been here before. Yeah. yeah, 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 dude. <laughs> okay, I have to ask you. Okay, what's it like being in a band with this asshole over here? Um, Andrews and Andrews and so Krosky. Andrews and Krosky. Okay, with me. so that's the band. I was yeah. going to ask yeah. which band. Yeah, he's <laughs> in a band with Josh. They're good. Well, so you have a child, so I feel I like you understand. Yeah. Oh. That's very much what it is. It's very, very much how what many it time, is. How many times does Josh make you watch the uh, <laughs> Halloween episode of Vampirina? Because Maeve <laughs> makes me watch it every day. <laughs> every I, get, I guess, unfortunately, I, I can leave him unattended, and he does like fend for himself. Okay. It's okay. true. It's true. But otherwise, everything else, so Andrew he, has so, to so reel me in. So he's closer to a six-year-old. That's when you can leave kids alone, right? When they're six? <laughs> or like a puppy. Please tell me it's when they're six. <laughs> it's totally uh, when they're six. Yep, that's it. Sleepovers maybe, and stuff. Maybe not. <laughs> Get closer wow. to that Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> Do you know Sean Bennis? Have you met Sean? We did at uh, Cinepunks when you recorded there. Ah. Right. Wait, which one? I mean, I've been on like six episodes. When Sorry, I mean, this is hardcore. We need oh, Cinepunks. Okay. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, I forgot. Oh, look at that. Look at that. Yeah. All right. What did you come ready to talk about, Andrew? Um, my love of bad sequels. Particularly straight See, DVD so this ones. Is, this oh, is the topic shit. that I really want you to be a guest on the show expressly for, to have your whole... Are you talking o- about like 
sequels that have nothing to do with the original movie, but someone owned the right to the title. And yeah, just give us some examples of your like favorites. So, so the first one that I really came across was the sequel to John Carpenter's Vampires, starring John Bon Jovi. Yeah, yes. it's Dia de los Muertos. Yep, very yep. little. Yeah. Are you writing this down right now? Because this should be on your list of movies to cover. <laughs> it has very little to do with the original. Um, I was just reading on IMDb. There was one character that was supposed to cross over, but did not. Didn't they Whoa. make one with Robert Patrick as well? Did they? I think they kept going. Yeah, yeah oh, they made a prequel to Hangman's Daughter word. starring um, the fucking writer Ambrose Bierce. No yes. shit. Yeah. The devil's lexicographer. But anyway. So yeah, yeah. Andrew has, I don't know if you guys know, Andrew has a profound love for part two of movie stuff. <laughs> Sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. Okay, Sometimes. so what's another good example? Um, the Substitute and Sniper series. Oh, so, perfect. So... Tom, Tom Berenger. Tom mm-hmm. Berenger is in the first substitute. Right. Then he gives over the next four or five of them to Treat Williams. But he sticks out the Sniper series for quite a while. How many movies are we talking? There are seven in the Sniper series. No he is fucking in, way. He's in one, two, three, and five. Number four introduces oh, his back. son as a character. What? And then I think number... You've watched all of these? I've watched like half of them. Wow. Um, I bought The Substitute 1 and 3 on like one of those blockbuster double packs they used to do. <laughs> I don't know why they skipped two, and especially one and three of a different actor, so I don't know why they were joined together. Unbelievable. But I used to go to Blockbuster and buy like those pre-owned movies when they do like buy one, get five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those were fun, yeah? <laughs> yeah like bundle yeah. style. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'd get all these bad movies starring like, uh, <laughs> you know, washed up UFC fighters and like WWF wrestlers. Man. Okay. So sick. Ha- have you ever seen, and I want, I'm putting this out to other people too, uh, the variety of sequels of Sometimes They Come Back? No. No. Oh, I've only seen the first one. Or wait, was the So there's Sometimes They Come Back for more. What? <laughs> sometimes They Come Back ellipsis again. Yep. Oh, okay. So I think yeah, the sequel yeah. uh, the series is actually Sometimes They Come Back. Look, there's only one. Sometimes s- They Come Back again. Then it's Sometimes They Come Back for more. There's only one Sometimes They Come Back, really, that's worth talking about. And that's the one that takes place inexplicably at an Antarctic yeah. research station. That's, is that for more? Or That's is that for again? more. Yeah. It's what? fucking insane. Yeah. Like yeah. Creative titles. I Dude, have, have, you, okay. have you watched the original Sometimes one? they come back is like a, oh, they're like, like a greasers, greaser. right? Yeah, zombie sometimes, greasers. They, some, sometimes they come back is, it's based on a, <clears throat> it's based on a short story by Stephen King from the Night Shift Collection that he published <laughs> in 1978 in Cavalier Magazine. We all fucking and it's, know that. <laughs> <laughs> no duh. Yeah, you fucking cretins. <laughs> And then they just made a sequel that was like loosely sort of like, yeah, you know, it's yeah. And then they were just like clearly did like a fucking rail of coke and just throwing shit at a fucking wow. bulletin board. And they're like, fuck it. Demons in Antarctica. Uh, do it. It's the, the cover is literally a claw, a demon claw, punching through the ice while there's a fucking research station in the background. This sounds amazing. So I would why <laughs> what what is it about movies much like the aforementioned sometimes they come back for more that appeals to you? is it is it the, the off brand is it the weirdness of it is it the is it the it's, it's the expanded universe so okay. when I was in middle school <laughs> I I think I read about like at least sixty or seventy Star Trek Next Generation novels that just kind of expanded on the story all written by different authors so like right. the canon is all over the place and I did the same thing for Star Wars which sure. is a great way to make friends in middle school <laughs> sure um, show, show and then when all of that stuff got axed off with like the new Disney movies it kind of blew my mind with Star Wars right. um, like I'm now re-reading the new Thrawn trilogy 
because it has to replace all of the stuff that happened in the Heir to the Empire series. Wow. Um, but so I like stories that just keep going, which I think is why I don't like the Back to the Future sequels. Right, Because right. it's just the same story repeated. So, listeners, mm. I'm not sure if you're aware of Andrew's love for Back to the Future, the first one, the, the original Back to the Future. Yo, it's awesome. Have you seen Andrew's tattoos? I, I did notice the license plate. So oh, here, it's, it's, it's the whole legs. So <laughs> oh, I, couldn't, I wasn't looking at your legs that deep. How do, you, how do you feel about more official sort of... So, like, this might be totally out of your wheelhouse, but for what you're describing for me was actually the Robotech series. Because I knew the like cartoons a little bit, and then I found out, oh, there's books, and then I started reading the books, and then there was comics, and before you know it, it's this whole world. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. that's what appealed to me about it is this, that like, this world building. Yeah. Are there other thing. examples that are maybe a little more expected that do this for you, or is it only the we found a script, we needed to put a title on this script to sell it, so now this is a, uh, a Starship Troopers movie when clearly. This was not originally a Starship right, Troopers right, movie. That, that would describe Starship Troopers number two. It's like a survival <laughs> horror movie on a planet. Is that also true of three, four, and five? I don't, I don't know. Was there a four and five? I and there's a cartoon, the too. There's a couple of cartoons. I remember, I remember the cartoons. Okay. Oh, number six. I have to go, have to go back to that. Holy shit. Holy yeah. shit. But, yeah, but I did just spend troopers. 60 bucks on a bottle of Chateau Picard wine that won't get delivered till the end of September. That's so amazing. Yeah, that's Andrew is also nerdy. an unrepentant Trekkie. That's, that's another thing. <laughs> Talk to me about Star Trek. What is it about Star Trek? And, and what flavor of Star Trek? Because I've noticed that not everyone likes all the flavors who like Star Trek. I'm not an original series guy whatsoever. I really enjoyed The Next Generation. thought it was yeah, like a, little, a little more Grace, highbrow. You and Grace love TNG. Yeah, we get like, real nerdy with thing. Next Generation. Yeah. Man. Um, I was a big Riker fan. Did not get into Deep Space Nine, despite, uh, you know, I understand the appeal of it. Uh-huh. Um, Voyager, I really liked for its Borg episodes, but only sure, that. Sure, just the Borg um, episodes. But the new series, Discovery, is Discovery. really good. Is it yeah. good? Yeah. See, I've heard it criticized that it's too actiony. It, I mean, it is, but okay. it, it's more. So it looks like the new movies. Sure. Right. Right. Um, so it's like slick and like very. But then I also enjoy the Orville because it's basically a parody of Next Generation. Uh, it. That's it, the Seth MacFarlane. Yeah. Yeah. How is it watching it when um, Seth MacFarlane is a horrible human whose very appearance makes me want to retch in my f- mouth? So <laughs> I didn't really see him in too many live action things, so I don't think I really knew what he looked like that much. <laughs> um, in the in the first season, he does a couple like Family Guy voices, and it falls oh, flat. Oh, oh wow! Norm Macdonald plays a puddle of ooze. Oh. Okay. I awesome. think you might have just sold me <laughs> on it right there, <laughs> right there with the door. Joey, <laughs> um, Joey's a, a Norm Macdonald uh, enthusiast. <laughs> wow! I once drove around Toronto trying to find the mansion that they put the dead fish in the walls. Wow! Yeah. Yeah. No shit. Uh, yeah. Oh man, dirty work. <laughs> I've never seen so many dead hookers in my entire life. Lord knows I have. Oh, wow. I like that we just went to one of the worst jokes in the movie. <laughs> We're like, we want to we want the audience to identify with us in loving dirty work. What's a joke about killing <laughs> sex workers we can bring up? I mean, it's not my podcast. <laughs> oh, I hate you so much. Um, okay, so I want to get back to this next generation thing. Yeah. Are you then stoked on the Picard show? Oh, that's that's what the wine was a tie-in to. So I mean, the idea of the show is he has retired from Starfleet and but they're living. gonna pull him back in. He's he's like in a renegade group. I mean, you watch Whoa. that trailer. Yeah, like the Romulans are somehow like harvesting the Borg and like unassimilating them, reassimilating. I don't know what the appropriate word is for what the Borg do. Um, that sounds amazing. I'm yeah. totally in. And the Romulans yeah. are now keeping the Borg. I like that you're like I don't prisoners. know what the He's fuck. like I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> I mean. Ugh. 
I'm not. Are you are you down with the Star Trek business? Okay. Are you into it or what? Like, okay, so here's the thing. This is a, and I think people probably are aware that this is a thing in my life. There are things that stick with me forever, and there are things that I get into that then no longer appeal to me. Just pass right out of your life. So when Star Trek The Next Generation was in syndication, mm-hmm. and it was on at a certain time of day, I watched it all the time. And in fact, the only reason I watched then large sections of Voyager and Deep Space Nine was because I loved The Next Generation so much. Mm. So then when streaming becomes a thing and they finally added The Next Generation a few years ago to streaming, I thought, my old friend has returned. <laughs> I shall put it on and, and the joy shall return to me. And I tried watching it and uh, much like my failed relationship with Ska, <laughs> the next generation is no longer a lover of mine. I, 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 have I never cannot gone connect back. to it. Yeah. I've never gone. Well, You've never like, gone back to the next generation. Uh, they, so probably like 15 years ago, they made DVD box sets of all the main villains. So you can get like a Klingon oh. box set, a Borg box set. Wow. And it had every Borg episode from every series, including the Scott Bakula one. Sure. Um, so I watched that, and that had a couple next-gen episodes. And all and the Borg episodes, like the action pack, you know, really those good Those are ones. your favorites. Yeah, I mean, they're crazy. Yeah. Um, so I watched that, but I have not gone back to next-gen otherwise. I've gone to the movies. Right. How are your feelings on the movies? Do you like the, the new movies? and the, um, the So I really like First Contact. Generations was good. I didn't like the last one, Nemesis. Nemesis, uh, right. Which is kind of like the precursor to the new show. Yeah. But mm-hmm. um, How about the new ones, the, the new new ones, the ones where Chris Pine and uh, uh, Zachary Quinto and all those guys, do you, are you I into I just those? think they're different. Yeah? Um, I did watch the one while waiting for six hours in line for barbecue in Austin. So wow. Was, okay. Well, that's... There you oh, go. were you at, were you at Franklin? Yeah. Got dog. there like 7 a.m. I was yeah, the third dog. person in line. And yeah. you're like, yeah. we're going to watch Into Darkness. Uh, Star Trek Beyond, I think. Oh, yeah. okay. All right. Yeah. And and you like them, but not really the wheelhouse. I mean, it's, it's original series, which was never my thing. Okay. All yeah. right. Fair yeah. enough. Joey, go ahead. Does anyone want to join my... Quantum Leap theme band, Ska Bacula. Ska Bacula. Jacob, if you're listening, please erase that from the recording. (laughs) Go ahead and edit that on out. (laughs) And then cut it out of there and put it at the beginning. That's where we should have started. Ska Bacula. Just kidding. Um, (laughs) Would Al be like the boss tone just dancing on the side of the stage? (laughs) I guess Jesus Christ. Wow, we are wow. Well, I'm, uh, show of hands. Were you guys who is Quantum Leap heads in here? Wow. Not at all. And oh, also man. Sliders when it was good. Sliders, was the same show, with, right? Jerry O'Connell, that. Yeah, until he gave it over to his brother. Wow. Like Jerry O'Connell has a brother. So it's some, I forget his brother's name, but in like season four or five of Sliders, there's like a slide that goes like a awry, and the main character, Jerry O'Connell's character, split into two people. But the other guy is played by his brother, who's not his twin, um, and that goes on to be the rest of Sliders. It's starring his brother. I have no idea what Yo, you any know who, of these. You know who else was in Sliders? No, the fucking bull from uh, Indiana Jones. Oh yeah, yeah, Sala, I think. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I was about to say River he's, Phoenix. Uh, he's the professor. Wow. No shit. Wait, they're not twins? I don't think, I don't think they're twins. <laughs> that's crazy. Hey, as, a, as a dude, where's my car fan? That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, hey. I just realized people left and I didn't even get to tell them. We got a bin of shirts over here. And so everyone can take one to two shirts if you would like. Help yourselves. Help yeah, yourselves. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Can sorry. I, I meant to tell people and, and some fifths? people left. What? Can I take one and two fifth shirts? <laughs> 
God um, damn it. I didn't know that about sliders. I really felt like... I didn't know that about you, that you go this deep into this hole. This is wild to me right I now. I get out much. I'm just saying... Hey, everybody introduce yourselves, by the way. <laughs> Uh, not not the people on the microphone. <laughs> Stay on the mic. I'm talking to people. Everybody. Well, you're right. I meant all the people who aren't Sliders on the Sliders actually had one of my favorite DVD packagings ever. Um, it was like a block of foam with like the five discs like staggered in the side of it. What? And like a plastic cap on the end, like a clear cap. Your nerd level is so much more than I realized. Yeah. Did that somehow How tie we... into the show? Is that like some type of thematic? It's kind of like futuristic. Okay. Yeah. Here's right. Here's my question. I get that you're doing important law shit or whatever, but <laughs> why aren't you writing about this like uber nerd level stuff for the site? Um, taking care of Josh and uh, yeah, the and Bo, and Bo, me Bo. and Bo. I'm actually yeah. going to pick up Bo's amp after I leave here because <laughs> he has not picked it up in six months. Bo also has not had his own gear in crosskeys since we've started playing. <laughs> Here's my question to you because I have an idea of what Josh's answer would be, but I want to know yours. What is your ultimate show for crosskeys? If Man. you could just be We're like working on it. Book. Yeah, we've been this, is, this has been like the ongoing conversation. Yeah. Um, love to play with gray area again. Mm. Um, the explosion, which apparently Jess played with Bad Religion last if, night. If you saw Jess's post, uh, they might have a new explosion album. So Jesus in Christ. In which case they would probably be playing. Oh my okay. sweet yeah. baby okay. Jesus. Like them in gray area, that, that was my that was my thing. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. I dig that. I dig that. Yeah, man. What would be uh actual Bands touring right now. What would be your least favorite option for cross keys? What would bum Man. you out? You, you're like, I'm still gonna play, but, but I really wish I wasn't playing. Be at all, show. our pleasant thing. Yeah. Uh, man, what yeah, would so that the, the, be? There's one Josh and I have discussed that might actually happen, so we probably shouldn't talk about it. Yeah, yeah, we're not gonna bring it up. Yeah. But when it was when, <laughs> yeah, let's <laughs> let's keep this only to like slightly unrealistic options. It's not like, <laughs> yeah, Tom's band sucks. You know, like that's not. <laughs> Oh man, I don't, I don't know. I don't know anyone that I, we. I guess like playing with Morrissey would be pretty much a bummer. Yeah, that would be amazing. <laughs> I think at this point, if someone had booked you with Morrissey, that would definitely be a troll. Yeah. You, you, you ignored my text the other day about <laughs> buying a Morrissey Funko Pop just to make it explode. It's true. Well, like, I was. Does he get money from these things? Is that a. I don't know. Uh, Andrew texted me a picture of a Funko Pop of Morrissey. <laughs> like, we should blow this up during our video shoot, which we're doing because we're shooting a video. But, um,. Yeah, that would suck. I wouldn't want to play with that or like Interpol now that they're like weird Morrissey apologists. Like, no, man, not feeling any of that shit. I feel that. Yeah, I'm saying, man. Josh has told you about this video, right? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. We've talked about it at okay. length. Yes. Yes. So, yeah. We got we to do, we're going to do storyboards for we're, it. Right? We're, well, it's already storyboarded. Okay. Oh, yeah. The, they, they, yeah. they went wild with it. They went crazy it's, on it's us. DIY yeah. Productions, WHY. Yeah. Um, it's like supposed yeah. to be done at the end of this month. Yeah. Jesus. Like, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's just like, wait a minute. What? Gonna CGI set Josh on fire. Uh, what's your favorite, favorite heist movie? Does Layer Cake count? Yeah, it does. Layer Cake it. is totally a heist movie. What? Did you see oh, movie? What a random... <laughs> po- Layer Cake is the kind of movie that when it was coming out, yeah, people were talking about it. Though, like 10 minutes after it came yeah, out. Yeah, and then it came out and everyone's kind of like, what was that again? What was that movie we were all talking about? I don't, know, I don't remember. Yeah, like, keep moving. Yeah. Okay, that is that on your... Is that? A, uh, tell me about your love for Layer Cake. I just... Uh, you know, I love those like kind of British, like, uh, yeah, like stock and Snatch, sure. and I feel like it came out right at the end of that. But yeah, it came out right when that epoch was like ending, I feel, but it was like one of the better Ooh. ones of that genre. I like, might have to it replace it, though, genre. with... Um, What's the Clive Owen one? Is it Inside Man? Yo, Inside oh. Man. 
Yeah. Yeah. Inside Man is real good, and yeah. that's that that's good. that's on my list of uh, Again, of, uh is that you know, a Spike Lee joint? Uh, yeah, underrated Spike Lee movies. There's no, a there's really good. like uh, there are definitely Spike Lee movies I don't love. Like yeah. I don't like Son of Sam very much. Right. Never but seen. like uh, Inside Man is one of those movies. Whenever people talk about Spike Lee, they they never go like, oh, also that heist movie Inside Man. Like it doesn't come up, and I'm like, no, no, it's it so tight, up. it's so good, it's like good from like top to bottom. Like it's just I don't know. Oh, I really more recently Rogue One. Rogue One's a great heist movie. Super fun. I hate to admit it, but yeah, I got to agree. Super duper no, Rogue fun. One's yeah. Awesome. Man. Go ahead, Liam. Best heist movie. Favorite heist movie. I'm going to put mine out there. Dead Presence. I love Yo. fucking Dead Presence. That movie is one of my favorite movies of all time. I might have to say Ronin. Ronin's a good one. Yeah. yeah fucking great one. Fast Five. Ah. <laughs> Fuck your face. <laughs> Does Thief count as a heist movie? Closer to Mike. Does Thief count as a heist movie? I don't know if I've seen Thief. I have. I think it does count as a... Uh, it, no, actually, because I, I think it's more like a washed-up criminal sort of... You know what I mean? Like, oh, heist yeah. movie, there has to be that uh, excitement around, like, are we going to pull this off? Yeah, an element like, of... of the, yeah. the plan has to yeah. be pretty important. Whether or not the plan actually comes together is, is almost immaterial to the build-up to the plan being executed. I mean, I love it yeah. when a plan comes together. <laughs> <laughs> I was really into Widows. Widows was really one. fun. Widows yeah. is a great movie. I love that movie. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Awesome. But is that your favorite heist movie? I don't know. I kind of think Ronin might be. And Liam Ronin is so fucking good. <laughs> I think an essential part of any heist movie, there has to be a point at which the main character thinks he's out, and then but then they get him back, back in, in for one last job. Whoa. By that definition... Twister is a heist movie. Get the fuck <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> great ride. Great ride. You know what was really terrifying? The backdraft ride that preceded it. <laughs> when that floor drops out on you. Oh, man. I didn't even know there was a backdraft ride. I just remember the Twister really, like, ride. I, I, I've actually never seen backdraft the movie because the ride kind of fucked me up so much. <laughs> <laughs> that ride terrified me. <laughs> Can't get over yo, the yo, yo, yo! Calm the fuck down. Uh, here's what I will say about backdraft. Here's what I'll say about backdraft. You got to see backdraft because if you're playing the six degrees of Kevin Bacon game, oh, it is it's bad. an essential yeah. movie. Yep. It's a, b- between backdraft and The Outsiders. Yeah, any actor could be connected to Kevin Bacon at any time. Those right. two movies are the, the linchpins you They're need. They're the quintessential central movies. Yeah, because everybody from a certain time period were in those movies. Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah. I'd agree. Um, Andrew, if you were going to write something for us, yes. what would you want to write about? So, I mean, I, I've been preparing this article about bad sequels for a while. I have a draft. <sighs> yeah. It's, it's an outline. I need you to do it. It's I like a year and a half it. old. I need you to do it. So I cool, got, though. I, I got very little time. But again, Very we can time. also just take two hours of your time where you could just come over and we just talk about it, too. Yeah, I don't know if I could fill that much time, though. I think you could if you make us watch two movies of, of your favorite sequels. Oh, we can go real bad, too. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Whatever <laughs> shit you want us to watch, All right. I'll watch it. We'll figure yeah. something out. Hey, what you want by my friend Dustin? Hey, oh, buddy. Hi. You Hello, haven't, You haven't met Josh before, have you? Nice to meet nice you to meet in you. person, finally. Yes. Yeah. Because we follow each other on the, on, internet. Yeah, on yeah, the yeah. internet, yes. So and this is my friend Andrew. It's nice to meet you. Good to meet you, Dustin. You were one of the first people when I was going to a lot of movie things that I met. And I was it through Eric? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, through Eric Hall. Do you know Eric Hall? No. He's he he was a dude who's big. I only of, know Andrew. 
That's fair. <laughs> he, he's kind of he's a dude who's, who has been tangentially related to Cinepunks, but hasn't really gotten to do anything yet. But right, right. He he was like doing some editing for us for a little while. Oh, he's oh. a platypus Jones on Twitter. Right. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. He, and so, uh, but doesn't I, I feel like if I'm having you on, I'm talking about not just like knowing you through movies and feeling like you are one of my favorite people on Twitter, but I also want you to talk a little bit about being an illustrator because I feel like, I mean, that's one of the things you're doing that you should be hyping up, right? <laughs> More recently, yes. Yeah. Um, what are you um, an illustrator for? Uh, mostly just freelance stuff now, but uh, this last week I've been doing an animation test for a project. <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> like that's a, so cool, man. Like one that I thought when I did it, I was like, oh, I think I know what this is. And then I was told what it actually, well, what it is, but not yeah. any like true like details about it. But mm-hmm. I'm excited. <laughs> so cool. So, so cool. sick. That is the coolest thing ever. Yeah. Um, I have been watching, be, because the reason this is important to me, besides the fact that I like your illustrations, it's that I've watched this go from like, something you were doing while you were also teaching and things like that. And then seeing you actually like trying to get work and this becoming, and I just, I just find that really inspiring when people pursue something they care about. Yeah. It's a bit scary though. (laughs) Well, yeah, you're freelancing. Um, Like that's terrifying by design, isn't it? It is. Uh, The big thing for me though is, is just actually committing to this being the thing I want to do where before it was okay. Yeah. I can kind of, I can play around. I can dabble in it. Mm Mm-hmm. But the job that I was doing, which it was teaching, I couldn't do that anymore. Like, I could not do it because it wasn't the thing that I loved to do. Yeah. Right. And so now putting drawing first over everything, it's been fun. It's been challenging, but I haven't been happier. So that's, that's what awesome, man. What yeah. were you teaching? I was teaching kindergarten through fourth grade. Get a little wow. closer up on that mic for me. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's a hard. That's a hard hustle, man. Yeah, yeah. It's Here been it, that was it was tough. Um, and so, you know, I I really talked it over with a lot of people, and almost everybody was like, "You need to just sit down and draw," <laughs> which was nice. I mean, I was worried what my family would say, what what you know what they would think, and they were like. Well, clearly you can't do the thing that you've been doing. Mm. <laughs> you have to do this. This is clearly what you got the knack to do. So just sit down and actually do it. So it's been a lot of trial and error, just researching, trying to figure out, you know, where to go, where to put my work, how to show my work, how to promote it, which, you know, I'm getting better at doing. So I've seen a lot more response to it. This is one of the weird things about art right now, right? That you have to both be good at whatever it is you're trying to do, whatever your art is. Mm. And then you also have to be good at being a hustler. Yeah. Like you have to be able to sell yourself. You have to be able to make networking connections. You have to like have that hustle. And I feel like expecting people to be good enough at both to like excel in the world is mm. asking a lot. We're ask, we're expecting a lot of people. See, and, and here's, the, this is the God's honest truth. I'm totally spoiled by Andrew because being that we pursue a common creative endeavor together, you're so good at social media and the promotion aspect of it that like are you the social media guy oh my god oh, yeah. yeah are you kidding me you can't tell you... by the the emoji usage <laughs> but i think i'm, I'm the I... only millennial in the band so. <laughs> but i he's think he's also I... younger than the eldest person in the band by like 10 years so it's like 12 but yeah. i but i think but i think it's worth complimenting you on it because i think 
Krosky's social media is pretty good. Thank you. Yeah, dude. Which Andrew, a lot of seriously. bands don't do anything, and y'all are like out there doing stuff. Honestly, like the, I think the main reason we're even still afloat is because of your skill and knack at that. Like you're so good at it. Appreciate it. I mean, like, in addition to being one of the best bass players I've ever played with. Exaggeration. No, that's like, no, that's God's on. It's like, seriously, like, BK, Andrew, like, dude, for real, for real. And like, man, you're definitely like total package bandmate, like best dude in the world. Stay here all day if you get compliments. (laughs) I'm just saying, I'm saying. So what is your philosophy then promoting yourself? Because we're talking about over... Obviously, business channels of trying to get work, but then also like a public presence, like, like a social media presence. In and that's a thing, right? Like because like even Cinepunks, we have a hard time promoting anything we oh, yeah, do. Yeah, no, we're bullshit at it. We're yeah, right. we are <laughs> fucking terrible. And Liam yells at me all the time to fucking do more twittering and such. So, uh, so what is your philosophy when it comes to that sort of thing? Because that's a big part of what you're doing. Uh, for me, it, more recently, it's been understanding the things that I do that I want to make sure people see, but not putting anything out there with any expectation other than, you know, the goal was just to put to put it out there. So I could do a bunch of work, and if I'm proud of it, I have no problem putting it out there and not really getting the response. Um, so I'm really not looking looking at it from a metric system. I know a lot of people do. Sure. I, have, I have illustrator friends who are all on top of every single like pop culture pulse moment and mm. I can't do that. There was that was just my my realization. I don't I'm not the guy that you get if you want like fan art of something where some someone was cast as somebody or some game came out and you want like a quick funny drawing of it. It's not me. Mm. <laughs> it's like I enjoy those things. I enjoy playing games. I enjoy movies and all that stuff. I'm not the guy to do like that quick turn sure. around stuff. Right, right, right. Um, and that was just something I had to wrestle with because for a while I was trying to do that and I would just be frustrated at myself and then I wouldn't post anything at all. But now it's been, okay, I know the things that I want to post. I know the things that I should post if I want to move up or get noticed by people who are just kind of scouring like Twitter or maybe looking at people's work and then looking for links to more work. Mm. So that's been my target. Uh, currently, hmm. Hmm. it's pretty good, man. It's pretty good. So, pretty did you come with something you wanted us to talk about? I did. Didn't. You have any questions for us? I, I was ready to just pick a card. Let's do the <laughs> cards. All right. All right. I mean, here's the thing. I love when people have stuff ready to go. But Josh worked very hard <laughs> on these cards, so I'm glad we're getting to do I mean, this. Yeah. Some, some of these are terrifying me. I don't know what yeah, half yeah, these yeah. are. Like, the, the other funny thing is I didn't work very hard on these. This, this is just me with a, a pack of note cards just writing with a Sharpie marker. But, okay, Dustin, ready? Tell me when to stop. Stop. And your question is, what's your favorite movie in the Mission Impossible franchise? Rogue Nation. <laughs> Rogue Nation, Rogue were, Nation is so good. S- you were so ready for that one. Oh. Why Rogue Nation above what is a family of films? <laughs> <laughs> um, it was the last one that I saw with my dad. And so that's, oh, wow. a, that's a big uh, thing. Emotional yeah, 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 content. Um, yeah. And, you know, we had, we had planned to... Uh, to see the last one, but he's his health was like kind of been declining. So sure. we have so I've seen it, but he hadn't. But Rogue Nation is also big for me too because I think the opening, not the plane sequence, I just mean like the musical notes that start the movie. I think that that's it's so catchy, and my head was bobbing immediately that I was already in. Like that's all it took. It just took just the soundtrack, just, just the, the beginning. Soundtrack of, wow, of, to open it and then like to cut to the plane sequence. I was like. 
Dude. There you go. I mean, Rogue Nation, that's that. the Benji one, right? That's the one where at the end, Benji's in the vest. Is that the one? I mean, and it's with that's the one where um, it starts with the lady in the in where um, Ethan goes down in the gas in like the. Yep, that's the one. Right. So it ends with Ethan sitting across the table from Benji and Benji's wearing the eye thing and the bad dude, that that weird redhead dude. Is the least descriptive explanation of anything I've ever heard in my life. Oh my god! <laughs> See if you've seen the movie. And that you guy know exactly with the thing. No, no, no. Is so it ends up credits. with um, Tom Cruise. Ethan gets caught in this like cat and mouse trap where Benji, his best friend, is sitting there with a bomb strapped to his chest, and he has this eye thing, like a contact lens that's a camera. And the bad guy, whose name I can't remember right now, is watching everything, telling Benji what to say in order not to get blown up or whatever. And Ethan has to do all this stuff. This movie is my favorite one in the franchise. Yeah. yeah. It it's had. the most Benji movie, which <laughs> I love Simon Pegg. So that's my favorite, favorite one. Because it's like the most him and Ethan being like friends. Yeah, it's, it's fun to watch them as best friends just yeah. trying to save the world. And then all these other people show up and everybody's just kind of upset and Super fun frustrated. Though. But I, also, I loved Rebecca Ferguson. Cause yeah. I was like, I'll give me... Give me all the Miss Frost uh, stuff. I will. I will watch anytime she's on. So I was so happy good. when she came back in the last one and did her like. So know, wait, is Rogue Nation down. four or is it five? Rogue uh, Nation's five. Rogue Nation's five. Okay. I, so I like. I, yeah, I think I agree with you guys. Rogue Nation might be my favorite. I mean, I, I liked Fallout. I, I loved Fallout too. That was long. It, Fallout had the big fight scene with a uh, Superman. Brandon Ralph. Yeah, he, he cocks his fist and punches no, through Jim a wall. Caviezel. Jim Caviezel. Jim so Henry, Henry Jesus. Cavill. Yeah, Henry Jesus. Cavill. Yeah, that Henry guy. Cavill. Superman. Like I said. Oh, you're right. Henry Cavill. What the fuck am I saying? <laughs> and the, the he whole cocks his fist, though. That's, yeah. That yeah. shit was sick. And the whole mustache thing with Henry Cavill. You, you know about this, right? So that was when Justice League came oh, out. Oh, he had to do the CG mustache. And they had to, because yeah, he has a mustache. No, no, the mustache is real. Oh. The CG was to cover it up. Was to remove it in all of the <laughs> Justice League because of Mission Impossible Fallout. So fucking good that they spent like $10 million in post to remove the mustache from Justice League. So my, fucking good. My favorite, uh, my favorite part about the trailer where we see him do the, the fist cocking. Oh my God, do you know about all this of the, scene? All, all the various sexual jokes about him doing that. Really? Like, all, like people just putting that part up and being like, and that's the part where I got a heart on. Or that's the part <laughs> where I got mad. Or, or, or he can cock my fist or whatever it is. You know, I was just like, yeah, dog, that's what I'm talking about. Wow, I missed all of that. I didn't hear any well, of that. Well, there's this like, thing Ooh. Josh called social media. Right, I'm really and bad at it. it. Yeah, people yeah, yeah. waste time and post things like that. <laughs> and then I look at them and I go, <laughs> and then I retweet them because all I do is retweet all day. That's all I do. Right, 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 right. Uh, I like that. That was a good question. Wait, did you answer this question? You're the only one who... I, I can't tell these movies apart. Yeah, that's the best like part I, about I, it. I you I can't even say the first one. I, I don't remember. The boring answer is the first one. I don't remember. <laughs> I, I think I just watched the most recent one. The first one, one they kill Emilio Estevez in the first five minutes. I might have seen minutes. it like 10 years Does ago. Does anyone else have a strong opinion they want to say on the on the uh, extra mark? Possible? Yeah, your favorite Mission Impossible movie. That's the newest oh. one, right? Ghost no, Protocol? No, Fallout's the, Fallout's Fallout's the newest one. Ghost Protocol. I think the scene where... I almost said Tom Hanks, where Tom Cruise is is climbing. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a, this would be a very yeah. different. That would be so much better. I with just Tom I Hanks. honestly think that the stunt work involving him climbing that the 
the mountain and all that? No, the no, building. The building. Oh, the, the building. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, is this the one, though? Which one is the one where it ends in a car park and he's fighting That's some Ghost jerk-off? Protocol. That's Ghost Protocol? Yeah. I loved Ghost Protocol for every second, and I saw him in the IMAX. Yeah. I hated the end because I've watched my man beat up a whole army, then he gets to a well-dressed lawyer, and he's like, <laughs> fuck, this guy's fucking me up. And I'm like, yeah. Why? Why does that guy get to fuck him up? <laughs> I don't care how tired he is. That guy would get a punch. You want in. fucking ED two hundred nine to come out and fight him? Like it's a, get the lawyer. Anyone, anyone who could fight. Like why is lawyer Tom Tom Hanks? Yes, Tom Hanks. Uh, as long as we excuse see- me, we are seated at a table with a lawyer who knows how to fight. Are we <laughs> not, <laughs> sir? I'm on are the you, IR. Are you, are you telling me you could take on Tom Cruise? I mean, if I had both ACLs. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you tell the story about how you lost the one ACL? This is the best one. I was uh, sparring with a 14-year-old young lady. <laughs> That's the story. It's so good. I mean, she's 15 now. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do another question. Let's do another question. All right. All right. All right. Stop. Stop. Give us your hottest music take. Hot music take. We can pick another one if you want, but that's what you got. Uh, let's pick another one. <laughs> okay, you ready? Tell yeah. me when stop. Wait, can I give my hottest music? Yeah, take? good. Uh, uh, Kanye was never good. Whoa, even that first one? Period. Okay, I'll give you one. I don't understand Frank Ocean. Wow. Yeah, no. Fuck that shit. <sighs> fuck. This no, was a that's... bad idea. Why did we do this activity? <laughs> I take it all back. Jesus Christ. Fuck. Fuck my face. <laughs> Frank Ocean. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's cool. We we welcome all opinions here. Go ahead. That's fine. I got okay. I got a good one, but Evan and I are gonna leave. It says slumlords are better than breakdown. Whoa, oh. heavy, heavy. For the record, I don't agree with it. <laughs> that's a terrible one. That's actually a terrible one. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, anyone else, or do you want to do another one? I'll do another one. I'm Ready? Gonna, I'm gonna jump off real quick to grab a snack. One second. Okay. Go ahead. Keep going. Though. Ready, Dustin? Yes. Stop. Name a movie character that best personifies you. <laughs> I don't. Oh, my goodness. If you were to say, like, man, when you see a movie, you're like, holy shit, this is totally me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cheat and go with somebody. Uh, somebody else told me it was um, Lil Rel from Get Out. Whoa, one. wait a minute. Somebody was like, you look like him. And then they were like, but you also react like him to certain things when they, when they happen, <laughs> just to kind of just joke about All it. I see is that you have glasses like him. I that's know. it, though. That's, that's all I got. I think that's what the, the visual was. And then I thought about it. I was like, you know what? You know, I probably would have acted the same way. <laughs> like, the fact that he stopped and he complimented how good the, the girl's plan was when he called her. I was like, <laughs> I would do that. I would definitely do that. I would hang up and be like, God damn, that's a good plan. <laughs> same question. Jimmy Neutron. Ah. Oh. Wow, you even got his haircut. Yeah, it's yeah, almost a no-brainer. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. I get it. So, Liam, mm-hmm. what movie character best personifies you? What movie character? Right, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Best personifies me. I don't know. Are there any? Um, are there any angry fat Latinos <laughs> other than Luis Guzman? Because I don't want to say any Luis Guzman roles. <laughs> but if if you were like. What aura do you have? I mean, Luis Guzman is the obvious choice. Wow. Luis Guzman? That's who you're going with? I was going to go for the priest from The Omen. Oh. What the fuck? Wow. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Father of... Fuck. Uh, what is what the fuck? That's pretty good. That's pretty I mean, good. Tell, I, I want people to tell me, what movie <laughs> character do you think it personifies me? The oh, colonel from man. Boogie Nights. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> 
what, what do you think? What do you guys think? Anything? Ah, uh, I don't know, man. Um, it's funny because this question feels very much like a question that if you're into movies, you yeah, can answer. That you thought of at least. I've never thought of myself as identifying with a character in a movie. I'm gonna. I'll, I'll give. An, I'll give an answer that's not. Um, that's you're probably gonna think I'm like fucking around at first. Uh, Will Smith and I am Legend. Whoa. Okay. Uh, when I first read that book, I was like, "Holy shit!" There are two movies out that are like adapted this, and it was uh, the Last Man on Earth and the Omega Man. So I went out and saw him when I was like 18 years old, and I was like, "Well, Vincent Price is okay, but like, it's not. It's more like he's just as creepy as the vampires are." And then you see like the Omega Man, and you're like, "What the fuck is Charlton Heston doing in this movie?" Uh, but I think Will Smith's performance in I Am Legend, bad CGI, CGI aside, uh, perfectly captures me when I'm at my lowest moments. The uh, alienation, the the loneliness, and the the inability to understand what's going on in the world around me, and the frustration with that, that inability to connect to anyone. Like, those scenes, especially after um, Sam dies, when he's, like, in the video store, like, talking to those mannequins, just desperately yeah. trying yeah. to be, like... I mean, again, this sounds like I'm joking, but, like, I felt that way, like, talk, being out on dates and talking to people, like, oh, like, what, what, are, what are some of your, like, favorite movies? Oh, like, I really like an American War for London. I've never seen that. Okay, so I'm going to go, like... You know, like, there's that, that inability to com- really connect with someone, and I struggle with that, and I feel his performance in that movie, it just completely captures uh, what it's like to deal with um, a lot of the problems that I struggle with. Like I said, the inability to connect, the... The loneliness, the, the, the depression, like he just fucking nails it in that role. And I don't think he gets enough credit for that, for that performance. Right. I feel that. I feel that. Um, wow. Probably Philip Seymour Hoffman in The Master. Oh, that's a good one. You mean Philip Seymour Hoffman in Twister, where he constantly refers to Bill Paxson as the extreme. <laughs> <sighs> Did you answer this yet? Jimmy Neutron, dude. Jimmy you can Neutron? look at him. He looks just Did like him. Did you answer this yet? Uh, I did not. Go ahead. Mine is an obscure movie called The Motel. Have you ever seen this movie? Have you guys seen this movie? No. Nope. It's a movie about an Asian family that owns a motel, and the character in it is the, the youngest kid. The movie's about the youngest kid. He has glasses. He's fat. He has a bull haircut. That kid was me for, like, up until, like, maybe two days ago. Like, that's how I feel. And, like, it's the first movie that Sun Kang is in that I've seen. It's, like, an indie flick, and, like... The kid, he, he, you know, he's the son of a family that owns a motel, so he's doing, like, the house cleaning stuff and, like, you know, very very Asian family thing where they're like, oh, I have to do your chores, so you know, that kind of thing. And um, he's just so awkward and funny in this movie. It's such a warm and engaging movie that I feel like nobody has seen. It's called The Motel. It's wonderful. But, man, dude, when he, there's a scene in the movie where he finds a pizza box. He doesn't know what's inside it, and he's going to open it. And so what he does is he's holding it, and then he just screams, and then he opens it, and there's like a chicken wing bone in the box. I'm like, yo, I feel that. I feel completely red right now. Yeah, that's like my life. Dude, it's such a good movie. If you haven't seen it, I highly endorse it. The Motel, so good. But the character in there is like totally me. It's horrible. It's like watching a horror movie. I kind of hate that I don't have a good answer for this question, but now I'm going to be thinking about it for a while, because I really don't have a good... It's because I write very thought-provoking questions, Liam. It is. I mean, I, 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 when I was a kid, I just identified with every hero. Really? Yeah, I would just be like, I want to be like that guy. Man. Or, or, or girl, for that matter. But whoever was the hero, I was like, You're like oh, yeah, that's what, that's what I want totally to be. totally Paul Atreides in this story. That's but it's you. not, I, but that's the thing. I like, Paul, I like Paul Atreides. Paul Atreides might be more accurate since he's actually the doom and not actually the hero. Um, but, uh, but yeah, 
I would just identify. I wouldn't identify with characters because I saw myself in them. Right. Because I can't. They name, you saw them as an aspirational thing that you yeah. I want to be like that like. person. But I I from when I was younger at least mm-hmm. I couldn't name a single film character I saw who reminded me of me. Wow. Is that, that do you think it's like a actual representation issue? Do you think that like back then we just watched white dudes fight other white dudes? With I think swords, that, I think it was a combo of representation and then just um, if someone sucked. Uh-huh. I didn't want to see that in me. Right. And if someone was awesome, I was too insecure to think that was like me. Wow. So then I just was like, oh, I don't know. I I find all these characters compelling, but I was never like, oh, it's me. That's me. <laughs> oh, my God. That's me. That's so me. I, I, that's, it's, it's literally <laughs> never happened. And the only thing that comes close uh-huh. was when I had grown my hair out and grown my beard in. Yeah. And you some, watched Jesus some Christ kid, Superstar again? No, some kid was like, oh, look, it's fucking Jack Black. And I wanted to be offended. And I was like. Oh God! <laughs> I look exactly like let. I, I am. <laughs> I am the Latino Jack Black. Jack Black. Oh what my the God! Fuck? And no. that that was the one moment. And again, it was only visual. But then even then, I'm like, I'm so loud <laughs> and I'm such an asshole. I kind of am Jack Black. I'm really good at dancing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's weird, man. I can't sing. Though. Now that you say I it, if I, I could sing, it'd be fucked. Yeah, yeah, you might as well just use his driver's license to buy beer or something. <sighs> <sighs> All right. Uh, this is a weird let's do, let's do one. Let's do one more, and then uh, I'm gonna get Brian on in, in place of Andrew. All right, ready? Yeah. All right. What topic has Cinepunks not covered yet that we should? This'll this be- is actually a really good question because we're always Liam and I are always like, man, what should we talk about this time? And then like, I have lots of ideas. You have lots of ideas, but then it's also like we like we're so like. I don't want to say disorganized. We're so like willy nilly at times that like we don't have enough time to watch the movies or we don't know what movies to pick, so on and so forth. So, what topic do you think? Y'all can jump on too. Yeah. If anybody has any insights at all, we're open. Yeah. We'll start with you, Andrew. Go ahead. I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I knew that was so good. So good. Sort of. uh, (laughs) Dustin, any ideas? What, What should we cover that we haven't covered? I have no idea. <laughs> See? Wow. <laughs> All right, okay. new card, new card, new card, new card. Ready? Anyone anyone else? Nothing? All right, great. Say when. when. Say when. What filmmaker influenced your life the most? Huh, that's a pretty good one, actually. Uh, side note, I think we should cover more explo- exploitation movies. Yeah, I know you do. I that's know you I think wanted. that. You I love exploitation movies. Yeah. yeah. Like, um, I'll start. Yeah. Go ahead. I think without a doubt. John Carpenter. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Like John Carpenter, John Waters, like one of those guys. I think it's John Carpenter because it was such a mind-blowing. Like I had like the the brain explosion moment mm-hmm. when I realized how many movies I already liked before I cared about what a director was. Right. Were directed by John Carpenter. Yeah. Like I already so many of his movies, I was like, oh, I love this movie and I love this movie. And so uh, I think there were probably other movies that influenced me mm-hmm. but there was no other directors once i started to figure out i could look up directors and see movies that were like the movies that yeah, you love i was yeah. like oh wow this john carpenter guy already made like half the movies i like yeah you know so you're like i guess this guy rules i get you know and and such a interesting variety as well right. so um I, i'd have to say john carpenter even though I, I i don't even know if i consider myself like the huge john carpenter fan that mm-hmm. some people seem to be but but no one else, when I finally figured out you could look into what a director was and how many other movies they had made, no one else had made as many movies that I cared about. Right. You think it's the same for you, or is it going to be uh, John no, Waters? John, John Carpenter and John Waters are up there for me because I feel as though I saw those movies at a point where I was like, you know, 
there comes a time when you're like, oh, I just steal scenes from my favorite movies and, and put that into the narrative of my life. Right, sure. Um, I think that probably the Coen brothers, though, with the Big Lebowski was the first one that was sure. like, yo, you can be fucking weird and it's fine. Yeah. That was like one of the first experiences that I've had where it opened up doors for me as far as directors go. And then I watched other Coen Brothers movies and was like, yo, these guys are just weird by design. Like, that's who they are. And that's cool. And they're famous. So, you know, Coen Brothers for me would probably be my, my main one. Have a chill. So, go ahead. Uh, I, there's like phases, I guess, because when I was younger, it's probably the, this sounds weird, but the Zucker Brothers. I oh, really, yeah. Fucking great. I, I, I pretty much lived and died by the first Naked Gun movie. Yeah. Like, I watched that so much. Yes. And then my. So good. Then I think it was my. my uh, <laughs> then I think it was my, my dad who was like, oh, you probably would like Airplane. And then the Airplane right. is like. Yeah. For me, that's like at the top. I would just. I watched that over and over again. And, and no matter what, as I've gotten older, I've seen more jokes than I've laughed at and I'm like I'm laughing because I actually get this joke now where when I was younger I was probably laughing at something I shouldn't be laughing at but it was just funny to me um so that one I I, I kind of go to and the last person I dated I made like an airplane reference and they were like what where's that from or did you make that up and I was like no it's no. from airplane and he was like what's airplane and so we watched airplane and he was like how did I not see this before well, that's <laughs> so fair, that was that was good um <laughs> But probably like in my teens, it was Tarantino. And that was just because my parents were like, you can't watch this. Yeah, I remember so that's them, how you make an addict. Yeah. yeah, I remember them watching Pulp Fiction and I could I sat at the top of the stairs and listened to it. And then I made a creak on the stair and they were like, you need to go to bed, Dustin. <laughs> which is like, and usually what would happen is I could get home before they got home from work and I would sneak and I'd watch like whatever they were watching. I was supposed to, I got caught watching there's something about Mary and my dad was just like, well, what are we going to do? Like you've already seen half of it. Keep going. And he just left me alone. But, um, when I'd like turned 17, I think the first volume of kill bill came out. So yeah, I'd watched everything up to that. And then I like watched kill bill. And when I sat in the theater, I was like, I think this is, I think I might want to work in movies for, because this is just everything for me. And since sure. then it's just been, been him. And then now recently it's been, um, Paul Thomas Anderson. Yeah. Like I've just, yeah. that was one where I sat. I remember, I think I sat and I watched the master and I was like, I have, I don't, I don't know what's going on. And I put it away <laughs> and then I went back and, and I, you know, I watched there will be blood and all that stuff. But like the last couple of years, Phantom Thread is probably my favorite movie. Yeah. <laughs> like I just, I can watch that over and over again. I love it. The movie's amazing. And it's just like, oh, it feels, it feels nice to watch something made by a grown up for a grown up <laughs> and not just like, I get it. Just yeah. like middle of the yeah. room. What's funny was the promo yeah. for that yeah. movie when they did the press screening was wine and a sewing kit. <laughs> so we all got nice. wine and a sewing kit. That's yeah. nice. It's That's really ridiculous. weird. Really weird. Go ahead. Same question. Uh, I'm thinking Kevin Smith. Uh, Kevin he, Smith. Like while I was in college, the, those movies were like very popular and like Mallrats and yeah, Mallrats is big clerks, but like made it okay to be incredibly nerdy, but a yeah. dick at the same time. Yeah, but a dick at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I would throw Kevin Smith in the same box as. Uh, the next generation and ska, you know. <laughs> I mean, I, I was a big ska fan too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Things he, that he were, went on tour with Real Big Fish. I mean, don't be wrong. I mean, that, that was well after I was a ska fan. <laughs> <laughs> but that's but that's what I'm saying. Like 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 now I look back and I'm like this fucking asshole. But like Clerks, <laughs> I mean, I, I Yo, I'm pretty sure me and my friends watch Clerks a hundred times. I never saw Red State, so I mean, I've not uh, kept right, up with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing yeah, is that I've like, and even the stuff that kind of sucks in his movies, I didn't. 
I wasn't at a point in my life where I noticed those things. So yeah. I was just like, yeah, it's funny. He's great. Makes these low budget movies. What's not the light? He's from Jersey. Yeah. Fucking Jersey pride. You yeah. know, like it was all this stuff that like appealed to me. And it's so weird now because I see him, not even just his movies, but just I see him talking and I'm like, this <laughs> who, the, who let this guy on TV? What is he fucking doing right now? It's so weird. But again, it's like there's certain things that really appeal to you at a certain point. And yeah. Like, no, no yeah. man. I mean, I loved Mallrats when it came out. That was like yeah. one of my favorite, favorite, favorite movies. Well, I, I watched those cartoons he did for Clerks. Oh, like God. Months. Yeah, sure. that they made the sure. action figures sure. for and all yeah. that stuff. I forgot about the action yeah, figures. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Wow. It's a good call. Good call. Sean, you look like you want to jump in. Mine's going to be very odd. And I had to actually look it up. <laughs> It's Byron Haskin, the director of the 1953 War of the Worlds. Oh, wow. Which is my gateway to everything I love. I got it on wow. beta. Beta. Taped off of some channel that probably doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> and whenever I was sick, I would watch the shit out of that. Combined with the Universal Horror movies, which I didn't bother to look up all the directors because right. I didn't know them. Like the Lon Chaney, like... Yes. Wolfman. Wolfman, yeah. Frankenstein, wow. Dracula. Frankenstein. So you're yeah. very much the horror dude, huh? Yeah, I don't know why sci-fi. I never thought of you yeah. as that. I've never, I mean, I don't know. Really? Yeah. I mean, okay. I think Sean. a Night of the Living Dead shirt. I think Sean and I, I think Sean (laughs) and I are similar in that we love, horror was like part of our in, but it's also like genre. Because you figure like the 90s, like yeah, we're watching horror, but like between Tarantino and then Coen Brothers stuff and then getting into like Kung Fu and Samurai movies. Oh yeah, yeah. This all sort of like came from horror. Like even in college. Like, we might rent a horror movie, but we would just as likely rent uh, some cheap Tarantino knockoff that we thought. Ghost Dog. Yeah, well, Ghost Dog is <laughs> Not a cheap Tarantino. Yeah, yeah Ghost Dog's amazing. Masterpiece. Brilliant yes. film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus. That, that might be my second favorite Jarmusch movie. Actually. Yeah. Yo, it's yeah, yeah, so yeah. good. My dad used to call my Ghost Dog shirt my bird killer shirt. Because <laughs> there's birds flying up around the sword. Yeah. Wow. But no, like War of the Worlds and those movies were the ones that I watched over and over again that got me into everything genre and movies, like nonstop. And then a little later was like Godzilla. Oh, like sure. I still yeah. love some really shitty Godzilla movies. Yeah. I love Godzilla nonstop. too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's weird. Yeah. I, I pointed out that the you know the box set, the Criterion box set coming out, that not all those movies are good movies. And people got very offended. And I was like, <laughs> I didn't aware, I wasn't aware that appreciating Godzilla meant I had to love every film related to oh Godzilla. Oh my God, some of them are so, I mean, they're so bad. <laughs> and it's not, it's not even Godzilla like, doing like a happy dance and a tail drop kick yeah, and space the aliens movies, with like silver yeah. jumpsuits and time travel and all that. You, you, gotta, you gotta be careful because Justin's gonna jump in because he hates Godzuki so much. He has a blood oath against Godzuki. He wants a to murder blood. Godzuki. You're gonna murder Godzuki? He's so cute though. Oh, you're right, uh, Minya. You're right. <laughs> I, always, sucks. I always see him and I think Godzuki, oh, but you're right. Whatever. Godzuki's cool. It's Minya who sucks. You're right, <laughs> right, right, right. I have like all these other things, you know, kept me going, but this is like what got me into like movies and things of that nature over like say sports, right? right. Or right. like computer stuff or something right. like that. Like that's where I was like, no, I need sci-fi. I need aliens, and I love 50s sci-fi still. And yeah, War of the Worlds was the one. But I didn't know who directed it. I had to look the shit up. Yeah, I appreciate it. I like that you didn't yeah. know. I like that oh, you Oh, I had no know. idea. I mean, if I was going back, I, I went by Breath of Impact, hence John Carpenter. If I went back to just what was something I had to watch again and again and I was obsessed with, uh, Secret of Nim. Yo, Se- Secret of Nim. Was, Secret of Nim was I the first that thing so that much. I watched probably 1,000 times. Just over. It's one of the over. first movies, yeah, I, re- I watched this on repeat all the time. I don't yeah. know if it was the first one, but definitely... 
high up there. I've told girls on first dates that I'm named after Justin from Secret of the Nim. Secret right. of Nim. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. How did Is that go? Is it true, though? <laughs> no, he just likes to show off and be oh. right. Uh I mean, got, I don't know how old you are. We got a new gentleman on the mic. Hello. You guys haven't even met before, right? No. We are meeting right now. Brian, yeah. Josh, oh. Josh, Brian. Nice to meet you, sir. Brian Thank you for nice people might know. So you write for Dread Central, yes? Daily Dead. Daily Dead. Sorry, that was, that was fucked up. <laughs> wow. Did you just do that? Yeah, well... I, are you negging me? Like, I'm just <laughs> yes. here and it's like, yeah, and you're wearing my you shirt are. and whatever. Like it's good that we had an older gentleman on the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I forgot. For, look, here's the thing. And this is no, this is no slight on Daily Dead. But there's a number of horror websites that I feel like I go to on a regular basis. Uh-huh. And that's Daily Dead, Dread Central, Bloody Disgusting. What's the other one I'm not thinking of? Uh, Man, you guys do a lot of internet, huh? Do you not look at websites? No. You don't even look at our website. I don't. <laughs> Do you guys ever hear the story about how somebody what's actually the, threatened the, to I'm shoot I'm thinking of us? one more. That John, John, uh, John, what's his last name? Squires? Because that's bloody disgusting. That's really disgusting. No, what's the other one that I'm thinking of? Daily, Daily Grindhouse. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. John Abrams? You're not a big Daily Grindhouse fan, I know. Oh, this motherfucker. He doesn't even, he just admitted to you he doesn't read your website. He doesn't read your site. Doesn't read you on the site. I know. It's not like he has a horror show or anything. Oh, wait a minute. Well, he doesn't really care about horror. Oh, wow. He's just posing for the ladies. Poser. You see, horror business gets us a lot of ladies, and I'm married. So, it <laughs> so has nothing all to do with of it me. just funnels so right to all too. of this interest <laughs> goes to Justin. So I wanted to pull you in uh, to give you a chance to answer the question that was already on the table because we've been going on about it, is there one filmmaker you could say is like the filmmaker who kind of influenced your life? Not necessarily from an entire body of work, but from one movie that is what got me into the horror genre, which is Clive Barker and Hellraiser. Ah, yeah, um, dog. Because I saw it at way too young of an age. Um, I've told this story a couple of times. I, like, it's one of my earliest movie memories. I must have been four or five. Um, and I grew up in a household where they really did not give a shit what I saw. So like whatever they were watching, like if I was there, it's like, okay, we're going to watch uh, chains fall <laughs> from the sky and uh, tear people to pieces. And so like one of my f- earliest movie memories is the opening scene in Hellraiser where um, Pinhead is kind of like looking at the aftermath of what he's just done to Frank and putting his face back together. Oh, so brutal. And it's just like that mixture of like, well, I'm not sleeping for three weeks. <laughs> but can I see a lot more of this, please? Sure. Since we're not going to be sleeping. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I feel um, that. Clyde so yeah, Barker. That's, that's what nudged me into the uh, the horror genre, I think. Do you like the other Clive Barker movies? Uh, I've only seen Nightbreed. Is that the only other one he's directed? I know he, I think, produced Candyman, which I've seen, and it's based uh, he, on his work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Lord of Illusions. That's what yeah. I still Justin, are you a Lord of Illusions fan? Are you no. a Lord of Illusions fan? I, I loved it as a kid. Got the Blu-ray, rewatched it. I think it might actually the Blu-ray might have a director's cut. Um, <laughs> and I gotta say, with the director's cut, that I I think it was a director's cut, but whatever. There were parts of rewatching it that didn't work for me anymore. But the overall vibe, the aesthetic feel of the film, loved it. Loved it. It just like connected with me, even as I'm watching it, going, parts of this are not good. It's not you know it's it's not a complete sort of thing. But uh, but there's something about it, and, and I've talked about this a little bit with Justin, but I'll put it on the p- podcast. You know, I am not someone 
I, when I was younger, I wanted to write fiction, and I uh, pursued that pretty actively until like midway through college, and then I just was like, this isn't going to work out. I don't know if that was real or a lack of confidence, whatever, but I've often daydreamed about the Harry, is, what's his last name? Damore. Damore? Damore. The Harry Damore character, and I've always thought that I would love to see a character that was like a bunch of him mixed with some like uh, OG John Constantine. Uh, with but set in like a modern sort of thing, so it's like someone who is like connected to this sort of lesser known kind of magical world where they keep kind of stumbling into stuff, but they're kind of pissed about it. Like they really don't want this to be their life, but it's like who they are. Uh, that is what the Repairman Jack books are essentially. Well, I haven't read them, so I know I'm just that's why I'm fucking giving you advice. I'm, that's <laughs> what I'm telling you about. Well, that doesn't help because then I'm just gonna read them and go, okay, never mind. I don't want to try to write something because <laughs> they'll be good. And nothing I do. Oh, will I thought you were looking. For, I thought you were looking for advice, like no. what to like what to fucking get into. No, I was saying this is the thing I want to write. Mm. Yeah, you're shit out of luck, son. It's been Fuck. done already. <laughs> He had a chance to make me feel better. And he Man, Liam O'Donnell, tastemaker, baby. Stop, stop. It's cool, don't worry about stop. it. Stop, I hate you. Hey, did hey. you come with anything you want to talk about? I did. <gasps> Let's do it. Um, so Get a little more up on that mic. Let's hear your sexy all, voice. All up in there like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's good. good, that's good. Yeah, that's right up against the lips, you're fine. Uh, yeah. I can do that. All right. yeah. Lick it a little bit. <laughs> Just a quick lick. It smells good, too. You're um, welcome. Go so <laughs> I want to talk a little bit about fantasy-based action movies of the 80s, uh, and at the core, I want to talk about Big Trouble in Little China, and I want Never to talk about <laughs> The Golden Child. <gasps> the Golden Child. Fuck. So first, you have to answer the question we already put on the table earlier in the episode. Who is the protagonist of Big Trouble in Little China? Wang. Easily, right? Not even a little bit. What do you think? Wang? Jack Burton, who's the protagonist? Of Big I have Trouble not China. seen Big Trouble in Little China in so long. <sighs> I mean, of course, it makes sense that people think it's Jack Burton, but it's yeah. Wang, right? No, it, the, someone brought up the, the, I forgot who, was like, well, Jack Burton gets the most screen time, so by default, he's the guy. But it's like, nah, man, he doesn't, there's nothing at stake for Jack, so. I think of him as just like our foolish bridge into this world, where right. we, don't, we yeah. don't belong. So he is our, he is our avatar. But that doesn't make him the protagonist. It's not his adventure. Right, He's right, just right. bumbling through it while we watch the actual hero do actual hero shit. Yeah. And I will add that Carpenter himself has said that Jack is the buffoonish sidekick and Wang is the hero of the story. Now, yeah. I don't know if that was kind of him covering his ass to say, like, oh, I, I didn't make a problematic kind of <laughs> shitty movie. I mean, that's what we said. <laughs> I, I, thank you for saying that because that's what we said when we talked about it. I yeah. fully believe... This is a retrospect thing that people are only talking about. This is a retcon, like because we all feel bad that the movie's kind of racist. Which, by the way, brings us to Golden Child. (laughs) Wow, a movie that I grew up watching on cable. It's very yeah, probably once probably once a month. Yeah, and I love Eddie Murphy in it. Yeah, and I love some of the weird things about it. I am of the opinion that Golden Child is a very racist film. It's a tough one to get through. Yeah, what do you think? So. I think you're always playing with fire whenever you have a mm. white director doing a movie where he's trying to bring in like other cultures because they're going to fuck it up. Yeah. Um, but the one thing I was thinking about with The Golden Child that Big Trouble in Little China can't say is that all of the heroes are people of color. And the villain is a very, very white man played by Charles Dance. Or I guess a very, very white demon played <laughs> by Charles Dance. Um, 
so it's, I think it's always that thing you're looking at in the 80s where it's got some elements that you can latch onto to make yourself feel better about it. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I'm, I'm, you know, just treading those waters as a white dude in the 80s, you're, you're going to make some problematic stuff. How do you feel? Have you seen a golden child? And how do you feel about it? Again, I remember seeing it all the time on HBO when I was all growing up. Yeah, like every other hour. It was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. What, what is it with the golden child? <laughs> um, and, man, I, I know it came up years ago. They were talking about like movies of the 80s, and I watched a bit of it, and I was like, oh, that's not good. A little touchy, yeah. That's a, that's a, little touchy. a spicy yeah, yeah, yeah. meatball. <laughs> do you, do we, are there y'all down there remember the golden child? Did you grow up with the golden child? I've never even bothered to see it. Wow. Wow. Yeah? It's weird because... Uh, so here's what happened with me with Golden Child, and this is the weird situation I'm in with this movie. I put it on a list. I made Sue's a list of movies I remember from my childhood mm-hmm. that were important to me, but I hadn't watched it in a while. And so it was on this list, and it, I guess got put on Netflix or somewhere. I'm out doing something. I'm not home. She stayed home for whatever reason. And she's like, oh, this is one of those movies that... Liam put on the list. I'm going to watch this movie. She never saw the Golden Child. She never even that heard of the fucking Golden Child. Wow. Wasn't even on her list of things. Jesus. We're not that difference in age. Didn't just didn't. Know. So she watches it. She's like, hey, I, you know, it's kind of funny, whatever. It's a little, it's a little, it's a little racist. And I'm like, it is. She's like, yeah, it's a little, it's a little racist. And I was like, huh? That's uh, really? No, I don't, I don't know about that. And I rewatch it, and I was like, oh God. This shaped my. This movie helped shape me as a human being. I, yeah, and and it's I, I, again. I'm exaggerating a little bit. It's not. It could be a lot worse. Okay, anything could that. be a lot worse. Yeah, though. sure. Considering though, you're watching this thing like there are so many Asian stereotypes in the film. It's a lot. It's like a cavalcade. Yeah. It's like an explosion of various stereotypes. Man, Egg and then both you've of them. and then you've got Eddie Murphy giving one of his more phoned-in performances. Parts of it are funny, but it's not like 48 Hours funny. No. 48 Hours is a fucking brilliant film, you know? Beverly Hills Cop is not brilliant, but it's really funny. Golden Child's not as funny as I thought it was. <laughs> I really thought it was funny. When I was a kid, yeah, I was I like... You to fuck around and have me watch this goddamn movie again. Have you never seen it? I've seen it. No, I've, but it's it, been like, a while. The same as you guys. I've seen it a thousand times between the years of like 1986 and 1991, maybe. Sure. And then after that, I haven't seen it since then. How did this movie, how do we think this movie even got made? And do we think, was Golden Child before or after Big Trouble in Little China? I think it was around the same time. And I think these Mm. are kind of like a tale of two movies where Big Trouble in Little China tanked and Golden Child did really well. It It made made like 80 million bucks. I mean, because Eddie Murphy, though, right? Like his hand was hot at that time. Mm -hmm. That's the difference, right? Because Big Trouble in Little China has better action, Mm -hmm. it has. Uh, More better, action, better jokes, right? I mean, Eddie Murphy can't help but be funny, right? At, at this time in his career, Golden Child time, my man could just stand in front of a crowd and they'd start laughing. You know what I mean? I would like, agree with that, yeah. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't have to do a lot in the film for you to be like <laughs> Eddie Murphy, <laughs> but the but uh, Kurt Russell is Jack Burton though. He plays it straight though, but it's so good. It's I think it's hilarious. And I just I think I've it's so hilarious because he plays it straight. Like yeah. He's not winking at the camera. Yeah. No, he's not throwing off one-liners. The comedy comes from the fact that he's an idiot. That he yeah. totally has no idea. Yeah. 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 Super good. 
Oh, I don't man. know. I love it. The question, the reason that that question got written down is because I'm going to meet James Hong at the Monster Mania convention in a couple weeks. Oh, nice. And he's going to be in oh. full low pan regalia, so yeah, I don't know like which character to dress as, Wang Chi or... He's 90. Leave that poor man alone. Nope. Why? Yeah. Nope. It was like the Not same thing. Not doing it. Going to go see him. It was like great. the same thing they did to Ted White in like yeah. his mid-80s, making him strap on that final chapter Jason Voorhees outfit. And it's just like the the whole see the character in costume thing is a little bit uh, to be fair uh-huh. to be fair yeah. he's not embarrassed by his performance as Lopan no we know because our friend Brian Ian was a stunt double on some some weird Jason movie Jason Statham yeah. movie that he's in that was filmed in Philadelphia and he went to the tent and Lopan was in the uh, extra slash stunt people tent because he wanted to hit on ladies. Uh-huh. And uh, Brian, the whole time they hung out for three days, referred to him solely as Lopan. Yeah. And he rolled with it. Uh-huh. He was like, yeah, that's And me. then Brian Yan had dinner with him at Joyson Lao. Yeah. And he told us about it last week. It was the funniest story ever. He definitely life. at one point was like, so what do you want to do after? And uh, our man not only referred to himself in the third person, referred to himself in the third person as the fictional character and said, Lopan likes a good strip joint. And Brian Hayden went, I got you covered, buddy. Yeah. And they went to a strip joint. So, <laughs> by the way, is anyone who knows Brian Hayden in here surprised by the story in any way, shape, or form? No. Yes. <laughs> As a person who has had adventures with Brian Yan yeah. through several Comic-Cons, yeah. no. Yeah. If, if there was yeah. one person, literally if there was one person on the face of this planet who would, that that would happen to... That would only happen to Brian Yen. Yeah. yeah. Not even by like willpower or through any sense of agency or purpose on his part. Just by some But just weird the alignment of the fucking celestial spheres. Yeah. Some ethereal happenstance. Yeah. That's when, how Brian Yen the first time, yeah. The first time I went to Wizard World in Chicago for Bruce Campbell Horror Film Fest, right? Brian Yen was out there. He was just out there to visit that Wizard World. And one morning he like texted me. He's like, yo, like, what are you doing? Come say hi. I'm at so-and-so's table. And it was a guy who drew for Lobo for a long time. It's one yeah. of the classic Lobo artists. And I walk up and there's this huge line of people at the table. And I'm like, oh, this dude must be popular. I didn't know he was so, I mean, I only know he drew for Lobo. I don't know what he's doing now. And I walk up and Brian Ann's like, yeah, man, we should probably go. I was like, why? He's like, well, he's supposed to be signing stuff, but I got him kind of drunk. <laughs> and he like, won't. Well, he's not doing anything. And that's why there's this line. Like, he was supposed to start like, half an hour ago he's just too drunk to do anything and i was like why did you it's noon why did you get him drunk he's like i brought him this whiskey and he wanted to try it and we had a few and then i don't know he's drunk and i was like how do you know this person what is going on i will just say for the record yeah anybody should find themselves at any comic book convention higher than they've ever been on edibles do not be friends with brian yan on that day because he will try to destroy your fucking world is all I'm saying. <laughs> Unless you want to be standing in the middle of the Jacob Javits Center yelling, but Brian, I have glasses while he's trying to force a Wolverine mask onto your face. That is not what you want to be doing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not the thing. Just saying is all. Just saying that's not a personal experience story. If you want to be friends with Brian Yan, try not to do it on the day that you're the highest you've ever been in life and stared at a Star Wars poster for two hours. This all sounds completely hypothetical, though. Completely. Yeah, never, it's never happened. Never. So never once. you brought this up. Do you... Uh, I'm assuming you prefer Big Trouble in Little China. Yes. Why do you think one is like... I mean, it's apparently not. No one remembers it. But at the time, one of those films was a cultural landmark and the other one wasn't. And now, 
even normal people that I know know about Big Trouble. Yeah. But if you ask someone about The Golden Child, I think yeah. nine times out of ten, they're like, I don't know the never heard of it. That is. Yeah. Even though there's a line from The Golden Child in a Kanye West song. There 100% is. Yeah. The best Sweet thing, Brother Numsey line. Best, yeah. best thing Kanye West ever did. Wow. <laughs> I only, I, I'm looking at you just because you made me so mad with your I don't understand Frank Ocean. <laughs> you know, it's been 45 minutes. I still don't understand Frank Ocean. God Fuck. damn. But what God. are your thoughts on at least the first Kanye record? That shit is fire. Come on. Here's the thing. I, I, I like a lot more Kanye than I will ever admit in my life. <laughs> I'm not even mad at that. But yeah. Yes, the first, the first album, definitely. But even beyond that, there's stuff on that one song, I Am a God. I will listen to that if I'm... I remember being obsessed with that song when I would run on the treadmill because it made me feel unstoppable. <laughs> like he makes Good he jam. makes songs yeah. where I just feel a certain way and when I listen to them and I enjoy Not mad it, at that. So. Not mad at that. But I don't get Frank Ocean. I, still don't. <laughs> I mean, he makes me feel a certain way too and that way is sad. <laughs> and I love him for it. Go ahead. And it's okay. I'll get Frank Ocean enough for the both of us cuz I'm in love with the dude. So Fair enough. I, I mean, him. I I love him. Yeah. I would die for him. <laughs> Frank, anyway, as Frank, we were, Frank, Frank Ocean, oh, sweet baby, Frank Jesus. Ocean, Frank Ocean is both my uh, like sad uh, millennial zaddy, basically, and he moshed at an Iron Age show in Austin. Like, come on, Frank Ocean. <laughs> like Ivy was the first song I heard by him, and I almost wept a little bit the first yeah, time dog, I heard it. So, yeah, dog, I get you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, the one time I saw him live, though it was an amazing performance, he only had one T-shirt, and the T-shirt was $40, and it was literally just a picture of him in a Fred Perry and just looking at the camera, and that was the whole shirt. didn't say Frank Ocean on it. It looked like it had been printed at the mall. Like, it was definitely (laughs) a... Like, uh, we were at the show, and I was with with a friend of the show, Sean Agnew, and he was talking about how diverse the crowd was, and he goes, look at all these people here for this Frank my theory is that this is more punk rock than punk rock because no punk band could get this diverse group of people here. This is a real ass show. This is like more punk than anything we've ever done. And I was like, yeah, man, cool. He's like, yo, let's go look at the shirts. And we go out and we see this whack ass shirt for 40 bucks and he goes, Okay, I take it back. It's not, it's not punk at all, but it's still cool. It's still very cool. And I was like, "No, you're Fred right. Perry. It's, it's G. cool, man. If, it's if cool. only you knew people who designed and produced T-shirts. I know, man. Maybe Fra- you could help your boy Frank, out, Frank. I know you're listening. <laughs> very clearly, you must be on Let's, let's 100 go, episode. man. Help me. Let me help you design a shirt, buddy. Specifically for that biking song, because that's my hot fire. Okay, uh, let's get back to the question. Though. <laughs> there was a question. Why do you think? Why do you think? Big Trouble has the long-term impact and Golden Child did not. Because there's nothing really like it. Like, even in Carpenter's filmography, like, name me another movie where he just went that bonkers. And Vampires. No, I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. <laughs> Prince of Darkness. I didn't say name I Prince mean, of Darkness has Alice Cooper turning into a pile of bugs. Like, that's fucking bananas. But it has... It but I will say that, that while they're both equally bananas in some ways... Uh, Big Trouble in Little China has much more widespread appeal than a lot of people watch Prince of Darkness and go, why is it so slow there? Yeah. Why is there science? Like, I get it. Just get I get bummed. it. Yeah, for sure. And I think I the idea that you can watch Big Trouble in Little China and latch on to so many more characters in The Golden Child. Like in The Golden Child, it's basically Eddie Murphy and maybe the character that Egg Shen plays. His love interest, right? Isn't there a, a lady? Yeah, Charlotte. There's Lewis, always a lady with him. Yeah. But here's the thing. We're still calling him Egg Shen 
even when we're talking about him in another movie. Yeah, no. Right. So there's so right. many memorable characters in Big Trouble in Little China. Yes, there's Jack Burton, but there's Wang, there's yeah. Ed Shen, there's Lo Pan, um, there's just the like three even storms, the, the three, three storms, storms the three storms. Yeah, best villains ever. And then like Mortal Kombat kind of just took one of them and <laughs> made it <laughs> made their it own. Video game. Yeah. Thank you. Literally, <laughs> just kind of. Literally, what's this kind of bullshit? <laughs> well, I mean, they did have the innovation uh, of making him white in the movie. So right, right, right. That, that, oh yeah, I was just thinking of the video game. Hey, I mean, like, the, oh, yeah. Getting game, Highlander to be Mars, so. one of the three yeah. storms was, you know, ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, oh, oh, oh. See, this is not, I don't like this one. I think this is bad, but we're going to ask it anyway. Okay. All right. I think that this is a fair question, though. Is Spielberg the greatest or the worst filmmaker? And the thing is, you can be correct in either answer that you give. I don't think you, that's true. I don't think you can be correct about the worst. I think you can be, though. I, I don't think, think you, you can, can be, be. correct. No. The worst, just so no. I'm getting ready to leave, but I had to stop because just the worst is just like, I mean, there's Uwe Boll. Okay, yeah, he's not Uwe Boll. He's not Lucky <laughs> McGee. He's like, but still, you can watch Spielberg movies and be like, yo, this is some sentimental pep, and I fucking hate Jurassic Park. You know what I mean? Do like, you? No, I'm not saying that I do. I'm saying you can say. Are you paying attention to the words that I'm that, saying at that, all? That sort of reaction, <laughs> okay, that sort of reaction could be valid, but the... the, the Craftsmanship is just too high to use worse. You could say, I don't like to do its movies, and I think you all are crazy and like them too much, you freaking white people. Okay, okay. Oh, but I, I think, okay, I want to put this... I, in. as a white person, love Spielberg. <laughs> 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 That's thing, you wouldn't be wrong either I, if you're like, yo, John. You love Spielberg, though. No, okay, let me put it, let me put it a different way. Uh, I think you could make an argument that I think would be a little more compelling in my mind that... Um, Spielberg represents everything that's wrong with American filmmaking, even if you can admit he is brilliant, but that what he brought to cinema is largely bad, whereas other people would make the argument that everything he did was amazing and no one has ever been... You know what I mean? You see what I'm saying? Like, I think saying the worst doesn't work because then you have to pretend that he's not great at what he does, which if you can watch Jaws and think that's a bad movie that's crazy but to say i think the impact that spielberg's films have had have ruined the film industry i don't feel that way but i could i could imagine I could hear an argument that. on that yeah. yeah 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 but i don't think that argument is the movies are, are all bad i think that's an argument about his the industry influence. of movie yeah what he's done to the culture per se i love that we've talked only about the question and no one has given their thoughts <laughs> go ahead um, so I wouldn't say best or worst, but I will say he's one of the directors I'm the least interested in, um, because he's like the human cinematic equivalent of a supergroup. Like he is someone who you expect to produce really great results because at this point that's mm. what he does every time. Mm. But it's also not someone that I'm expecting is ever going to surprise me with anything. Mm. So it's always going to be something where it's like, yes, I'll watch it. I'll be entertained while I'm watching it. But I'm not going to ever put any one of his movies on like my top ten lists or anything like that. Wow. Hmm. That's interesting. That's a mm. that's that's a mixed response there. I, yeah. I feel that. Go ahead. Oh, like uh, yeah. Um, I know. I was thinking because I would compare him from like my cult comic thing. He reminds me a bit of Alan Moore mm -hmm. in that I think he's had a, an impact for better or worse in their respective industries. Mm. And, you know, you could look at Moore and 
the, anything that he's done in the mid '80s, more specifically, definitely Watchmen. Mm-hmm. There's that had an impact of over 30 years on right. comics. It's still and people amazing. people continue to argue about it to this day about whether that's a positive or a negative. Um, I don't think that I've seen a conversation about that with Spielberg. Most people seem to ride with Spielberg most mm. of the time. Uh, but oh, oh, I've seen some haters. I know there. <laughs> I know there definitely are. But I. But more recently, what's been interesting is that he just kind of he's in this position to literally do whatever he wants to do, and he still does like the Spielberg thing. <laughs> Yeah, like now is the time to be like, here's my abstract, you know, three hour movie. And he's like, no, just do the thing again. (laughs) The last movie he did that was even moderately surprising was his War of the Worlds. Yeah. Like, yeah. And it was mostly moderately surprising because he made Tom Cruise the jerk, the jerk. Yeah. Fair. Fair. (laughs) I think that was like the last time where I went and saw a Spielberg movie and was like, oh, okay. Like, I remember dragging my parents to see Minority Report and they wanted to leave in the first five minutes. Yeah. Why is this man murdering this woman? Dustin, what have you done to us? Let's go. And then then we got past that and they were like, oh my God, like, this is actually really good. But I look at what he's doing and like he's doing West Side Story. I'm like, why? Yeah. Like, what the fuck is that about? Who who asked for that? But at the same time, I'm like, but I'm probably going to see it. Yeah, what are you going to not watch? I mean, to be fair, to be fair, he's also doing everything he can to make sure Netflix has no influence on the Oscars. And that's been like the the other thing. That's Uh. probably been the the thing that has stuck with me the most most recently about Spielberg is just that stance. It's like, like, come on. Like you I would think that you would be somebody who would usher in like the just film in all its forms, but especially younger voices. Yeah. But he's not. And it, that I think that's what's disappointing. Because it's it's more interesting to see even uh, creators who are younger who have just grabbed with the idea of, okay, we open the door we have to let more people in. Mm-hmm. We have to be supportive. We have to push forward more ideas and just expand. And it's like he's he's been in this boys club since since he started. Yeah. And for he's sure. it's never opened. Yeah. And, and he's he's kind of just been this this master that's just been like at the top of the mountain. And it's like, come on, you like you gotta give up some of this, man. Which actually makes me wonder if he's still kind of in that mindset of this whole thing being like a zero sum game. So if he lets other people through the door, that's going to take a little bit of his piece of the pie as opposed to getting to where I think things are going where with all of these platforms and all of this content you can get access to, it doesn't have to be a zero-sum game. Like Everybody can, can get in on it, but I think he's still thinking about it the way it was in like the 70s and 80s. He's already won, though. Like no, You <laughs> yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Like He's already done all the things. He already has all the money. Like... Uh, other than George Lucas, who artistically I think has not succeeded, uh, but financially speaking, of that original crew of friend directors, has anyone been as financially successful as Spielberg? I think he's like mm. shot. So, so, so the idea that he's like, well, there's only so much to go around. It's like, yeah, because yeah, you ate you all the pie. All the money. <laughs> you yeah. ate the whole pie. And like, yeah, you know, some of those other guys got in there, but like, uh, you know, we're not talking about like De Palma, who's like people used to care about me, and now I'm a joke. Like, <laughs> we're talking about yeah. Spielberg. Like, the man can still go. Yeah, I want to make. Uh, I've decided that I'm going to remake Gremlins, and it's all going to be uh, hand puppets, the humans, and the Gremlins will be CGI. And people will go, Yeah, sounds great, man. Sure. Brilliant. Here's yeah. all of the money again. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? So it's like if anyone should be feeling a sense of like anxiety about their aging or about the 
diversity of the industry or anything like that. It shouldn't be him. He should be the one like, yeah, whatever you guys want to do is fine by me. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I got, I can do whatever I want. Lighting I'm, I'm cigars good. with hundred dollar bills and stuff. Yeah. What do you think? Are you a big Spielberg person or are you not? No, I just saw a movie called Jaws for the first time last week. <laughs> You're <laughs> fuck you. Not even a joke. Yeah, I Only saw it like on. Two years ago for I saw it on thirty five because wow. their film societies was. Well, that's cool. Yeah, and it was it was awesome. I was like, yo, this Spielberg guy, he's got a future. <laughs> cool. Jaws I is can't just believe you had never seen Jaws. Yeah, I'd never seen Jaws. I've seen. Wow. Parts of it, I get the cultural relevance of it and all that stuff, right. but uh, I never actually sat down and watched it until last okay. Tuesday. Okay. But I did watch it with a team of tattooers, and that was really funny. Yeah, I'm sure. It's a weird weird way to see a movie at the Prince Theater or at the Philadelphia Film Society. Yeah, Center whatever now. it's called. Now. Whatever it's called. But um, it was a fun time. I had a good time. It's a cool movie. You I know you're, you're awesome. a Scorsese person, right? Like, Scorsese yeah. or Spielberg? I'm sorry. Spielberg person, right? Both. Right. But, you know. Fair. Yeah. Pertaining to the conversation, yeah, Spielberg. I mean... I definitely feel like since the 90s, like like Spielberg to the 90s and Spielberg after, I have very different views. Like I feel like since Jurassic Park, he's only made a handful of movies that I really dig on. But like between Close Encounters and Jaws and Gremlins mm. and Jurassic, like there's just too many movies. Like I just I could I could never like shit on him that way. I mean like I don't think he has come through in any sort of meaningful way, pushing forward film as a medium sure. when he should have and that's like a giant failing yeah but as a storyteller you're but a, a big yeah, storyteller and as a film just a, a technician like you could give him like you could have him shoot anyone's movie and it'll probably look a lot better I mean like there's a reason everyone who's tried to make an 80 Steven Spielberg movie has failed they've all failed mm-hmm. they might get one part of it right but no one's ever been able to make like a Spielberg movie yeah. I mean, I would argue when he completely on his own and with no help at all uh, directed Poltergeist, Mr. Toby Hooper. Yeah. And certainly no one stepped in to help him. He completely was able to recreate the Spielberg feel with no help from anyone. Fuck you, Justin Lord. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Fucking hate I you. mean, and even War of the Worlds, like I mentioned before, like, I forget the other movies he's doing at the time, but War of the World, he had like only months to do it and he just kind of like did it quickly and did it the way he used to do movies. Sure. And it had so much more like urgency to it. Funny story about War of the Worlds. Uh, the exterior of the house that uh, Tom Cruise lives in in that movie was the house that I lived in in Bayo, New Jersey, 74 Kennedy Boulevard. Nice. And nice. I didn't know it until it was on in a restaurant that I was in. I was like, <laughs> yo, you guys see this house in this movie? This guy? Fucking now, weird, right? As as to the question of greatest or worst, like I would force to choose, I would say greatest, but he's not the greatest because I mean there is like Kurosawa. Never heard of him. <laughs> so you know, <laughs> sorry Spielberg. Uh, I don't I don't like films with subtitles. I don't know what are you watching. Then watch to read it dubbed. Now? That's true. You can watch it. <laughs> then watch um, it dubbed. Yeah, I mean, I, I here's the thing: is that like I actually have some sympathy for people who are sick. The people I know who are the most sick is Spielberg are uh, film professors because it's oh god like, I can only imagine even now <laughs> even even <laughs> even today 2019 where I would argue that the influence of Spielberg must be waning right there are still kids who come into film programs being like I just want to be Steven Spielberg now today you want to be <laughs> Steven Spielberg you really liked what 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 was it that made you an uh, 18 year old be like all I want out of this program is to make me like Steven Spielberg well guess what no one's gonna do that that's not gonna fucking happen and then Indy jumped into a refrigerator and he was fine <laughs> didn't even touch him how did you do that it's just embarrassing embarrassing it's just, just it's just crazy to me that 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 level of influence on the other hand I, I'm with 
you that I like most of his early stuff. Mm-hmm. Pretty much all of it, actually. And yeah, I can't think of even though, I don't even like some of the early. later, even some of the later things, I think occasionally he would do pretty good. You know, um, I a movie that a lot of people hate that I'm going to defend right now is a movie called AI. I haven't seen Fuck that yet. That I've not seen AI. Movie. I love AI. Oh my god, I love it. That I movie made me wish I was blind and deaf. Because mm. that existence is better than watching that movie for four fucking hours or two lifetimes. I don't know how long it was. I love AI. No, you don't. I, I really che- do. I'm going to check it out. <laughs> I particularly I like, haven't seen it. Yet. I particularly like the ending of AI, which I think I is... Kept, I kept meaning to borrow it from my brother when we lived together, and then like we stopped living together, and now he lives in Vermont and shit, and so I can't no. borrow it from him. I mean, okay, so one, of the, one <laughs> of, so, so one of the theories about Spielberg that I think is pretty strong is that he's accused of making these sentimental movies, which I, I don't think is an unfair accusation, but that all those really sentimental films still have a touch of melancholy and darkness in them. And mm-hmm. I think the one that is the most dark is AI, which is a happy ending with no meaning, in which let's give the main character what he wants, right. but the audience knows this isn't real, it has no significance, and it's a future of like uh, unhappiness. Like nothing is, so it's like... The main character isn't real either. But that's what I'm saying. Like it's a uh, fucking uh, toy. Yeah, I, I, oh, I like... Sweet baby Jesus. In defense of AI... Thank you. Thank you. With this fucking fascist out here. I'm with Liam in that it is a seemingly happy ending. Right. In which when you really think about it, it does render not just human existence, but the human's creation's existence completely irrelevant. Because the things we see at the end, like the really advanced sort of weird gray alien mechs, they're equally mystified by this thing they find. So it's like... People have created this like advanced uh, new order of intelligence. I just quoted Terminator. That's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so they've created this this new order of intelligence, and then a thousand years later, there's an equally alien order of intelligence that's like, oh, look at this fucking thing in the bottom of the ocean. We found the blue fairy, and it it, it sort of has this like fairy tale ending until you really think about it, and it's like, but it's not. Like so much bad shit happens in that movie yeah, that you it keep expecting forever to get there. But go on. I'm just saying You're... you keep ex- <laughs> you keep expecting it to hit this like archetypical sort of like it wraps up in this neat little package, and it ends with our hero and our protagonist talking to himself as he as he dies, and it's sort of like oh yeah Spielberg made us this movie. It's a nice. It's like no, that's an incredibly depressing movie, and that that tendency of Spielberg in his ability to blend overly hokey, sometimes saccharine stuff with this super dark material. I, that's why I love Steven Spielberg. Um, I talked about it when, we, when I did this, the, the Stranger Things, the Tale of Two Stevens, Stephen King and Steven Spielberg, is that people tend to forget that E.T. started out as a horror movie, like a yeah. very, very dark horror movie. Yeah. And Universal was like, no, but, but, but what about the one good alien and the little boy? And he's like, yeah, okay, so they're friends. But then they dissect his family in front of him. Can we take the dissection down a notch and like turn up the sweetness a little bit? Yeah, yeah. And like, so he has this ability to tell these stories that are like cl- these like classic hero arcs, and they're very like, bum, 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 dun, dun, dun. but then you're like, oh no, um, this gentleman was just disemboweled by a dinosaur that spits poison. Uh, Robert Shaw's eaten alive by a fucking shark. Uh, we don't know what happens to Richard Dreyfus at the end of Close Encounters of the Third Kind. We mm-hmm. don't know. Yeah, they they come in peace. 
I know what they do. <laughs> I know what they're here for. So that's what I love. This is Anal partly probe, related to yeah. your thing about aliens. No, 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 no. This is this is to, uh, fire in the sky. This is <laughs> let's not go there. This is really this is this is this is about Steven Spielberg as as a director who has the ability to feed you really, really, really dark shit. It's like the spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. He tells these really, really dark stories sure. in almost all of his movies. And that you don't even realize it. Like there's yeah. shit like Munich where you're like, yeah, that's of course. Mm. But then there's like E.T., which is like, that's a happy ending. It's like, is it though? Like this kid is fucked because the government's like, oh, so uh, what's up? Like, what do you know? Like, come on. Like back in the fucking tent you go. Yeah. So, you know, it, I mean, it, I mean I it, not a lot of movies that seem to be for kids have, you know, the, the theme of where is dad? Like that's the, the first <laughs> consistent theme of E.T. is where is dad? Let's just not talk about that. Or the kids are delinquents. Like the team of kids that it's like, yay, they're going to say whatever. It's like, these are actually asshole kids, which by the way, is that much more charming when they're like, fuck the police, let's ride our bikes, you know, like whatever. (laughs) And then that the government's like, oh, you thought you had like some sort of autonomy. No, there's an alien. So uh, we're going to take everything from you and we're going to put your whole family under under lights. There's one moment of decency in E.T. It's when E.T. dies and they go to take Elliot away and the one scientist is just like, like stand back and like let him have this moment with this alien. And that's what I'm saying is like, we just watched the homie die and this little kid's grieving and then there's this moment of this little moment of tenderness that the scientist is just like, just let this kid have his moment, and then we'll fucking dissect them or whatever. <laughs> All right, I, go ahead. Who was gonna? Say, you were gonna say something. I do have one more point about Spielberg. Oh my god. Okay. His I just, anti. I never want to talk this wow. much about Spielberg. What on a this great podcast. question. His Thank God I asked the question. <laughs> but go on. His you consistent theme of anti-government running through his early films. That is true. Is so on point. That is true. I do appreciate that. That he was very like. Uh, you know, I can't trust whatever. Uh, and at a time where, you know, this was like most of his movies were during the Reagan era. So I very much appreciate that. Uh, hey, Dustin, thank you for being here. You're welcome. Rob, I'm going to ask you to jump on this microphone. Uh, is there anything you want to plug while you're here, like a website or anything? No. <laughs> okay, never mind. <laughs> I just, I kept forgetting to ask anyone to do that. So I should. Are you heading out? I love you. Thank you for coming. Hey, <laughs> Rob, what's up? Hey, you guys haven't... Well, we've only met virtually, right? Yeah, I've been a minute person. No. Hi. Liam, good to actually... We've talked a couple. Josh, nice to meet you. You too. Uh, I feel like we've virtually talked, and then you had me on... After you had Doug on, right? Yeah, I had Doug on years ago, and then I had you on about the Trump thing. Uh (laughs) That he existed, basically, and (laughs) how Uh, does that affect things? uh, Rob, how do I say your last name? Uh, Just go with Marvin. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right, so that's and so uh, that I won't acknowledge on Mike what we already talked about. Wait, was that you that emailed me? Uh, the second one, yeah. <laughs> Wait, what was the second? Wait, <laughs> I replied. I didn't send you the first one, but I replied okay. to the email. Yeah, 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 the one that was saying like, "Oh, you have the name of one of our favorite directors or something." I don't know if it's favorite, but we really like that black track, black wax movie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. one's black wax? Is that it's the documentary movies? about. Um, Gil Scott about Gil Scott Heron. Oh, Gil Scott Heron, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he does have early on. He had some good films. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he had a Sun Ra film that like musicians right, love, right. and yeah, love that Sun Ra film. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, cool. I, yeah, 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 yeah. For me personally, I only know those two: the Sun mm-hmm. Ra and then the Gil Scott Heron. <laughs> there I mean, was that's most of it. There's an Al Green film too, back when he was a preacher. When he was a priest, yeah, it was yeah. like yeah. Uh, 
pretty cool. I'm into yeah. that. I'd like to see that. I can lend you guys them. I don't talk to them anymore, but I still have all those DVDs. So, <laughs> so we first met because your your podcast, which you're not doing anymore. Yeah, those uh, Sandra, my girlfriend, keeps telling me to restart it. I appreciate that. I appreciate yeah. that. Tell us, tell us a little bit because I don't think you knew about this podcast, no. right? Tell us a little bit about the podcast. It was basically an excuse for me to talk to people after my ex had left Indiana and I was just trapped there by myself with two sure. cats. Yeah, sure. So I've been dark, in Indiana. Baby. Yeah. Dark, yeah. <laughs> so I just started a podcast because I had all these microphones from film stuff and I was like, okay, I'll just uh, interview people online that do cool stuff. And um, I appreciate that. So what was your show called? Um, Doug always calls it Undressing the Underground, which is a better name than Undressing Underground. I never liked the name anyway. It just uh, was all I could think of. And then I You're just, just like, we're going with it. This is yeah, what it is. Fuck it. Might as well just embarrass myself as much as possible to just try and I don't know what that would do, but why not? Yeah, why not? Yeah. I, I, don't, I had a lot of fun being on it. I'm glad you had me on. Yeah, thanks. And we on. talked about, and this is something people haven't asked us about very much, but we, yeah, we talked about Trump. We also just talked about our podcast as like a like a POC podcast, which is like not our goal. Like we weren't yeah. like, hey, we're brown. Let's do a podcast. <laughs> but it pretty quickly became obvious when yeah. all the other film podcasts we interacted <laughs> with were white people. It's I true. mentioned the punk podcast too a lot of times. Well, there aren't that many punk podcasts. Really? At least that I've found. Not that I know of. Not but in, all I the mean, ones I found are white people. They're it's probably true. all cassette anyway. So it's just it's one of those things. Um, my band <laughs> played with uh, we played with Strike Anywhere, and sure. one kid came and saw us. And like when he wrote about us afterwards, he's like, "Yo, man, person of color singing for a punk band. It's pretty good. We need more of that." It's just like, yeah. But uh, I also think we're pretty dope. So, <laughs> <laughs> see, this yeah, is the, sonically, I think we're pretty good. So. This is, I think, this is, and we talked about this a little bit. This is the difference, a little bit of difference between me and Josh, because I'm like, fuck it, put it on. Every, like, if if we, if 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 I had decided that our brownness would have been the first thing people knew, I'd put that out. I'd put that on the front, right? Because I just feel like. It's so fucking white out there. But you also aren't annoyed by it because you don't listen to any other podcast. True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I live <laughs> I'm the in this one, beautiful I'm, bubble where I'm the only singer and podcaster. I'm the it's one, not even I, a joke. I'm the one out there going like, oh, another movie podcast. I listen to it. It's like, oh, it's four more white guys <laughs> drinking beer and recap. I, I love, there's a few podcasts I love out there that do this, so I'm not trying to be too Not mean, to diss the thing. But if your yeah, whole but. podcast... Is just recapping a movie? No, I mean that's like most point? movie reviews too. I just get sick of those. Like, why do I need to know what the film's about before I go see it? That's why I'm going to yeah, see it. I it's a know. rough, it's a rough hustle yeah. for sure. I mean, I don't mind a teeny like, you know, like yeah, the, like, just like so the IMDb, can... like the IMDb, John. It's always like not really. It's like a so and so, and then he never knows it's going to happen next. Yeah. That's all I fucking need. Yeah. If you want to talk about the plot to make a point. That's cool, but yeah. I've I, and especially on a po- like a review, it's painful enough. Yeah. But on a podcast, I'm gonna sit here for an hour while you recount the movie to me. It's like yeah. is that what you talk to about your friends after a movie? Like you just go out and just like so. Then this happened. Like yeah, we were all there at the movie. <laughs> guys, we were guys. watching it too. Yeah. yeah, guys, remember that part <laughs> where in, where he where in, where he shits in a can? Yeah, <laughs> it's like the uh, the Chris Farley interviews from yes. SNL. <laughs> remember remember when we yeah. did that. Remember when that, you did that? That, that was, was awesome. pretty cool. Yeah. It was so good. So, Rob, did you come with something you wanted to talk about? We have a pile of questions as well, which you're more than welcome to draw questions from. Thus. Um, well, 
I was actually originally going to ask about your opinions about doing this podcast after Trump and everything, and if politics seeps more into this now or how you guys approach things. But um, I do have another thing. If oh, you guys can, we can talk about well, the we can talk one. about that if you want. That's it hasn't yet. It hasn't amount. yet in terms of our content and um, what it is that we talk about it. But for me, it's increased the gravity of actually participating in the in the conversation to begin with. Right. I mean, there was two white supremacist shootings in the last 24 hours. Yeah, it's <laughs> fucking crazy pants, man. It's, yeah. it's I mean, I'm not going to lie, too. Like, uh, so for people who listen who don't know, like, I also occasionally, like, preach. And right. my mm. sermon this morning was so related to the shootings mm. that when we got here, it was on my mind, and we talked about it a little bit when we first started. Yeah, we did. But then I've used the rest of this day to distract myself because it was... I, nothing I said, even the things I said that had nothing to do with the shootings, the whole time I'm up there in front of people, that's all I'm thinking about. Yeah. So it's like, uh, I almost feel bad because I think sometimes for us, this whole exercise is like an escape from those things. Right. But on the other hand, um, a lot of people, not just on their podcast, but in their everyday life, mm-hmm. are like, I don't want to think about this. Yeah. And sometimes that also bums me out. So it's like I I don't think our content needs to to do anything different than what it's doing. But I do think like we've talked about someone asked us earlier about like, um, you know, thinking about a diversity of guests. Mm-hmm. That wasn't our concern for the first like year, maybe even two years. Yeah. But over time, we started to think like too many of the same kind of people want to come on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Too many and, white guys. And, and that means we're having the same conversation in a, in a way. Right. Not necessarily the exact same, but it's too influenced by the same sorts of things. We need to start thinking about other people coming on. You know what I mean? We need yeah. to think about that level of diversity. Um, I have floated the idea, and we're still working it out, of like, uh, right now, the guests fall into one of three categories, and hopefully numerous of these categories. Mm-hmm. One, friend. Right. <laughs> two musician or music related person of some kind mm-hmm. three film related person yeah. of some kind if someone is not in the friend category right now mm-hmm. then they must be in one of these other two categories we never have someone on who's not a friend mm-hmm. who is neither involved with music or movies right. that's like, never happened what about comic books not yet. Well, Joe Turner was just on, and he's kind of a comic book dude. Totally, but he was on because he, in my mind, is a fucking expert yeah, about on kung fu movies. Yeah, for martial sure. arts films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, I mean, don't wrong. I, I love that he talks about comic books, but that wasn't why we had him on, right? Per right, se, right, right. And I would have a, I would definitely expand to comic books as like, a, we don't know this person, but they're involved in comic books. So let's talk but, to them. Yeah. But why wouldn't I put them on the flight? We have two other comic book podcasts. Also true. <laughs> so why not put them on one of the comic book podcasts? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, now, yeah. Now, yeah. if they hit us up and we're like, I don't want to go on the podcast, I want to go on the movie podcast, even though I'm a comic person, I wouldn't say no to that. But when we look for guests, I haven't been like, you know, what small comic book people do we know? Let's get them on because of their... Co- that hasn't happened yeah, yet. no, it hasn't. So I've also suggested, like, one other category could be people who are involved in, like, activism or political stuff, or... I guess we've also been open... I've made the offer to academics in the past, hmm. but no one's come on yet because I just haven't found the time to get them on. Yeah. But even the academics are mostly people who do something related to film. Right. I, I haven't been like, hey... You're a chemical engineer. You want to come on my podcast? <laughs> what are your talk thoughts on Big Trouble in Little China? Yeah, Funny yeah. enough, though, when I was at Lafayette, <laughs> yeah. there's a guy. I don't think he's a chemical engineer. I think he's something else. But he is a 
his academic work has nothing to do with the fact that he was in a hardcore band in the 80s Whoa. and is obsessed with horror films. But all these people kept being like, oh, you got to meet this. When they found out what a fucking weirdo I was, right. oh, you got to meet so-and-so. And I was like, what's he do? And they're like, doesn't matter what he does. But what he's interested in is crazy horror movies. And, and when he was punk. a kid, he yeah. was in a hardcore punk band. I don't know if he's still, I mean, he's he's like almost 50. So I don't know <laughs> if he's still into new bands. Right, right, But right. like, the idea that like, oh wow, he's interest he was involved in two things related to my podcast. Right. I would have him on. Yeah. You know for what I mean? sure. Um so we've talked about sort of inviting people to come on and saying, like, we're not gonna talk for an hour and a half about your thing. Right. You know, you started this cool nonprofit, that's great. We're not about that. We're, we're gonna have you talk movies. about movies. Yeah. But while you're on, you could plug your thing. And like talk that about be, your that thing. That would be great. But we haven't worked out what that looks like and we don't all the people we'd want to do that are pretty well known we're not going to go to just like <laughs> some guy down the street does a thing that's mildly interesting we're probably not gonna do we probably would look for someone who like people know who they are mm-hmm. you know yeah. yeah so we haven't that's like a thing we've talked about but have we haven't invited or we haven't even made we haven't a list we haven't people. made steps in that direction no. but it's it's on the it's table. a possibility yeah. yeah but like when politics come up like we've had recordings when stuff had just happened yeah and we definitely talk about it it's just well, like see that's the thing right like I think about it a lot because uh, I remember when, when 9-11 happened, I was living in North Jersey at the time. I was participating a lot in like New York hardcore and like that kind of sure. life or whatever. And I just remember when that happened, Heart Attack, the old Evolution Records magazine came out and they had addressed all this stuff. And um, I think it was Ted Leo or it was like one of those, like, because they in, in this issue, they interviewed a lot of like rockers that are like around and stuff. And Ted Leo was one of them. And he was talking about how when times are difficult, that's when it's the most important to sing. And that's when it's the most important to make art because at that point, that's when that currency means the most. And it's not a matter of distraction, but it's a matter of expression. Mm -hmm. And so in terms of Cinepunks and in terms of all the music that I play, it always has to exist in a time when, you know, I, it's not even about comfort. It's just about being honest. And so I feel like, you know, okay, so we talk about stuff that isn't related to shootings and all this other stuff that's happening in the world. That said, it has to exist. It has to exist. Because if not, then, you know, that ultimately is the the true decimation of the things that matter because of violence enacted by evil people. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Or Yeah, so definitely. For me... When things like this happen, like, you know, and I every time I play like either solo or just with any band, I always want to see the new bands playing. Mm -hmm. And it's because I want to tell them like what you're doing. You might feel weird doing it, but that's why you have to fucking do it. You know what I mean? Because that at the end of the day is the only currency that means anything anymore. So do you ever talk about this when you're talking about the music? I talk about it an awful lot. Okay. Like when, when we play shows, it's. Uh, I mean, for me personally, like I, I talk about it because that's what I sing about. You know what right. I mean? Like, I, and, and I try not to be romantic about it. I try not to be sentimental about it. I try to be as honest and as like real as I can make it mm-hmm. doing whatever it is that I'm doing at the time. Right. So, I mean, like, you know, I play in multiple projects is the thing. So it's like different like things. People hear different things out of each one. But um, I try to make that the thematic thing that is a part of everything that I do. Sure. I mean, all the way from the work that I do every day. I work in a mental hospital, which I've worked at for the past 17 years or whatever. And even with this, you know what I mean? Like, people say, like, oh, yeah, you know, you're lifting up voices because you and Liam are not white and, like, standard dudes or whatever. But it's like, yo, man, like, 
now is the time. Now is the void that which I want our voices to echo. Sure. Because now is the time when what we say and who we are matters the most. And like, there's never been a time when that shouldn't be the thing. There's more of a point drawn on it when the rest of the world goes fucking crazy. But that, I mean, like we, I, I don't want to get on like a weirdo <laughs> soapbox about it. No, 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 no. But I, I, I also think though that you have, and I think justifiably so a certain anxiety about being tokenized. Like I do. For Josh, sure. Josh is, you know, we booked a show. We booked cross keys. Josh isn't white. We've done our work for the day. Yeah. Now we don't have to worry about stuff anymore. And like, um, I don't do anything that anyone cares about. Mm-hmm. So I <laughs> arguably I, neither do I, but go on, go on. <laughs> so, but I, I don't ever have, I've never felt like I've been tokenized in that way per se. Okay. The closest I would say is like maybe in certain church stuff that could happen where they're like, well, yeah, there's a lot of white dudes. Here. <laughs> Thank God Liam's here. Let's get the one brown guy. But right. the reality is like, whenever anyone asks me to preach, they're like often asking for something. They don't really know what they're going to get. And, um, they all seem pretty happy with the result, but I don't know why, because I tend to say like kind of crazy stuff. And so, <laughs> um, and so for me, I'm much more in the, uh, and I think this is partly because this partly comes from, um, our different relations. Like Josh is Filipino and there's never been a question about him being Filipino. Right. No one's ever been like, I don't so know. How Filipino are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Let me see your flip flops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like, like, like maybe you could experience that in the Philippines where people would think of you as a more American or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, here, there, there people, is a, people is aren't a going. There's a EOP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. English only Pinoy. That's yeah. me. I ain't but, but, but in their, your every American interactions, people aren't like, I don't know, you don't seem like a real Filipino to yeah, me. Yeah, no, typically. Being half like Puerto Rican yeah. means I'm always too Puerto Rican to be white but never Puerto Rican enough to be Ricky Martin. You know what I'm saying? Like, (laughs) There's always a thing where it's like, oh, well, right now I want to hurt you in this way, so you're very Puerto Rican. But later I want to hurt you in a different way, so you're not Puerto Rican at all. And that's always been that. So I'm a lot more concerned, I think, with perception and identity in that way and for myself because for a lot of my life, Puerto Rican was something that people put on me. Mm -hmm. Like it was something that people were like, yeah, you don't know it. You maybe you do, maybe you don't. But you're Puerto Rican, and I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. My mom is a pale ass white lady. What are we <laughs> even talking about right now? And it was like only when I got older and could understand things that she's like, Yeah, you look different than I do. People right. will notice that, and they will interpret that in different ways. And because I don't speak Spanish, I don't have an accent, um, and I, you know, my appearance I think is a little bit nebulous. I receive what people put on to me. Yeah. So like people put stuff on the. I'm sure people have called you Chinese and stuff like oh, that. Oh God, that are you kidding me? Yeah. Uh, but for me, it's the weirdest fucking variety. Post 9 11. Yeah. Everyone thought it was Arabic. All I got all the time. Oh, you're 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 from Afghanistan, right? Are you Egyptian? What, oh, you're you're Whoa. you're from Saudi Arabia. You're like Arabic, right? And I'll be like, or they would call me a Muslim, <laughs> and I'm like, that's not even an, an ethnic group. <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, uh, and 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 <laughs> I always say famously. I, I had to deal with that when I grew my beard out. Yeah, that actually yeah. came from other. It wasn't just crazy ass white people. I pulled up to a gas station, and an actual Afghani man was like, "What's up? <laughs> what's, what's going on with your beard?" And I was like, "What about my beard?" He's like, "You, you look kind of Taliban right now. Like, what's going on?" Oh I'm like, God. "I was like, yo, are you fucking with me?" He's like, well, "I just think as Afghani Americans, we should be careful." And I go, "Bro, I'm Puerto Rican," and he's like. 
oh, <laughs> my bad. Fuck. And he like went back, and I was like, he just self-identified that we are both from, of all places, Afghanistan? Where did that <laughs> even come? I don't look anything like anyone I've seen from him. But this guy put that onto me. And so I think the ambiguity that I present to people has forced me to think in a way where I'm like, I'm going to be very vocal because, uh, I mean, regardless of where people think you're from, you could never pass. No, no one's ever like, oh, Josh, I thought you were a white. I Nor thought, would I want to. Is right. The other part of that. But the, the, thing, that's for, the, other end of the that. thing for me is I could. Yeah, At any could. time, I could just be like, yo, I got a tan. What's the big deal? Yeah, I know. It's like, yeah. yeah the way that break. I would suggest a lot of privileged <laughs> Hispanic people are choosing to do right now. Right. Because right, they right. don't want to be negatively identified, you know? Um, so I could pass easily. Yeah. Yeah, I, I actually, when I was doing the series of podcasts with Sarah Century, I was very nervous about approaching people like, hey, as your identity, do you want to talk about this? And w- before I reached out to you, I made sure, I went through the, the Cinepunk's website and was like, I feel like I've seen them identify as a person of color podca- podcast at some point. And I looked for some reference just to make sure I wasn't thrusting an identity onto you or the show necessarily. What are you talking about? I'm Sicilian. I know. It's like (laughs) I'm standing here waving a Filipino flag. What's wrong with that? Is that weird? (laughs) But uh, Yeah, I mean, I I don't know what Sarah Century went through. I mean, I think she was closer with all the people that she talked to. But yeah, it was definitely also a concern to just not be like, hey, you're gay or you're (laughs) uh, brown somehow. Like, you must be horribly affected by this. Because, I mean... Who the hell knows? I mean, what anybody feels about anything, how they, f- how it's affecting them, if they support Trump, even who the fuck? Knows? Oh yeah, I just watched a big thing about uh, Miami Proud Boys, uh, who are exclusively Latino, all of them. Well, I mean, every fuck. single one of them, and I'm like watching this thing going, these fucking fucks with their fuck. God. The two Proud Boys that tried to infiltrate the counter protest a few months back, they were both people of color. I forget where they were, what their ethnicity was, but yeah, they were both people of color and they tried to like just blend in with the counter protest before they got called out and the police came and everything. I mean, Jesus when I, I remember when there was that really long piece about the alt right, there was a section on the Proud Boys and there was a long thing from a, a African American man who was like down yeah. and it was only over time he started to put stuff together and then finally he like he knew Gavin directly and he confronted him like is this a racist organization <laughs> no no of course not no but then he like started talking to other people in the group and was like Jeez. they may not identify that way but these people are racist like yeah. and it, it had never occurred to him because he liked all the other fucked up bullshit they like <laughs> so like he you know some lack of so. <laughs> some lack of sympathy there a little bit but like you know that that he that that was part of the story is that, that he suddenly came to realize like Oh, like at one point he even says like, I, you know, I just wanted, I just wanted the chauvinism, not the racism. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, buddy, you're not, you're not really <laughs> you're not painting a sympathetic thing, picture yeah. right now, but okay. Wow. It is. Brutal. Yeah. It's bad. I mean, you just look at Mitch McConnell, whose wife is Asian and it's just like, sure. how are you carrying water for all these people constantly? <laughs> like. It's brutal, man. Yeah. It's brutal. I think that just as a blanket statement, we, Cinepunks rides for marginalized people just as a general yeah. rule. I mean, yeah. we, we've never come out and been like, hey, just so you know, we are yeah, this political affiliation or we yeah. this, whatever. But like, if you listen, I mean, you know, we interviewed Lit Crick guy who's a dyed-in-the-wool communist on horror business. When we <laughs> recorded um, an episode of horror business days after Trump was elected, we did make sure. a statement that was like, here's what we stand for. We take a stand for marginalized people, for people of color, for LGBTQ community. Trump sucks. Fuck the alt-right. Fuck white supremacy. Like, no ifs, ands, or buts. Right. And I've tweeted a few things on Hard Business about um, a lot of like the Graveyard Shift sisters, 
you know, black girl horror studies. Yeah. I, you know, like people said earlier, like we, we once got mentioned like, oh, they're kind of leftist. So I think it's like it, <laughs> people know where we stand. All these, at least like, on there, yeah. All these, uh, the episode we did with Lit Crick Guy, all these hardcore leftists listened to it and they were like, the, the commentary seemed to be, I don't know, those guys are sort of politically ambiguous, <laughs> which is like so funny to me because I'm like, are we though? Yeah. I mean, like, my Twitter feed is constantly harassing like, Mitch McConnell, <laughs> Donald Trump, Ted Cruz, Pat Toomey, like, fuck you, there's blood on your hands, blah, 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 that's all it is. And yet we got people being, yeah, I don't know where these guys stand. Like, yeah. they're, I mean, here's the thing. I would say in the broader uh, perspective of Cinepunks, there are a variety of political outputs. So, like, we are friends with Joe Gervasi. Yeah. Joe has a real hard on against communists. Yeah. Oh. And some of the things he posts make me actually uncomfortable they go so far. And so, like, uh, you know, I'm not going to end my friendship with him because we have a difference of opinion there. But I think anyone who's found me on social media knows I'm kind of like, eh, communism, anarchism, whatever's not what we got now, I'm sympathetic towards because what we yeah. have now is pretty bad. It's not really working <laughs> out. I'm not a big fan. Yeah. And so, like, if we could all just get together and talk about something else. And even in the scope of that, I'm not, I'm not one of these people that's, like, clearly... My issue with capitalism is not that I'm like, I'm sure capitalism is evil in and of itself. It's Oof. that capitalism reminds me of the Christian church. Okay. It's really easy to make a con an argument that this is like a good idea, right? But we've never done it right. So how <laughs> do we know? Like we've never even followed the shit that Adam Smith or whatever said. We've never even been on board with him, let alone... Uh, uh, then uh, gotten even you know anywhere close to something that's a little bit more mm, egalitarian. But even he was like, yeah, I mean, there's got to be controls here, and there's got to yeah. be opportunity for people to start their own businesses. I mean, we all say that, right? Like, what's mm. good about capitalism? You can start your own business, and then that's not actually true. Like, <laughs> it's really hard to do it. It's actually yeah. really difficult. I've met small business owners. They all seem like the most miserable people you <laughs> right. ever yeah, meet in your sure. life because. It's they're clawing at this idea that right. one day it's all gonna like break open, and until right. then they're willing to work like sixteen hour days for barely making any money because of this notion that like it's gonna pay off yeah. eventually. Mm. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, if you're out there doing it, yeah, I'm not gonna take that too. away yeah, from you, yeah, and, yeah. and maybe you'll be one of the people who succeed. But if you're out there doing it and you're telling me, yeah, the system is designed to benefit me. You're insane. Like you are living in a dream world. Like unless the you system. already have money going in. Exactly. Yeah. You have to already you have, have to already be independently wealthy. And yeah. the whole ethical argument for capitalism is against to me uh hereditary power, hereditary money. The idea is like right. we can all get there and These we can't. So narratives, yeah. yeah. So I don't think I think that is probably a common idea, but it's not like a you can't join Cinepunks unless you you yeah. sign this. <laughs> but I do say to everyone who joins, like, if you say anything that is, uh, you know, sexist, you yeah, know, basically like, all the kiriarchical things. You know, right. you got an issue with trans people, fuck off. Yeah. If you uh, have any sort of white supremacist ideas, fuck off. You're a sexist or you know a traditional masculinist, <laughs> get fucked. You know, like we don't. We don't need. Well, on any that, of that note, goodbye, <laughs> yeah. everybody. Thank you. For you having me the on. whole time you were giving it. up so much testosterone. I'm too. so intimidated. It was fucking up our whole vibe. As soon as you came in, I was like, "Look at this real all the let's all arm these, wrestle on." This I was, table. I was, yeah. I was literally like, "All these cucks are gonna run out." Because <laughs> Brian walked in and they just were like, "I smell, 
I smell musk. We have to. Have, we have <laughs> like to in go. reality, I like I found like the farthest corner of the room and just. I know you're like, oh, quietly, shit. like these I dudes, these dudes have a lot of tattoos. Like, yeah, I know. There's vegan donuts on the table. Yeah, uh, I get it. I get it. Oh, there, are, yeah. there are vegan donuts right there, by the way. Yeah, if you guys okay. need some vegan donuts, they're right over there. Yeah. So, um, was there anything else you wanted to specifically talk about? Well, I didn't expect that to go so long. I was it gonna, went very long. Yeah, was I was going to ask about uh, was it Luz or Lose? Because I just saw it at midnight yeah. the other day. Oh, <laughs> I fucking missed it. I, I you haven't seen it yet. Yeah, no, I have not. We have seen it. Have you seen it? I have not. I don't want to get too Brian, into it because I don't want to ruin it for everyone. But what yeah. did you think? I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a really clever way of just dealing with a, clearly a very limited budget and just like putting a lot of that money into film stock <laughs> instead of sets and everything. I thought it was cool. We saw it at Brooklyn Horror Film Fest, last oh, cool. Brooklyn Horror Film Fest. What did you think, Justin? You know I love this movie. Yeah. It's, fu- it's a fucking it was brilliant nightmare in which, oh my God. In, a, in a real sense, nothing, in, in a certain timeline of events, almost nothing happens. Yes. But via weirdly interactive flashbacks and then reenacting flashbacks in our current timeline, all the things happen. And it's like a huge dramatic movie without... Massive special. I mean, there's like what smoke. Yeah, someone floats a little bit. That's about it. There's four set pieces. Yeah, yeah. there's a car. There's the office. There's the, the the bathroom. The bath. I forgot about the bathroom. Oh, the bathroom. Oh, the wait. Did I already say the bar? <laughs> Does that ca- is that? Were we counting that as one? Let's count that as one. Okay, yeah. the bar and the bathroom, the front desk, the office, and the car. Yeah, yeah. That's See, the this, whole and uh, this sounds like it might be kind of my shit because yeah. it it's reminds insanity. me of sanity. Yeah. Um, Pony pool in terms oh, of yeah. how yeah. small movie, it yeah. is yeah. while suggesting at bigger things. This movie makes Pony Pool look like the most straightforward, <laughs> linear. I say sensical, but I don't mean it's gibberish. Like it, it, it's it, one of the few yeah. examples of it's one of the few examples of a exercise in atmosphere in which the atmosphere holds you in the narrative and pushes a lot of times when someone says it's an exercise in atmosphere what they mean is there's no strong narrative so hopefully you're not looking for that (laughs) this is a movie that's an exercise in atmosphere and via that atmosphere it compels you along a narrative that would otherwise be difficult to follow but it pulls you in because the whole movie's like this is what's happening and it's very dramatic and you're like fuck it is he's talking right now why is he talking oh my god she's doing a thing (laughs) they're sitting in seats why are they sitting in those fucking seats like you're in it and like no one gets stabbed yeah. There's no gore. You know there's what I mean? There's a little bit of gore, isn't there? All right, yeah, all right, yeah. all right, all right. There's, Guys, there's, there's no... Sorry, sorry, yeah, sorry, I will sorry. knife it's the next person that spoils this movie straight up. There's no... We have no spoilers. There's no way to spoil this movie, even. Like, well, really. I, I would no agree with that, but really. I don't think we've even said anything that spoils the movie. Yeah, other I mean, than there's not a lot of sets. Well, that was a caveat. Yeah, that was just, a warning. Just saying, I have knife on me. It's very cyclical. I can. I mean, that might be the biggest spoiler you can give. Well, and so this is a good transition for us to talk about something else, which is... One of the people who couldn't be here today, Joe Yannick. Yeah. Uh, used to be super involved with Cinepunks. Now has kind of stepped away a little bit. Because partly because of Yellow Veil Productions. Yeah, Yellow yeah. Veil Productions. He, they, they, you know, this is Starfish. their track record. Starfish, Knife and Heart, oh, Luz. That was so good. Yeah. Knife and, heart. And, then, and then they have a bunch of new stuff coming out. I think they're behind I Trap the Devil. He's I think they're behind. They're, <laughs> they're fucking killing it. And what's funny is we've argued with Joe about his taste before. So the fact that he's nailing it <laughs> makes me be like, well, maybe uh, he knows more than I realized. Lo and behold, Liam O'Donnell takes a step back. <laughs> I'm into it. I'm into it. No, just because we like have disagreed. We've had him on horror business and we've disagreed about stuff and whatever, whatever. But oh, no, they didn't do Knife and Heart. Knife and Heart was uh, Altered Innocence. Even so, Starfish, Luz. Yeah, they and they've I had other the stuff. Yeah, yeah, they've had other stuff come out recently too. Yeah. So if you are 
like us, nerdy enough to look up film companies. <laughs> I trapped or uh, uh, Yellow Veil vale Pictures. Yeah, so good. They just kill it. And like every time they announce a new thing, I go, "Oh, that sounds that sounds cool. I want to see that. That sounds really cool." <laughs> I, I don't. Need, there, uh, we announced this movie. It's the the, the potted plant. I'm like, cool. Yellow Veil's doing it. I'll check it out. It's gonna wow. be good. <laughs> yeah, it's. What, I don't know. The poster for the potted plant already fucked me yeah. up. I don't know. <laughs> Which, by the way, for the listeners, if you haven't seen the Luz poster, it's fucking brilliant. That's why I went, because I just saw the poster online, and I was like, oh, it looks cool, and it was playing, so I just went, and yeah, I was blown away. Huh. All right, I feel like we're approaching we're, wrap-up time. Yeah. <laughs> How do we want to wrap this thing up? Is there anything people want to talk about? What should we do? Justin, you've sort of been in and out. Is there anything you think we need to talk about before? I mean, this is... This is episode one hundred. This 100. has been an amazing. No, I, mean, I just, I just not about anything specifically. Although I, just, I will say, where's Raps Kavarla? Never sure. I don't know, man. Fuck you, Rob. I just I can do like all these cards. Yeah. <laughs> I have so many more questions. This is funny. Thing. Let's anyway. do. Do you want to do? Should we do one more card question to wrap us up? Let me. Let me just. Let you, let's have Justin Lord do it. Does a filmmaker's moral fiber matter when watching their films? Oh, fuck yes. Next. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Pick now, though. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, That's too easy. I, let me say, I actually, I will actually say... Fuck Victor Salva? Yes. Yes. Well, yeah. Uh, I, won't, I won't say, I think moral fiber is a weird way to put it. I will say uh, the things they've done in the real world can be bad enough that I care, and their politics can be bad enough that I care. Yes. But I do think that there are probably directors I love who in real life are assholes, and I'm not going to hold just plain old that guy's a jerk, or lady for that matter. Yes. I'm not going to hold the fact that they're just a jerk against them. Like, I worked with that person, and he was you know, kind of unpleasant. I don't fucking care about that. <laughs> but I worked with that person and he harassed me or I was harassed and he didn't care or uh, whatever. Anything that's more obviously extreme, like super bad behavior or they were a pleasure to work with, but they're a white nationalist. Yeah. Those like, those are the like, things that are stuck like too far. Trying for the will. <laughs> right. Or, you know, so other people making movies right now. I don't yeah. know. I'll, I'll just... All of them. Uh, I just want to say this real quick. Uh, Liam and, and Josh, this has been a pleasure working with you guys. It's not oh. an end of anything. Aww. I just want to let you guys know in case Aww. it's not clear. We love you. We love you so much. And I love you guys. The team. You're, I don't know. You're just, your opinions matter so much to me. And I just want to let you guys know that, that that's, you have rocketed into the fucking people that matter most to me in this world. I just want to put that out there. Oh, my God. God damn it. It's a business I go. It's, I'm it's, glad it's, to know that my PayPal finally went through. It's <laughs> a relationship. It's a relationship that it, it, it just obliterated professional and went right into the personal. And that means a lot. Because like I said earlier, when we were talking about I have a hard time like connecting with people, and with you two, it was like instantaneous. And mm. I don't know if I ever told you that, but that means a fucking lot. Same tribe, baby. <sighs> yeah, I appreciate tribe. that. You mean a lot to us too, Justin. Fajr, I, Idris Elba role. I'm just gonna say, it's, it's got to be fucking Heimdall. Yeah, I know that's corny. It's pretty good though. It's pretty but good. It, what do y'all think? Favorite, favorite. Idris Elba role. I would just. I think I would just think Luther still. Like he's just a badass oh and just God. does shit. Like, thank, thank you for that. Yeah, <laughs> I love Luther so much, and yeah. it's it's starting to become so stupid. Like it's yeah. the same thing over and over again. And yet, if they were like, we decided to do a three hour movie of Luther, I'd be like, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, yes, it's, it's still shoot it directly into I, my veins. It's still I, a step <laughs> above Sherlock, at least. Yes. It can is. I take mine back and say Roland Roland of Gilead? That's like the fucking Dark Tower. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> I would actually say his real life role as like knucklehead fuckboy DJ because what? He, falls, wow. he falls into that interesting category for me of guys who hide behind UK accents. I think like a Sean Connery falls in line sure, with this sure, where sure. like, oh, you're kind of an idiot. 
<laughs> but you've got an accent that makes people not really think. Like Sean Connery, if you look at like interviews with him, like this is the it's okay to hit a woman under certain circumstances. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Like I, I'm not saying Idris Elba is the same way, but no, but we assume Idris Elba is as cultured as he is attractive. What was because he of his accent? Well, I don't think I've ever heard him say anything. It's actually that he very said, smart. but like he's literally a DJ. So like fair. <laughs> <laughs> so so the idea being is like we see him as this like cultured action star, mm-hmm. and then when he's not acting, he's just like, "All right, y'all, here we go." <laughs> you know, and he's playing fucking yeah. trip hop and mm-hmm. being like, you know, all the stereotypes you have of a DJ mm-hmm. is who Idris Elba is. Yeah. Isn't he pretty posh though? Too. I mean, yeah, he, he comes from like. An educated, I mean, doesn't I think so. assume culture though. But yeah. <laughs> well, and 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 I'm not saying he's stupid, but um, I do just hear that. I just I, I hear him talk, and I just think like, yeah, buddy, whatever. He's John Hamm in that role in Thirty Rock, where he's like sure. in that attractive bubble. Like he <laughs> sure. doesn't have to really be good at anything because sure. you're just kind of looking at him, going like, whatever, man. <laughs> it's cool. Yeah. Uh, I got to go with Luther too, by the way. Yeah, I'm gonna officially. I've been thinking about it. And I, I officially affirm. What about you? Hobbs and Shaw trailer when he says he's black suit. Yeah, fuck you forever. All about fuck it. Your all damn about fuck your fucking it. shit. Can yep. I change mine to those Allstate commercials or whatever the fuck they are? Like, those things I have shown. Can I change mine to cats? Cats. Yes. <laughs> no. Shit. Scariest horror movie 2019. Oh, man. Oh, it falls apart in the last 10 minutes. Oh, uh, why? Man. Uh, all right. Yeah. So Should we wrap up? Are we done? Yeah, let's do it. It's done. Hey, episode uh, 100. Thank you guys so much for being on the show. Things we didn't Thanks say yet me. that we should say now. One, thank you to LVAC for being our consistent uh, sponsors, sponsors, solo sponsors. Uh, I mean, still, you know, fuck Chris Reject, but yes, yeah, is, yeah, but question, 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 yeah. question, 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 yeah. question, question, yeah. question. Chris Reject. Yes. Is he straight edge? He is not. Fuck him. You, you, you might think he's straight edge because the website for Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations is xlvacx.com, but <laughs> he's just a poser, so that's not it. But doesn't matter that he's a poser. You should have everything printed at, at LVAC because they do the best work possible. They do all our work. They do rough cut stuff. They do stuff for Hearse and They've Gloss done stuff for Cross Keys. Sheik, yeah. For Cross Keys. So support LVAC. We also want to thank all of our Patreon supporters. Yeah. Thank you so much for being for believing in us enough to give us your money. <laughs> we, we swear to God, we're going to do something for Patreon at some point. It's coming. It's I swear, coming. I promise. We're, it's going to happen. Also, thank you to the Finery, where if you go and say that uh, Cinepunk sent you, you'll get half off of your first treatment of tattoo removal. So there you go, third market, and uh, I think that's that's what we got. Hey, thanks to. Uh Brian and Rob for being on. And, uh, all of our guests. Obviously, everybody else too, but y'all left. So. <laughs> yeah. Fuck that. Suckers. <laughs> but um, but uh, yeah, we've had a lot no, of No, seriously, Cinefunks is awesome. I'm so happy to be a part of it. And uh, here's to another 100 more episodes, at least. And, you know, follow us on social media. <laughs> Something. Tell your friends. All that other shit. I don't care. Yeah, the the point is, is we made it to a hundred. I can't believe we made it to a hundred. I know. It only took us five years. <laughs> God. <laughs> we, need to, we need to record more. Yeah. 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 But that's it. Episode 100. Nice tuxedo, Liam. Liam's wearing a tuxedo. Yeah. (laughs) No pants, though. (laughs) And smoke bombs.